PKA. Wait, you don't have your button. Five thirty-five <laughs> with our guest Arian Foster Taylor. This episode of PKA is brought to you by ExpressVPN and Blue Chew, a couple of awesome sponsors. But for now, Arian, you're not in your awesome setup. You're remote. Where are you? If that's I'm in New York City, man. Now I'm in New York. I'm in Gotham. Nice. Gotham, chilling, man. I like how you just uh, totally you went to like regular talking to like commercial voice like real fast, man. That's, that's impressive. Oh, Wait, thank you. Did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude, what I'm are you doing in New York? Very big pro. Uh, honestly, I, I've been quarantining like for real, like because my mom was hella scared and she she wanted to come visit for the holidays, and so I've been just really like not doing anything and, and chilling. And um, she left recently, and I was like, yeah, I gotta get out, and so I just needed to leave, and I picked New York. Huh? Why? Any Dude. reason for New York? Like, I love New York, man. Um, it's the I can't like live here, but like the vibe of the city is so dope. It's just like hella busy, and everybody's mad, and the food is good, and so I I appreciate that vibe for for spurts. How long have you been there now? Like most uh, of the quarantine, I landed like four days ago, so I'm staying here for oh. another like five days. Yeah. So how long did you quarantine for real? Pretty much the whole time. Um, so like, the, like over was, a year. Yeah, man, I was really at the crib. Uh, I, I saw people like, but they couldn't come over unless they got a test. Cause like, I don't. That's the one thing I don't play. Like, if it was just me, like, I, I'm pretty sure I could just, I, I beat it. Cause you know, I'm pretty. You're healthy, healthy but, and young. Um, yeah. My mother, my mother is like super paranoid about it, and um, she wanted to visit, so I, I was chilling. And plus, my daughter, um, she had she had some respiratory issues when we were um, at the beginning of the year, actually. Um, and I just didn't want to play with that either. Uh, mm -hmm. Before all the information came out about what this virus really was, and so I was, I was really chilling. I didn't really do much, dude. Yeah, I don't want to talk about me. I, I share a lot of this experience. Uh, not so much old. It, we've got a baby in our life. We have who we watch. She's not our baby. And then uh, the mom <laughs> is having another baby. So there's like a pregnant woman, and they can't get vaccinated right now. I think. And uh, you know, who just knows? I don't know. Like it, just like you. If it was me. I'd be out there, I don't know, doing whatever the heck I wanted to. I, I would still be responsible, but it's just I would probably take a little, little bit more risk. I still mask up and everything, but I just uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not a virologist, so like I just listen to what the experts say, and and whatever happens, happens. With you, I wish I was from a redder state because it's not real there. Did no, people still get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's come, come to Texas, man. You got people out here. Flu, man. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'll, uh, we'll circle back to that. I don't want to take off of you. So you've been home quarantining. You have a good, uh, a good quarantine. <clears throat> have you picked up any new hobbies? Lots of people are like starting up new random hobbies. Like anybody uh, nothing, nothing that I've, nah, nah, nothing that I've like really never done before. Like, um, I got a little bit more, uh, focused on my guitar practice. So I started, uh, okay. hammering out the guitar a little bit more. Um, started reading a lot more, um, a lot more time to read, um, uh, I mean, as far as like currency, like I, I've I've had a few um, investments that I, I invested in like about three or four years ago that actually hit. So uh, nice. fiscally, it's been a good quarantine for me. Um, That's nice. Unfortunately, but yeah. That's great. What are you reading? Uh, they're econ books, uh, kind of like the- Nonfiction econ books. 
Yeah. Oh, that sounds so boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is boring, man. I don't I want any I'm... book recommendations. Keep that nonsense to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as we as we as we get older, man, you start to pay attention a little bit more to politics uh, because you realize that's the kind of shit that kind of matters. Uh the way our lives are governed. And so it just that kind of shit intrigues me. Um I'm always I'm always kind of keeping abreast of like science and stuff, what's going on in, in that world. So just kind of so yeah, econ is just your current thing. You're like kind of on an econ kick and then you'll bounce to something else and yeah, yeah. Once I fully understand it, you know. Once you fully understand economy is like fully understanding space or something like. That's like that's my fantasy. Is like, huh? If I were a retired millionaire, I'd still do things like learning. But I guarantee, I open like I'm a retired millionaire in my 30s, and I open up a book and it's like showing an equation. I'm like, this is absolutely not. Like no, I'm I'm too rich. I got I got those moments where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? But like, <laughs> I think I think that's actually it's, it's a really interesting dynamic, right? Because like you you, mm -hmm. you would think like I I, I got money, I, my, my family set, I, I could just do whatever I want. But like what you end up seeing is like you you end up digging into yourself, like if and that's why I think people get really like depressed at, mm -hmm. in in my position is they don't it, it's hard for them to kind of like dig into themselves and um. Uh, that that's I guess that's been my gift and my curse is I've been able to like stay interested in other people's fields and and see how that applies to me. Yeah, that's good. Is I mean, I'm, everybody, whether you're a professional athlete or not, you always imagine what you're going to be doing when you're retired. Is your retired life pretty similar to what you anticipated, or totally? You know, because I can imagine when you're working your ass off in the NFL, <clears throat> part of you is like, when I'm retired, I'm doing absolutely nothing. Like I'm yeah, just gonna yeah. chill forever. Yeah, I, I think I was so. I had some like intense tunnel vision while I was working that you knew you had fleeting thoughts of retirement. You didn't really ever think it was going to come. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, when it finally hit, I did have that probably like, like six months where I didn't do shit. I didn't get off the couch. I watched, I binge watched game of Thrones, like literally like, I think it took me like three weeks and I just watched every <laughs> single season, every episode. Right. Um, and, you know, I have those, those fleeting moments where I do, where I do nothing. But um, after a while, it's like, you like what am i doing in my life like it's it's a really eerie feeling when you're just like what what do i do I, there's no there's nobody to tell me no <laughs> like yeah. <I> just, <laughs> there's no one to tell me no yeah, i'm just out here man so uh it's it takes a lot of discipline like like right now i'm like mm -hmm. in like the best shape i have been since um since i played but uh because i just you feel as an athlete especially i'm a really aware of my body <clears throat> and like mm -hmm. you start to feel like the food you eating and the shit you drink you start to feel it like you know the way you breathe the way you move like it starts to feel so like these last like month i've kind of been locking in i feel really i'm really good man i'll show you my abs but i don't think it was <laughs> i mean what do you pictures of his abs all the time what do you got abs man you ain't got no abs buddy come on i do oh he does he yeah does. He, no he's i am um... 25 pounds he's shredded um see woody okay. it's not bragging because i'm doing it for you <laughs> in as far as 48 year olds go woody is in the top 0.01 percent you're the warren buffett it's like three movements to get there for that comparison but that's okay <laughs> yeah i um I, people have heard this before it started with i got braces back in october i'm making teeth gains and uh that's always wild to me 
<laughs> so like when now older, they... when older folks get braces, that's always wild. It's so because my <laughs> my man's my man's got braces when he was like thirty, and I just I flamed him every day. <laughs> I know. I don't want. I'm, I'm happy for you though. I was just, it's, it's hella jokes you gonna get. So right? now they're Invisalign braces, right? So you you don't see them. I, I take them out for the show. Like no one online is. Well, I I've, I've streamed with them on. People didn't notice, but um, they're so they're not in. They're right here. These are my braces. And uh, I, believe you. I believe you, man. <laughs> I, I, okay. Anyway, <laughs> with those, how do we know those are yours? <laughs> Put them on. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> then snacking became this big ordeal. You have to brush them every time you take them in and out. So if you want, like, I don't know, even like a couple of almonds, now you have like 10 minutes of chores to do. You have to yeah. take the braces out, eat the almonds, brush your braces, brush your teeth, put them back in. It's like a fucking thing. And, yeah. and it just creates a real sort of like consciousness to everything you eat. So with that, I lost like, I don't know, eight or 12 pounds, something like that. And then that little bit of success bred a little more interest and a little more success. And I started hitting the gym and I started lifting weights and now I'd like never miss a day. Oh, and, I think uh, you're cheating, huh? <laughs> I never leave the house. She doesn't. Yeah, she knows where I am all the time. Started with races, I swear. <laughs> and uh, uh, so anyway, yeah, I've just been. Oh, and I, I track everything I eat uh, on you know with this you know the online tools chronometer. And um, I don't know. I guess just the, the fact that it's working is encouraging. So it makes me do it more, and then that works, and it just sort of piles. But confidence, man. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's contagious. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. feeds into itself. You got a lot of momentum now. So, are, yeah. are you doing a lot of cardio, or still weight training, like when you were in the NFL, or you know, what are you doing to stay fit? Now that you're yeah, I, I don't do uh, anywhere near what I used to do, but I do, I do things now. <clears throat> just kind of stay fit. It's, I, I do beach body workouts now. I just I want to stay fit. Yeah. Um, I won't I won't run too much. Like if I jog, it's not intense. Uh, I, I I probably won't ever sprint again. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, just beach body stuff, man. Just high high reps. So um, you don't need to be not, fit; you just need to look fit. Well, you will be fit if you look fit. Like, You'll be yeah. a kind of fit, right? Right? Like well, I'm not. I'm not trying to win anything anymore. So now yeah. it's just if yeah. I feel good. So now I kind of work out like like sometimes I'll do it when I'm doing abs, right? I'll do it until it burns, rather than counting reps. Like it just it feels good. Mm-hmm. Like you you kind of get a gauge on your body and how it feels. Yeah, that, I. Mm-hmm. My goal is not to be fit. It's to look like someone who is fit. <laughs> like, if I took my shirt off, you'd be like, yeah, actually better than I thought. But yeah, if you tried to catch me, you would totally catch me. See, that's, <laughs> see, that's all that I'm going for. Better than but, you thought. Yeah. That, but that's the thing, though, is like when you start training like that, right? Because, like, I'll do, like, high reps and low weight, right? So I started, like, when I started, I was, like, 185, right? Uh-huh. I just, like, pumping out 185. It's not a lot of weight. Um well, in comparison to what what I did, what I did, what I was used to, it's just like really light, right? And okay. um, what you what you notice though, it starts to not be enough, and so you just add a little bit more over the over the over the course. And like today, I just I, I did a workout, and all of a sudden I was doing two sixty five, and I'm like, damn. I'm what back, exercise back is this? Around. This is a bench. Okay. And so usually I'm just like pumping just to get big, um, mm-hmm. but like I, I look up and I'm doing two sixty five, and it's like okay, it, it'll come, like because you have well. This is this is kind of known in the workout world. It's like you have something called muscle memory, so your muscles are like they know where they've been, and so they 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 get back pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Good for you, yeah, bro. True. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like uh, coming out of quarantine, like there's a bunch of guys who have like just been hitting the gym and and you know getting into that part of it, maybe with their extra time from not commuting. Who knows? And then a bunch of guys who just been living that. Uh, 
what was that freaking Pixar movie where they lived on like a cruise ship? In Wally. The... Wally, yes. There's a bunch of other like the guys who went full Wally on it and just <laughs> yeah, yeah. drink their sugar drinks and. I was there for a minute, man. Yeah, and me that's, too. That's, that's when I started. Like, I was like, I can't. Like, you know what happens? So, you like, you you reach over to, like, you know, you're in the bathroom and you reach over to, you know, wipe your business. Yeah. And I felt a, a crease and I was like, oh, hell no. No, nah, I can't. Do <laughs> <laughs> nah, we you're got supposed to, to have a crease back there. Wait, wait. I'm confused. Everyone has a butt crack. Are you saying your belly or something else? The side. The side crease right oh. here. I went like that and it folded over and I was like, oh, no, we ain't. I, so that is a normal state for me. And I've noticed the lack of it. Because, like, in a, with good posture, I, even at my heaviest, I didn't have, like, a big belly. I never had a pot belly or anything. But with mm-hmm. bad posture slouched over, there's a mass there. Yeah. Now there's not. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, this is a whole new thing. So that, <laughs> that's, you it's start better. to feel better, though. Like, you you're really like mental clarity is a real thing. And like you mm-hmm. said, the confidence just starts. And it, so it starts to, like, leak into everything that you do. Like, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I try not to make it about me. Oh, you said um, did you have to buy a did you have to buy a whole new wardrobe, Woody? Like like the little thing, like the ancillary things, like underwear. Did did you get to the point where like large size? I don't know what size underwear you wear. I assume you wear large, but like do, you got, uh, like medium underwear. Dude, my weight fluctuates so much over the years. Like if you walked into my closet, if you if someone broke into my home, they'd think that four people lived here. <laughs> 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 you just see like man, there's a huge variety here, down to thirty two. It's like a Goldilocks system. I have a lot of clothes that don't look right on me now. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of swimming in them, and uh, it's so it's, when when you get smaller, it's not that they don't fit at all, but they're just too big. And my jeans, like it looks like I'm borrowing someone else's pants. They're all folded up in front. I have to wear a belt. I mean, I mentioned before, like I I have a pair of jeans. I don't unbutton them or anything. I just put them on like sweatpants. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so I've just been like trickling in new clothes that fit better. See, that's why I don't. I don't even have jeans. I don't. I, I threw out my jeans probably what? like yeah, about six years ago. I I, don't, I just threw out jeans. I just all sweats. Like it's this. Jeans aren't comfortable, dog. Like they. Oh, they, I love true. jeans. They are so stiff, fam. It's like like you ever have like a late night where you like you in your clothes a long time, and it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's just it's start to stick on you and stuff. And so like back then, I was like, I, I can't. Why am I wearing jeans still? I don't like these. And so, so just sweats. Two thoughts. One, I bet Arian has superhuman thighs. So jeans might fit differently on him than other people. Yeah, yeah, and, that's true. And uh, two, I kind of agree. My problem with non-jeans is sometimes I'm making a statement I'm not trying to make. Like, uh, like, oh, these look like that's dress cool. pants, kind of. Oh, but they're Carhartt, so that <clears> material's <throat> a little thicker. So now they're work pants am i supposed to be drywalling or can i take these to a restaurant i get confused with non-jeans sometimes maybe that's just i think me. those days are going away <laughs> those days of like you're not dressed like you're like it's appropriate i think those days are slowly going away because it's like i've been in business meetings with like dudes worth like 600 million dollars and they got sweats and flip-flops on it's like <clears throat> those days are slowly like started and i'm it's almost like they're at that level of rich where that's the outfit yeah it's like <laughs> i'm so eccentric that like, yeah, yeah right gamma pants and you know if you're worth a dogs. million put a tie on if you're warren buffett you can come naked i won't say anything 100 <laughs> percent. i think we all was naked too we all just pretend like like dressing up is like proper like what the fuck makes it proper why is a tie proper this shit is stupid it's annoying i hate it 
it's, I hate dress clothes. It's the worst shit in the world. So I don't have them anymore because I don't. I got. I mean, not to brag, but I got enough money to be like, I, if you don't want to do business with me because I'm wearing sweats, then it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. okay. I will I'll not just... put a fucking tie on. Nah, yeah, and I'm nah. even like, it's not fair, also, because as a guy, the tie, the shirt, the jacket, the dress pants, it's uncomfortable. You're binded down. Like, I don't mind wearing the the jeans. I like jeans, but like the jacket, you can't move very well. You feel constricted. I'm a I'm a sweater. I don't like that. And, <laughs> and then, like, it'll be the All same right, thing. It's you... like a woman is like, oh, I can wear this, like, super light thing. It looks comfy. Okay. You're right about a lot of these things. However, let's say you wanted to go to a wedding. And you're going to see people you don't see all the time. You want to look like the best version of you. Girls, there's not much hiding in there. They're wearing something thin. If they have a muffin top, the world is going to see their new muffin top. Welcome to the show. If you're a dude, guys look great in suits. So many, Almost every body type is, is flattered by a suit. They look good. Yeah, they look good. I'm not going to wear it, but they look good. Yeah. <laughs> see, I disagree on this whole thing. Because, yeah. like... The best part of me, like having to go back and forth to court, was I got to buy buy a couple of nice suits, right? And I was just like, you know, what? perspective, sitting all bad. This is, this is nice I, I got a tailored suit on, you know. Yeah, yeah. You should have prefaced it with that. You still got like some people are, still got to wear suits. If you're in court, put a suit on, man. Yeah, don't don't right now. Pity all they yeah. had were clown shoes, but you just you know. look at me. Dude, you just I just want to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, if you should up in the sweats, you'd still be in there. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> glad Arian like co signs that one. He's, he's like, oh, I like to be comfortable, but uh. That involves being free, so uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. They gonna give you sweats in jail, so you get on where they do give you sweat jail. I've still got my jail sweats. Do they really? keep them? Are they close? Yeah, yeah, I kept them. They're super comfy. I bet. <laughs> I don't know that ah, I'm torn on keeping. Did you order any? Sweats. Like, cause like, you ordered all them. that chili. Order any prison pants? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, cause, all right. So, like, you either wear like these. Carhartt style like green pants all the time with a belt and it's not like a regular belt it's like a canvas type belt or you order some sweatpants and like like some hoodies and shit mm -hmm. and that's what I did I was like yeah I want some because you're just chilling all day what most people it's not wear. like what was popular exactly what I wore like so most like, people like sweatpants and what about your first yeah yeah days? like sweat like on orange is the new black well I think they wear different clothes until their clothes come in how does that work your yeah it was green as the new black until your new shit came in okay so when you see up. someone in green yeah your video's not moving but your audio seems okay when you see someone in green are you like this guy's a noob he doesn't know what's up that or he just doesn't give a fuck oh that's even badass or he's got a job <laughs> oh you never had a job, right? You intentionally Fuck no. tried not to. Yeah, you could have been I in the, in the out. you could have been in the kitchen, just like in Oz, getting fucked up. The kitchen is the, the is the like the the desired job. Like everybody I know. wants I watched to work Oz. In the yeah, that's Oz where I learned mean. all about it. Yeah, is it because you can sneak food, or is it just it's like a, that's yeah. the hierarchy? Yeah, it pays well. Um, if you're doing breakfast, you like get it out of the way super early in the day, and mm -hmm. like your job's done. And uh, and you get access to like not just like the the food that gets served, but the ingredients that go in. So if you want a fucking onion to like make something later on in the day, or like some pickles or some shit, like 
that's the only way to get it. Hmm. Just find a friend in the kitchen and have him pilfer <laughs> an onion for you. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that sucks. Prison yeah, sucks, man. <laughs> dog, I heard you by the seasonings all day, man. Let me highlight you right quick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aaron, you were saying people in your position get depressed. Yeah. And I painted something in my own mind onto that. that may, I don't know if it's true, so this is what it is. Are they depressed because they have time they don't know what to do with? Or is it because life seems to have less meaning without the big lights? I, I feel like it's parallel to what like a soldier might have. You know, you're in the fire. There's an adrenaline in a peak there that's higher than most people ever peak you know like mm -hmm. a soldier or a pro athlete and then you come out of that and you're like i'm just a dude like it used to be there were so many consequences around all my actions and now there's none what's the point is that what it is that down i think people experience both of those or maybe one that they're not like mutually exclusive so like for me that wasn't it because i didn't really like the lime like I, I wasn't into the fame like i actually hated it um uh, I think more than anything, it's, and I'm not a religious person, but I think uh, with people's work, it gives them a sort of purpose. And mm -hmm. uh, without that, I mean, think like every facet of our society is 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 derived from obtaining a goal, and usually that goal is job oriented. It's to get this, and so I could provide, and it's to reach this peak mm -hmm. and then once i reach this you know what i'm saying um but once you get there <clears throat> you realize there is no there you you realize that it was all kind of a facade um i think it, that's a heavy thought to like try to deal with it's, it's really um uh it's like shattering like it shatters mm -hmm. your your world because it's like but oh, damn what do i do uh what and some people deal with that, like well what am i worth a lot of people tie their worth to their work which is dangerous mm -hmm. Um, it's not just a, a sports thing. That's just a people thing. A lot of people lose their jobs and get really depressed. Um, yeah. And I think that you have to have, uh, I mean, it's going to get in a class conversation, but you have to have um, like reverence for yourself outside of your work. Because if you don't, that's what can happen. You, you're, you're who you are cannot be contingent on what you do. And I think a lot of cats go through that. It's like, damn, I'm pretty sure there's an aspect of, of people. People like to be famous. People like the fame. People like that uh, notoriety of like when you walk in and like, hey, that's so-and-so. Mm -hmm. um, and when that kind of starts to fade and and people start calling you washed and like it's an ego shot, like it's straight to your ego. And um, uh, that's why I always, always, and I guess it's just the luck of the draw, I always kind of disassociated myself from playing football. I hated being known as a football player because I was like, yo, that's not who I am. Um, and when I was finished with it, <clears throat> all that rhetoric came at me. And luckily, it didn't bother me because I was like, you're right, 100%. But yo, you're washed. I'm like, yo, hopefully you can be washed one day because it's amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but most, but, but I want to say most, but a lot of people um, in that position can't. And so what they end up doing is they, they they try to scratch that itch through other things. And some people, it's vices. Some people, it's alcohol, drugs, or a lot, a lot of cats like to stay around the game. They're going to coaching or they're going to like mm -hmm. broadcasting and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but it's a real, it's a real thing that needs to be addressed and probably not addressed enough by like the NFLPA and the NFL in general. No, you, 0% of you wanted to stay involved as like a coach or, you know, no. on that side, right? Hell no. I, I got, I, you know, I got offered jobs. Do you that. ever do any, like the, want to do any broadcasting? 
No, they, I, like, like the draft day stuff. Yeah, no, that, that they, they they've asked me they, they, before. Like they don't ask me anymore, but they ask me like to be like an analyst and stuff. Like I'm just not interested. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think I care it, enough. I'll, I'll be I'd kill it, but like I'm, yeah. <laughs> I I just don't think I care enough about the game. Like mm-hmm. one of the main reasons I retired was I was sitting on the sidelines. We was playing the Cleveland Browns, and I was looking up in the stands, and I was like, "Yo, I don't give a fuck who wins this game." Like I. Couldn't care less. <laughs> and that's when I knew that moment. I was like, yo, it's time I to love get that out. Part. It's time to get out. Who wins so this game? Think, I just don't care. And, and so, it, like, it, what it, I look it, like afterwards sitting here talking about, man, if they just, if they rush the ball more than, I, just don't, I don't care. And so, like, if my pat, like, if I'm not into it, like, I don't need to be there. Just not for my sake, but just, like, for everybody around me, people who really care about that shit, mm-hmm. people who want that position, and I'm just up there for a check. Like, it's, it wouldn't be. I'm sure you never said anything out loud like that, but is that a more common thought among professional athletes, at least in your experience, than like a viewer like us might think? Because I'm sure there are a lot of them who are like, who fucking cares about my stat line? This is a job. I think so. Um, <clears throat> I think as, you know, as men with testosterone, like mm-hmm. a lot of times that gets the better of you and you're like, no, nah, he ain't going to get the best of me. Like that kind of comes into play. But I think the overall consensus, the majority of cats who, 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 who got their money and, 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 you know they play for the love of the game, um, but at the end of the day, like they 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 out there to feed their family. They that's what they do. That's what they mm-hmm. wake up every day. And then some people go to cubicles. Like we ran between lines. It was it, that was that was it for me. And like you care to a certain extent because, um, like my <clears throat> my salary and and my brother's salary next to me, it's kind of like we play off of each other. Like if he does better, I do better. Mm-hmm. And like we out here sweating and bleeding with each other. And if there's a camaraderie that comes with it. <clears throat> And so that aspect absolutely has a has, is a variable, but for the most part, personally, I was just like, once you realize you don't, you don't really have like this is one of, one of my best games of my life was when we played Washington Redskins 2014, and if you look at the stat line, I think I had like 103 yards, right? It, it, it was a, it's a blip on the radar of like my mm-hmm. big stat games, or like the if you're a fan of of me in the in, in Houston and what I did there, you're like that game why. <clears throat> I ran the best I could, like, and that was I, I did things that like I was impressed with, and it was my best game. But mm-hmm. it it didn't it, it wasn't completely up to me. Like I didn't have control over how good I did. Like there's so many other people involved. Not only that, the front office they hire who they want to hire, they put on a team who they want to put on a team, and so you don't have any control any say so over mm-hmm. what's actually going on. So you just control this little space in this big game, and once that kind of sinks in, you're like. I, you got to disassociate yourself with the outcome of the game because, like, I don't have that much. Basketball is a little different because, like, if I'm LeBron James, I could literally carry a team to the yeah. championship. Right? It's, it's a superstar-driven sport. Yeah, it's a, it's a little different. But, like, if you're a running back, if your five guys up front ain't blocking, you're having a bad game. It just is what it is. Do you think your retirement went better because you retired – raising, like, on purpose, right? A lot of people yeah. leave the NFL because they got cut. And yeah. that's yeah. – emotionally tougher right when you've been deemed yeah. not good enough <clears throat> yeah um it, it, there was no ego shot to me when it was like i'm i'm leaving because i want to it's like i took control of my fate and my destiny not everybody has that luxury because it is a luxury a lot of cats fight and scratch and, and try to stay in the league or, or or try to hang on and stuff like that but i knew i knew when it was time i was like my, my dad told me when i was young he was like i was like how do how i know this was like a high school Memphis conversation, but like, I was like, how do I know when I'm ready to walk away? He's like, you'll know, you'll just know. And the the moment it hit me, I was like, I'm done. 
I don't have anything. Hmm. As soon as it hit you, sitting there against the Browns going, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a really freeing feeling, though, man. I mean, and I, I went to the coach. Uh, mid, it was midseason. I retired midseason. And he and he was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm positive, man. He's like, take a couple of days, think about it, come back, and if you still feel the same, it's all good. So I took those couple of days. Um, I was in <clears throat> Miami at the time, so there was like this little, like, waterway like there's a whole that's like a big boating city mm-hmm. so they have this like this little waterway and i i took like a whole bunch of cruises up there and i was sitting there having some drinks and i was like oh yeah definitely definitely <laughs> oh, <laughs> so i sampled mean. not working and i found it way better than working who'd have thunk man nobody's gonna tackle me i can eat what i want <laughs> this doesn't hurt at all what are these umbrella that's drinks a- called that's another thing that's real big. Like, like my brother, right? Because he was my personal trainer, right? And so the other mm-hmm. uh, the other day, he's um like, like like I said, I started getting back into workout, and uh, so he's working me out, and uh, uh, he puts down the little this little foam pad and a little roller, and usually you warm up before you work out. He he puts it down. He's like, okay, warm up a little bit. I'm like, no, and he's like, what? I was, I'm like, no. Just what do I got? And he's like, oh, he's a warm up, bro. I'm like, no, I'm not. For what? If something pops, if something, it goes, it goes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Nobody's. No. What do I got? And he was like, "All right, man." And so I don't warm up anymore. I get just so free. <laughs> no, what? I will not. This is the hill I will die on. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious about that. I, I know you said it pretty clearly, but do you literally you you must do light sets before heavy sets or something? There's some level of warm. Yeah, I don't hop into 265. No, no, no. Right, right. That's just not smart. No, I like so I, how I work out is is I work out uh, in intervals. Right, it's gonna be boring for somebody who don't uh, work out, but I work out in intervals, and to me. Um, it's the best way to work out when you're in the weight room because it, it knocks out two birds with one stone. You do cardio plus you get your weights in, right? So let's say like today I did, <clears throat> I'll do a uh, bench. I'll do curls. I'll do like presses and I'll do like, I don't know, another, 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 another exercise. So I'll do, I'll do four of those. So I'll, I'll go from bench to boom, to boom, to boom. And I'll start all over and I'll do four sets of those. And mm-hmm. when you do that, you like you, you increase your weight incrementally as you go up. And I found like if you if you if you do it, it, it helps it helps with cardio. So you're knocking out cardio while you're lifting. It's it's better than just going from one thing and the one thing and the one thing. I'm not sold. Huh? Fuck, I'm not doing cardio. No. <laughs> I hear you, man. It's I hear you. And it's not cardio. It's yeah, lifting yeah. in a yeah. you know, it's pretty basically just a giant yeah, super. I just I just gave out a gym too. I, y'all should pay me for that, man. My cash app is uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh do you uh do you work out at home? Because I guess most, or I don't know where it. They're probably open in Texas. The gyms, right? Oh, I so you could have gone there. Texas. It's all open. <laughs> it's all over Texas. But um, I don't. I don't really. I still don't stay around people too much. So I, ha- I have some equipment at home. Um, mm-hmm. When the, when quarantine was popping, for real, I was I was at home a lot. Um, but now, um, uh, my brother knows this dude who got a gym, and we just sneak in there like at six a.m. when nobody's there and knock it out before anybody comes, and then you know, we head out. Nice. Ooh, cool. I want a friend with a gym. Yeah, I've seen you, you gave me a tour of your gym. What? Why do you need a friend with a gym? So you have two gyms? Just to, just to, you know, variety is the spice of life. You have like, I don't want to, do you have 11 pieces of exercise equipment? It's something like Not that. Not that many. I have a lot though. I really, I went way too hard with building a home gym during quarantine because I was like, I'm going to get into something stupid guaranteed. Like it may as well be working out a lot, you know, because otherwise I just would have spent like thousands of dollars on magic cards or something. 
Like I, I guarantee, <laughs> you know. And now I'm that I've got all the Lord of the Rings cards, they're Lord of the Rings getting infused into Magic the Gathering. Now I'm, I'm like already setting aside budgets for that when that comes wow. out. I'm going to buy a place out of everything. It's going to be awesome. What can that cost, right? I, like I'm it's familiar so with much. cards. They cost just a few pennies or cents, you know. Like, well, no, <laughs> no, these are very expensive. The most valuable card, Black Lotus, it's like an alpha one. I think that's like thirty or forty thousand dollars. The but, fuck? Or more, right? Yeah, is that maybe low? more. Is that, I thought it was like a quarter million. Maybe. Why am I telling oh, you maybe. what a magic card costs? But... I, I don't look up those expensive ones because I don't play with those. I just want the ones that are fun to play with. I don't want a card so valuable that it's like, don't touch that. It's like, no, that's not fun. 30 but, racks. Oh, you were right. I'm, yeah. I was way wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, I think what? it's because it was like the first time they started making cards in like 1989. And it's like, of course, when you start making a card game, they don't know the fucking rules. They don't know how it's going to evolve. And so they just make all these cards that unintentionally are so overpowered. You can't like they're unusable. They had to ban them all. But people still collect them. Of A friend of mine who is very into that stuff, he's like a level, whatever the highest level of magic judge is that goes to events, <laughs> it, that's what he is. Really successful guy. What does a magic really, judge wear really at events? Mind. Does he dress up as a wizard or as like a football you, referee? There's or? no way you can be the weirdest one. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. But like, he, he just loves it. He's like, these are my people. I love magic. And like, really successful guy. Goes around to these things like for free volunteering just because he likes it so much. And like, when he started doing well for himself, he, like most people would be like, I'm getting an awesome car. I'm getting fucking this. I'm getting that. He was like, dude, I just got it. It's called like, the, there's nine of those really, really rare expensive cards, like Power Nine from like 1989. And he bought all of them. So he has a set of all of them for he got for like $52,000 or something. And he just has that now. And like for him, it's worth it because, you know, he just wants to have it forever. It's like his prized possession. But I wouldn't do that. I'd prefer a car or I just put it on my mortgage. That's what I do. Wait, wow. <laughs> he can resell them, though, right? Yeah, like, of course. Like if can. he wants his fifty-two thousand dollars, and do they appreciate in value? Because I've I think, always been. I think he bought the set of nine for forty grand, and now it's worth like fifty or something. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like there's some hobbies that are like expensive, and to some people, seemingly really dumb like that. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, you don't understand. These never go down in value. Like, like I get it. It's absurd to have fifty thousand dollars worth of like magic cards, but whenever I decide that's dumb and i like have a kid if that's your future yeah I, i'll have sixty thousand dollars worth of magic cards all of a sudden that i can liquidate yeah. i got college tuition for my kid all four Crack. years with with my fucking magic card collection but i didn't always be around cards. i stopped collecting cards in the seventh grade when i had like this little this little mm -hmm. you know little card album or whatever and yeah, I was like mad into Pokemon cards, like super, super dope. I had the holographic Charizard card. I might have said it before, but like it, it scarred me. But it was the holographic Charizard card, and I was in like third period or something, and I had left it under the seat. Fourth period comes, like damn, that's my cards. I left class to go get it, and oh, she no. was gone. And I was like, fucking crushed, dog. <laughs> that's devastating. Whoever stole that, I hope they get herpes. What an asshole! Because that was. <laughs> And isn't that the one now? I'm sure, you know, you were in seventh grade. Yeah. This is quite a while ago. That's the one that even now is worth a fuck ton. Like the yeah, original I'll... rare foil Charizard. Yes. It's $700. Yes. $700. See? Jesus Christ. That's... Asshole. Arian's yeah, going to be fine without the $700 card. 
It's the principle, bro. You can get one now. Go to eBay exactly. and be like, you know what? But no, but no, it was like I had the whole collection, and that was like my. You could get two whole collections. Creme. Yeah, that, that was the creme to the creme. <laughs> nah, I'm collection. not into it no more. I was into that. I used to play them shits, and like I didn't never play that one. But it was like, yeah, it's just it's when you when you when you work your ass off, and you, it's just demoralizing. Yeah, and it's fun to like. Even more so than buying like the individual cards, which like if I'm building a magic deck, I'm not stupid. Obviously, I'm gonna buy the individual cards, not roll the dice on packs. But like when you open a pack that like that's like eight bucks or whatever, and you get a sixty dollar card in it, like that's really cool. It's like ah, oh, this is like a form of gambling. Like that's why you get addicted yeah. to it as a kid because you're yeah. like oh, this is so addictive. I could just open booster pack after booster pack. Yeah. Oh man, I'm now I want to order magic card. But thank God there's nobody I really in my life that. To play with me. Like when we were in Colorado and we went to Walmart and like bought all those booster packs or whatever, like yeah, I wasn't that into the game. I just kind of liked playing with you guys. Like like I would never like get into it on my own. Like like mm-hmm. it was just kind of a cool thing to be doing with everybody. But like opening it up and like be like, oh oh okay, this one's worth point zero cents. Okay, perfect, perfect. That's that's less than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and this is worth five dollars. And it's like, well shit, that pays for the whole pack. It was it was mm-hmm. kind of cool. But of course, like when am I going to be selling these? Right. Like, like, like I'm, I'm sure everybody gets that in their head. They're like, Oh, I'm making money. It's like, when, when will you make that money? When are you going to put this card up for sale somewhere and get your cash back? Yeah. And you know, ne- you know, like I, I used to, this is many years ago. I haven't been in so long. It's probably like 2015. Last time I went to a Friday night magic, but I remember way long ago, I went to one and often you'll see people like usually an older guy, you know, has his big binders. And he's like, I'm selling cards. Cause that's where everybody is. And like, Almost invariably, the first hundred pages of their binder are just things that they want you to flip through so they can show off. And then when you're like, oh, I'd love to get this. They're like, ooh, can't part with those. And you like look at the pack and it's like you have 16 of them. It's like, ah, I can't can't get rid of it. Like, you can only have four in a deck, you fucking bitch. Sell it. Don't come here and tell a 13 year old that, you know, uh, I, I can't purchase this. You're an asshole. Hoarding. You're bragging. Hey, he's a hoarder. Yeah, no, for sure. And you're not even playing in the draft tournament. You probably suck at the game, you old bitch. I got so like I understand the magic cards. I understand the value of them. I understand why people like desire them. What I cannot fucking wrap my head around is baseball cards. Like I've been getting these pre-roll ads on YouTube about this. Like I guess he's like some sort of yeah. This guy's like some kind of investment guru. Yeah, this guy's. I, I, I got this pre-roll from this guy. He's like some kind of an investment guru. And like he was the he, he like spent like, I don't know, I, I don't remember the exact figures, but like 300 grand on some baseball card like two years ago. And uh, and like and like there's news stories about what an idiot this guy is. And like <laughs> and now the thing's worth half a million or 600,000 or something like that. And he's got like four of them. And he's like he's showing off the Ferrari he bought like like that he that he, you know, from selling these cards and shit like that. And it's just like who wants that fucking card? Dude, some rich weirdo who's into <clears throat> collections for sure. I don't. I don't, I don't have any like nostalgic um, possessions like that. Like, like all like any kind of accolade, like a trophy or whatever. I I've garnered over my career. Like my mom has. Like I don't even have. I don't have. If you walked into my house, you'd be like, you play football. I don't got nothing. The, <laughs> only, the only things that I do have, and they're in my closet, and I still have yet to hang them. Is like you know how they did um, jersey swaps after the game. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. jersey swap collection is is pretty dope, though. It's got I got like at least about twenty Hall of Famers. Like it's pretty dope. Oh, that's That'd be a cool. cool thing to frame and put up somewhere. Yeah, like, I'm gonna do it. They they literally and literally game worn, so they still like probably a little funky too. They literally been in the bag for like three four years. 
Have you ever Let's seen the ESPN uh, like 30 for 30 on Bo Jackson? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't seen it, but I mean, I'm familiar with the story. It's, it's, it's real fucking good. That's how he is at the end of it. They go to his place. I think he lives in Atlanta. And he's like, this is my trophy room. And you look, there's no football shit. There's no baseball shit. It's deer heads. It's deer heads because he's a hunter. He's like, these are my trophies. He's That's like, so like, I funny. I just looked up Bo Jackson. The little like icon picture on like the Wikipedia. It's not even him playing football. It's him in like a hunting, like an orange hunting shirt. Like clearly. Yeah, dude's an archer. I didn't know. I oh, he's, he's Bo Hunt? Hunt. I'm shit at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a super athlete. He could do anything he wants. I tried well, fishing once. Yeah. I couldn't do it. You didn't like fishing? Wow. Too slow? Or what What didn't you like? No, I, um, I'm soft, man. Like I seen, I caught a fish. I was like 15. I caught a fish. And they put him in a bucket. And I seen him. He was like, <gasps> he was like gasping for air. And I was like, yeah. bruh, I'm not finna murder this fish. And I him back. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not going to. I can't. I can't do it. But you um, would have eaten it if someone else murdered it for you. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I sound yeah. judgy, but I'm the same. Right. The, is, the funnest part of I fishing, <clears throat> like the, there's yeah, no point yeah. in fishing if you can't eat it. Yeah, I mean, it, no, it's it's fun, man. It, I enjoyed it, like you know, so you sit on the thing, you got, you know, what I'm saying, you got your drinks, you got your chilling oh. or whatever, and and and. But when they came, man, I was like, I'm not finna take him from his fish family, man. Y'all can't <laughs> <laughs> from his fish family. <laughs> Fishing's too slow paced for me. It, 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 I'm the same way with the beach. I love the beach. But I don't spend any time on the sand. It's the water. I like the water. I like the waves, the shallow part, the deep part, the super deep part. I, I'm talking like I still do it. I don't. But I'd swim out way far where you couldn't see land anymore. Like, that's my jam. That's oh, so fucking scary. Fuck I hate that. that. Hell, exactly the opposite. I fuck with so, the yeah. beach. I don't no. fuck with the water. Yeah, I, I, don't I, go, water. I would if swim out. If I feel the bottom anymore, I've, I've gone already <laughs> way too far. I've gone way too far. I'd swim out and it's like, all right, I can't see land, but I can still see like hotels and you know or like telephone poles and stuff and it's like all right now i can just see the tips of hotels how far out you know do you why would to- you do this trying to die bro fuck that i i hate i hate i hate even hearing that <laughs> it's so oh no that's, that's just I, I really liked it maybe, maybe if you put me out that far from the shore and i had nothing but a loaded gun in my hand i just Dude, just did we gone. were well, first of all try and get past sharks as in hindsight, maybe this is a bit of a dick move. I, so uh, I was a lifeguard on the beach, and um, it's really, really <laughs> seniority based. Wait, hold on, G. You was a lifeguard, and you was just fucking swimming. <laughs> you was yeah. on duty, and you were just out there, bro. Well, we'd have someone watching too, but yeah, yeah. So the <laughs> first, say. the first and last hour, there's someone struggling. The I'm all out. <laughs> <laughs> you were allowed to work out at the beginning and ending of the day. It was less busy, and someone else would watch the crowd. Cool. So you had the. All, you had a level of power over the other guy who didn't have your seniority. So I'd be like, all right, we're swimming. And maybe he didn't want to, or maybe he just wanted to less than me. But it's like, no, we're, let's go farther. And there's like this, like, it's just a, a, a power imbalance where he he's not supposed to say no. Isn't this from a movie? And then you Gattaca. get to go. To, then you get to go to space. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is literally the scene from Gattaca, where the, where the brother, who, the brother who is like genetically engineered, is like, "How are you doing this?" 
And he's like, I never saved him. I'm on drugs. Journey. It's like <laughs> it didn't make any sense that scene. And no, it wasn't. First of all, they didn't even go out very far. I don't think. But uh, it made so much sense because that's it's a, what you took away he, from that scene. He's not talking about the swimming because he's not referring to the swimming. When he's asking him, "How are you doing this?" He's saying, "I didn't save anything for the return journey." He's talking about life. He's saying that he's 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 headed. He's got a goal and he's heading for it. There is no going back. Like, like everything is is being put into like this goal of his of going to space. That's well, what that's he's talking the case about. that he just didn't answer the question. The guy wants to know how he's out swimming him. And he's like, oh, well, my plan <laughs> is not to come back. Well, he does come back every time. How, how is he doing it? How yeah, is but that's a mental barrier that he's breaking. You know, like, 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 like he's not he's not thinking about saving anything for the back he, he, for coming back. He's just all about winning. And if he dies, if he has to die to win, he will. Now I, I like the, I do the part of making it back. Is but he never dies? So like, he is. That's out, why it's a good movie. He's outperforming he him died, physically. He's outperforming him physically. And he's like, how are you outperforming me physically? And he's like, well, I'm a really poor planner. And it's like, well, but that... he's not. He's outperforming him mentally. The the the, the, the engineer brother could swim farther, but 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 he's saving something for the way back. Yeah, yeah. If if, if he were as one minded. Uh, about about the about winning as the brother is he could outswim him but he's not he's thinking i i gotta go back i can't, how are you doing this like because like, i'm not saying now, now that i'm thinking about it okay. i didn't like that movie <laughs> dude kane velasquez i love that do something similar in fight if kane velasquez was a ufc heavyweight champion for those that don't know and uh he was known for having outstanding cardio, right? He would take guys down. He just fearsome. It was very scary to fight this guy, partly because he weaponized cardio, which doesn't usually happen in the heavyweight class. And they asked him about it, and he got to talking, and, and he was like, you know, I, it's not that I'm not tired. I'm exhausted. I think I'm just a little less exhausted than you. And he's like, and that was his thing. He's like, I'm tuckered out, but if I can just make you a little more tuckered out than me, then that's good enough. It's like, yeah. yeah I Actually, that's a great point because like when um i've never seen that movie by the way gattaca oh it's good it was dope <clears throat> but um like when when you train people people have like this illusion like where you don't get tired because you train so much but that's not it it's just you're tired you just know how to deal with it better than the person who's not like i'm still exhausted like I, mm -hmm. I, people like kind of flip when i when i say this as a running back i fucking hate running i hate it i do not like it i do not enjoy it but to pay the bills, but I, I I found a way to in my exhaustion still keep my composure, still keep my coordination better than somebody who didn't train as much mm -hmm. as me. So that's all it is. It's just you're training your body in order to to function at a high level while it's tired. Were you always a running back, or did they put you there just because that's where you naturally were best? Nah, well I think when you're in little league, if you're if you're the best athlete, they put you at running back because you get the ball in the hands. And so mm -hmm. I, I started. I was obviously the best athlete on my team as a little, in, in little league, and I was like, I was that cat, like in little league, scoring like five, six touchdowns a game and shit. And, yeah. um, and I think Wait, I was just like a. What did he say? I, I didn't understand the words. You were cat. I, I was that. Cat. I was that dude oh. in little league that okay. scored like five or six touchdowns a game. Thank and you. like I think as uh, uh, as as you know as my career as my journey in football went along, it's just, it was just a natural position. They asked me I should have switched the quarterback because I was I had I had a nice arm. I should have switched the quarterback when I was. How uh, tall are you? Six one. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah I'd have been straight. Yeah, that would have been fun. And you'd 
I mean, quarterbacks get to play the longest most of the yeah. time, right? Or I guess yeah, kicker is probably the most. I might, I might have still retired, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was going to be my question. <laughs> All right. Like, I don't so, care. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you weren't a running back, running back seems like a punishing position to me. It's it the seems like you're going to play. It seems physically punishing, though, right? Like, like I see those guys get hit. And and they they naturally do that thing where they just pop back up and, and look at the guy that hit him and they're like you didn't hit me hard that didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that mm-hmm. and and then they like limp back to the fucking <laughs> hole. I literally like, had, God that damn he hit I me had hard. One of those I had one. Of those. <laughs> so the hardest hit I've ever been hit was by Clint Session. I'll never forget this dude. It was by Clint Session, 2010. We was playing in that Indianapolis Colts, and I'm going up the middle and he and he's small. He was like five. Seven, five, eight. He's real small, and so I'm a taller running back, so I run upright. He comes and he puts his helmet right in my chest. Literally couldn't breathe for like three seconds. I was like <laughs> gasping for air, and he's standing over me. He was like, "Yeah, motherfucker." I pop up. I was like, "Man, you a bitch? That shit ain't hard." I was like, Woo, just talking all kind of shit. And I went back to the huddle like, "Why can't I fucking breathe, though?" Oh my god! <laughs> but you can't let you can't you can't let him know. I remember you thought that hurt me. I'm not even. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only breath I could muster was to talk shit to him. But, um, <laughs> Uh, I remember 2011. We was we was in the preseason. It was the the fourth preseason game where like the starters don't play, right? And I was on the sidelines, and it's like the like the third team, like right the 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 cast that like on a bubble that might even make the team are playing. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching from the sidelines, and I'm looking at it like, yo, they are hitting. It's like, damn, I'm looking. I've never seen it from that perspective because I'm always playing or I'm on, I'm on a bench, just kind of trying to gather my thoughts or whatever. And so I'm watching it, and they, they're going at it, and, and like there was a team doctor standing by me, and I was like. Yo, did do we be hitting like that? And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's much worse though." I was like, God, <laughs> "When you in it, you don't really feel it because it's like I mean, you got adrenaline and all kind of shit going on." But it's like I was looking for the side. I was like, "Yo, this this is violent." <laughs> <laughs> I might retire. This, uh, <laughs> <it> sucks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like like my my point earlier, like if you were a quarterback somewhere, somebody that you know you might get sacked twice a bad game you're getting sacked four times and it's really not even that bad i mean you know it's not usually i mean sometimes it is uh this year we saw some qbs take some rough fucking hits but anyway like do you think you would have stayed longer if you were just like jogging out there you didn't have to be that athletic really like like you don't have probably not doing wind sprints you know every day at practice you're you're you're, you know designing plays and shit do you think you'd have stayed longer if you had an easier job i'm saying easy it's a hard fucking job, but you're not getting nailed left and right no, like I a agree. running back. That's one of my hot takes. Is it's like quarterbacks are are not very good athletes, man. Most of them. Uh, Most I, of no, them. I, there's no there's no telling. I think I think that's the biggest thing, right? In 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 the NFL and in, in general, and and how they value their athletes is they they're convinced that once you like like as a as a as a player, you have to go through like physical conditioning of actually playing football in order to get into football shape so mm-hmm. what i mean by that is like during training camp you have to you have to hit catch you got to be hit you got to scrimmage you got to do nine on sevens where it's literally just you uh the offensive line you guys and then the the front seven so like the the d line and the linebackers and mm-hmm. some safeties and they know you're running and you just go like it's a drill that you do and it's like they they think that you have to do that in order to get ready Whereas like I'm taking all these – the majority of my injuries and all the hits that I took happened in practice. It didn't happen mm-hmm. during the games. And so the the wear and tear on the body happens from preparing for the games. And But as a quarterback, 
they got red jerseys on or green jerseys on, you're not allowed to hit them. So, mm-hmm. like quarterbacks last on it's because they treat them better. That's the only reason. Like they just they get to they get to not get hit into the game. When if you're a professional, in my opinion, if you're a professional, you should be ready for that contact. Like th- like I always told my offensive coordinator, like dog, I don't even need to be here until Saturday. Tell me the game plan, and let me take care of my body throughout the week. But they're convinced that that they need you need that physical exertion. I, I mm-hmm. didn't need it. I, I know my body, but I mean, everybody I feel like does. I heard both things right there. Like on one hand, I'm a professional. <laughs> I can just come Saturday, and I also think you said as a quarterback they should be prepared to get hit. Did I? Am I right on this? No, I, I didn't say. I, I said the quarterback. You know, no, I didn't say the uh, the, the quarterback uh, should be prepared to hit. They they think they think that they um, are more valuable, right? And so they don't let them get hit, and so right. they mm-hmm. they just take care of them better. And it's a it's a conscious effort to we got to protect the quarterback. It's the same way that they treat so, goalies in hockey, where it's like don't really? fucking touch the because if that guy goes down, nobody else wants to play that position. So should should there be less hitting in practice? Thousand percent in general. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's what uh, fighters are moving to now. Oh yeah, I mean it makes sense. It's just, it's football is rooted in tradition, bro, and it's like you have to. It's the tough guy. It's like I remember. I remember when I was in college. It's like you was like oh you you saw if you a bitch you a sissy if you wanted water. Like I'm like, dog, what? Yeah, like, oh, I should be hydrated. Me? What kind of stupid shit is this? Or like, um, uh, if if you're if we're doing wind sprints, right? And like, you know, you put your hands on your knees when mm-hmm. you're tired. They're like, those are they used to call them. Those are that's a bitch position. That's a bitch hands. Like, get get up. Like trying to catch like, my breath. What the, what the fuck does that have to do? That's nothing to do with anything. I was like, when you say go, I'm a go, bro. Let me catch my breath how I mm-hmm. catch my breath. And interestingly enough, there was a study that came out that said that's the that position when you're bent over with your hands on your knees, it actually provides you with more oxygen. So I'm like, your body's natural position is to get yeah. the most oxygen. And so it's like little shit like that. That's just tradition. Uh, they'll never let go of in football because that's just how it's, it's just how it's done. It's Hopefully they do. And it's funny you say like, it's an American thing because that's why, you know, hockey's the sport I follow the closest. So I use them as an example. Like that's why like Russia had way better players for the longest time because like the way Americans practice and Canadians even was like, all right, three times a week, you know, we only have a little ice time. We're going to bust our ass going game speed, hitting each other really rough. Meanwhile, Russians were like, yeah, obviously we're not going to be throwing hits. We play on the same team and we're not going to go hundred percent. We're going to have a bunch of practice where we focus on tactics. We're going to get three times as much time on the ice as the Americans. And we're going to go at probably half the intensity. So at the end of the week, who really got more training? Uh, the Russians. And, they aren't injured, you know. It'll it'll happen, and it'll be in a like it'll it'll change the game. But like, so what happens with these coaches? These coaches have like coaching trees, right? So like, Belichick mm-hmm. is from he was up under I think Parcells, and Parcells was up under somebody else, and so and everybody on that staff kind of takes that mm-hmm. um, the kind of the the environment that 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 coach cultivated, and then they bring it into their own. And the system and everything, and and then that environment just trickles down. It's like this umbrella of coaches. Why it's like pure nepotism, and why there's so much coach shuffling around. Yeah. Um, and and so <clears throat> every single coach has been up under a lineage of a tree, and so in their minds, this is how you win, right? Because that's how they that's how they were taught. Like this is how it's done. They don't mm-hmm. really have a real reason. There's not a lot of science behind it. There's not a lot of study behind it. What I think will happen in the next 10, 20 years, because cats are starting to realize that they have a voice, mm-hmm. they're going to start voicing their concerns and you're going to get more and more um, less physical practices, less physical things like that because it's it's just better for business in general. Like that's what they really don't understand is like the longevity of your athletes is the most important thing. For sure. 
Um, so I was, I was telling my, my, my running back coach, I'm like, dog, like there's like, when we're doing like, uh, individuals, like each, each position group will go do individuals. I'm like, we don't need to be running through fucking bags and, and, and doing ball drills and running and sprinting. I'm like, that's what I do for a living. What we need to do is like, let's take a period to sit down and stretch or sit down mm-hmm. and, and hydrate and just relax or whatever, go over play like, that, that, that type shit. Cause it just makes more sense. You're taking care of your body. Like Monday through Saturday, I should, I should be, I should be stretching. I should be getting yeah. ice tubs. I should be, I should be getting massages, three massages a week, all paid for by the, by the, mm-hmm. by the, by the staff. It just makes sense. But mm-hmm. they just, they, we just gotta go. We're just the way it's done. Head ass. You were talking about uh, massages Brady more, and the more now and the quarterback stuff. I, I wanted to ask about the, the okay, quarterback. You can go ahead. Uh, so you were talking about like how quarterbacks are more protected, and obviously they're, you know. They are protected. You know, there's special rules. Like, isn't roughing the quarterback? You can't do that, right? That, that's yeah. its own thing. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> that is weird. As a non-football fan, it is funny that, like... But then, I guess, the goalies, you can't hit them. But uh, do you think, like, it, football, Twitter, and football online seems to, like, all agree, like, this last Super Bowl, like, Brady is the GOAT. Do you think so or no? Do you think anybody's coming? I, I saw some people being like, Mahomes, 10 years from now, Mahomes will be the new Brady, but... Right. Yeah. What do you think about all that? I got a different. I got. I got. I got a little. I got drunk when I was watching Super Bowl. Ah, fun. And I got on Twitter. And I got on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much fun. <laughs> and I voiced my opinion about this. I don't think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he's the most decorated, uh, for sure. And I think he's one. He's up there, right? Top three, something like that. But like, as far as like talented and skill set wise, I just don't think he's the best. And Who would you put above him? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is guy. Okay. unreal about what he can do on the field. But he just doesn't have the coaching staff. He doesn't have the players around him to to win at the capacity. And I think that's the biggest farce in football is, like, your quarterback can take you to the championship. Like, though there's, there's 21 other guys on the squad, like, at any given time, right, as starters on, on offense and defense. So it's like mm-hmm. if you don't have – like if you look at like Tom Brady, the majority of his Super Bowls, he always had like a really great defense, or had a really good run game, or he had really good receivers. Or, like there's there's always pieces to his puzzle. And don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's great at what he does. I think it, there's just a farce in saying that your quarterback wins Super Bowls. It just it's just not that it's just not the case. There's so many things that have to go right in order for you to win a Super Bowl as as a great quarterback. And if you look at like Dan Marino, Dan Marino is one of the greatest quarterbacks, obviously of all time. But he just didn't never have the good defense. He didn't have a good run game. All pieces put together to where he can actually win a championship. It's not like he yeah. choked and shit. It's just, that's just how the cookie crumbles. And it's like football is not basketball. Like I said, LeBron can definitely, without a doubt, carry your team to a championship. A quarterback by himself cannot. You need receivers to make those plays. You need linemen to block. You need defense to stop them, or else you're not winning. Do you think that uh, Belichick had more to do with it than than Brady? Like the, no, the I, that 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 I don't think. I think Belichick's a great coach, but I think Tom Brady. Uh, made him a better coach. You think so? Because it seems like Tom Brady's at that age where it's like, oh, he's like twice the age of a lot of his teammates. Like, it almost seems like he'd be the de facto coach in some situations. Yeah, like, I mean, Belichick is a defensive coach, so Belichick didn't really have nothing to do with the offense. So he was always had an um, OC or or Tom Brady. They, you know, what I'm saying that's, that's the one thing when you have a really good quarterback is like they you you can have meetings with the OC, tell them what you like, tell them what you don't like, that kind of thing. Uh, Belichick was like special teams and, and defense. Like that's what he does. And so okay. that's what I'm saying is like, they're always going to have a stout defense because that's what Belichick does. And Belichick is a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but like, you need it all in order to win. And I mean, that that's point in case. 
Brady leaves and you don't make the playoffs, it's not because you're not a good coach. It's because you just don't have the players. That's what it is. Like Jordan said it the best, and it was in basketball, but it's the same thing. Jordan in the Hall of Fame speech, he was like, yo, players put coaches in the Hall of Fame. Like, it is what it is. Like you, if you, you can have the greatest fucking lines in the world that you draw, but if you don't have players to execute that shit, you're not going to win. Yeah, for sure. Did did you only play – or how many coaches, I guess, did you play under uh, when you were in uh, the NFL? Three. 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 They were all pretty similar in your eyes or any – you know, obviously you don't have to name names or anything. Yeah, That's no, different styles. Different styles. Kubiak was um, uh, a great coach, um, super traditional though. Like he was one of the guys where it's like my system wins. Like you do – if you do what I say, the system will take us where we need to go. Uh, I played for Bill O'Brien where he was more of like a, when I played for him anyway, I don't know. They, everybody said he kind of lost his way when I left, but um, uh, he was a little more controlling when I left. That's what they say. I don't know. Um, that's what the fellas told me. But um, uh, he was more, when I was there, it was like, yo, y'all do this. Like, so we need to be in communication. Like, you tell me what you want to do. We're going to do it. And it was just like a, a smooth running uh, engine like that. And then I went, uh, I played for Adam Gase, who got a lot of flack because same situation. When I was with him in Miami, I loved him. I absolutely loved him. He was dope. He, he was a player coach. He listened to you. I thought he was, he, he, he called the plays good. And, and actually that, that year, Miami went to the playoffs. First time in a long time. Um, but they, when I left, they said he kind of like – I don't think it had anything to do with me. I think he just got mm-hmm. comfortable and, and ran it how he wanted to. Was He um, he kind of took more control. That's the biggest thing, I think, when coaches start getting that ego. It's like you do it my way rather than like understanding like, yo, you, your players have to run this shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That would – oh, go ahead, Woody. I saw you on the Joe Rogan podcast. And you told him you wished you hadn't played football, I think. I have that pretty on target. Yeah, you said I said that. You still feel like that? I I, I projected oh, yeah. so much onto that. I could go and go. I, 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 I'll do it for a moment. I have this idea that you've been very oh. successful, right? Your life so far, 10 out of 10. And it, there's almost a kind of like survivor's bias where like, man, because. What's I, the metric though? You said, you said my life so far has been 10 out of 10. What's the metric? Oh, that is a really good question, right? And I don't have the the insight into what your life is really like to say that. It's just from the outside, yeah, I be, though. Because I, I could be doing cocaine every night and killing babies. What do you don't know? <laughs> Touche, right? But <laughs> sounds but, like a hell of a time. Yeah, actually, actually uh, still ten out of ten. Eleven out of ten. So, <laughs> so the uh, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if I went to the the movie theater line and found ten people and said, "Would you trade your life experience with Arians?" I think all 10 would say yes. All 10 would say, you know what? He's had a better one than me so far. We're playing this game of life, and this guy's freaking killing it. Cool. And you're like, man, I think I could do even better. And I'm like, is this a kind of survivor's bias where, like, you do so well, you think you could have achieved that same level of success at anything you tried? Well, I think it depends on how you gauge success. Okay. I think that's what hit me when I got quote unquote success was you kind of realize <clears throat> that um it's a relative term that success it doesn't necessarily mean monetary value uh and so what i meant by that was i, I wish i wouldn't have done it was I, I know that i have so much more to give of myself right i feel like i kind of robbed myself of uh, a lot of my prime years of 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 study of 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 experience, um, exploring things that would have made me a better human rather than things that would have produced more value for an organization. And so 
um, I look at it in terms of that rather than how much money I made. Because uh, don't get me wrong, like I understand we live in a society where that's you got to make money in order to survive. <clears throat> but I don't look at success like that anymore. I did when I was young. I was like, yo, I was I, I had go. I wanted to make a hundred million dollars. I wanted to be a billionaire eventually. Like those are the kinds of things I aspire to do. But once I got a certain point financially, I realized to me that's it's, there's nowhere near fulfilling. None of that shit fulfills me. Um, it, it it just fills voids that is just a never-ending abyss that you, you'll never be able to fill. And so um, for me, uh, knowing who I am and knowing what my interests are and knowing what I'm talented at and knowing what uh, I can do uh, once I focus and harness that energy in that direction, um, there's no doubt in my mind I could have done something way more impactful towards like humanity. And not to say that I can't anymore. It's just that... Um, it's a it's a longer road in order to give yourself the ten thousand hours in order to like master a craft to where you're respected in that field. I assign a lot more randomness and luck to success. Oh, I'm a thousand. So, like, I'm like, man, let's say Arian Foster, right? But in eleventh grade, the poor guy loses his leg below the knee, right? Damn. That guy's still smart. He's still introspective. He's still interesting, but he's not a running back. Arian Foster, the CPA, maybe isn't nearly as, like, I don't know, worldly and experienced. He hasn't, football may have added more to you as in, like, an RPG character than you gave it credit for. You see it as taking away from the time you could have been playing guitar. I see it as taking you and showing you the planet. Well, not only that, right? Like, it's given you the opportunity that now you can spend 10,000 you have as many 10,000 hours as you want right if you want to learn guitar or french or french guitar you've got all the time to do it <laughs> i'm going to trust that's want. a thing <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> french guitar yeah, it's just a really no, same as american guitar group. it's just a little more douchey <laughs> <laughs> it's american guitar but with tongue <laughs> now you're not wrong right where it's like i'm i'm not appreciative of the things that 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 my sacrifices have allotted me um it's just that i know the sacrifices that i actually gave and so it was it was time and it was time doing things i didn't want to do in a in a in a way that wasn't impactful in my eyes right because you said it made me more worldly. Did you mean it made me more like well-traveled? Like it gave me the opportunity to be more traveled? Uh, travel and uh, meeting a lot of people with the things in my head. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and you're not, you're not, you're not wrong about that, but, um, <clears throat> and this is, it's, it's hyperbolic because there, I mean, we can't go back in time, but I just know me. I, I know me and I know like I'm a people person. Um, I know what I could have accomplished in other fields and i would have been successful um in my eyes uh a lot quicker and uh with a lot more um substance than playing football i feel what you're saying i'm surprised like, i'm surprised you say that that's a lot like like, like that, that's an interesting take but like so if, the, if you imagine there's like the many worlds theory right that there, there, yeah. there's like infinite dimensions and there's <laughs> infinite versions of you that did infinite you know, had infinite careers. Right. I mean, yeah, there's a reality where you you're spent years. Player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah there, well, yeah, that one exists. And there's one where you're a CPA and you know, there's one where you're a fucking mass shooter or something crazy. Right. Like, God but, damn. 
the one where like yeah unfortunately but then there's a bunch <laughs> where it also prevents mass shootings because you know it's infinite right balance there's okay. one where you're a white supremacist and it's very awkward for everyone so it makes sense <laughs> yeah i wish that yeah Marianne could have the experience kyle will you finish to do more i'm sorry no not at all um but 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 like <laughs> The one where like you made millions of dollars and you made all those contacts, right? The, the travel is one thing, but who cares about fucking touching 40 different states, right? Anybody, anybody with a bus pass can do that. It's about who you met when you did all that traveling. You were part of a fraternity of guys who are all multimillionaires now. So like if you have some big idea now, if you're like, oh, I got the idea. I just need, I just need some investors. That's I wonder great- if I know a few dozen multimillionaires. <laughs> hmm. You do right, you know. You you could be like guys, like put put five hundred grand in this. We all put five hundred grand in this. We all got ten million in ten years. Let's just do this thing. Like, like I don't know. It's this version. I I I, I definitely believe you that there are version alternate uh, universe versions of you that are even more ridiculously successful. But this is in the top five percent. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. in a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm in a good universe, man. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't. For sure, like I'm not like not appreciative, right? Um, I think that uh, it's just the way that I view success now. It's different. It's it's because I grew up in the projects. I grew up like not having food at night, like that type mm-hmm. of shit. And like when you come from that, I was I had one goal. Like everybody around, nobody around me had money, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get money, right? That was my that was my goal. And then you get money and you're like, okay, is was that it? Was that the goal? Was that is that it? And I realized no, that's that's not the goal. Like the goal is to enhance the the environment that you have been brought into, right? On on a on a wide scale, mm-hmm. uh, as much as you can. <clears throat> and like that's that's the goal to me. And so I think that I wasted a lot of time not doing that. And I, I think the the bigger lesson that I learned, man, is like I've met a lot of my heroes and I don't advise people to meet their heroes because yo, people are just full of shit, man. Like, just to be 100% honest, like, yo, people are just full of shit, man. They stuck on themselves. They they care. They read the press and they believe that shit. And they're just, they're just not centered people. And yeah, I met, like, one of my heroes that, you know, I had a short conversation with who I was impressed with who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, But at the, at the end of the day, you realize, that's the one thing you realize, like, yo, you're just a human. Yeah, like you're not a superhero, and that's an easy thing to say. But like when you when you when you have people who are who you who are heralded in your eyes, um, you hold them in a, to a certain amount of reverence, and then you forget about the the homeless man on the street who nobody cared about. That he might have been a great human being, but just nobody cared about him. And then you realize on a deeper level that not everybody has that opportunity, right? I had an opportunity, like you said, Woody. Success has a lot of luck. And people that don't say that shit are fucking assholes to me. And they're just, they're just, they're just, they're full of shit, man. Because like, in order for me to do what I did, like certain things had to fall in place. And if they didn't fall in place, there's no telling what would have happened. I'm pretty sure I would have found a way to survive and and feed my family. But for this reality to be, to be true, certain things had to fall in place and it was fucking lucky. And it was just pure luck. I get nothing else. And a lot of people don't have those breaks fall for them. My brother was a perfect example. Just as good as an athlete as I was, right? Had a coach in high school who turned colleges away. Uh, just had a, had a bad break in college when he finally got to college. Like, shit just kept going bad for him and bad for him and bad for him. He just didn't catch a break. Worked his ass off. Had 
I learned how to run long distance from my brother. He worked way harder than me, right? He probably can outrun me right now. Is he older or younger? He's older. He could probably outrun me when I was in the league. He just worked harder than me. And but he just didn't catch a break here, didn't catch a break there, didn't catch a break there. And it's like that kind of shit is it's it really that's that's what really woke me up was when you see the farce like that American uh, uh, dream is like all you got to do is work hard. Fuck no. Hell no. You have to have some shit happen along the way that you had no control over. And yeah, that is that is the truth. There's a bunch and of farmers that work hard as shit. Uh, and they're not rich. <laughs> they work 100%. unbelievably hard. <laughs> yeah. 100%, man. There's that whole cliche, right? Luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So you Bullshit. get credit for some of this, right? <laughs> sure, sure. But those, that if opportunity prepared, part. Yeah, if I wasn't prepared, it not, would have passed me by. Not sure. everyone gets the same opportunities, you know? And, yes. and, and that's that's yes. where the luck part is. I, I, <laughs> I'm cautious about comparing my success to yours. It's not the same. But... but I lived a life before What's I had. What's your metric, though? What's your metric, though? You keep saying that. What is your What is your metric? I, I guess I was just going on impact. I don't know, but here, here's where I'm headed with this. Gotcha. Before YouTube, I had a whole career, like a good amount of life going on before I had any kind of you know YouTube success, and I had a better than average uh, career in IT, but still ordinary, you know. And, and uh, I had a wife, two kids, great. And then the YouTube came along, and that was an extraordinary thing for me. That went super well. And then the Woodycraft thing. But because of the first section of that life there, the first third, it's made me realize that, like, oh, yeah, I'm not Midas on this thing. Not everything is gold. I'm really happy that that a couple (laughs) of them were. But uh, it keeps it in check, that's all. Ah, Come on, you grinded harder than anybody. You said the first third of life. You, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were started at thirty-eight. You're pretty ambitious here, Woody. <laughs> uh, first third of my career, I should have said. Yeah, Woody, hundred and eight. Woody, Kyle, and I are long dead. So. <laughs> no, I see, see, see. Like, I, I I'll, I'll, I'll kiss Woody's ass for a minute. Like, like I feel like you, uh, you grinded that thing harder than anybody. You know, like like yeah, there was that it. opportunity there. There it was. There, it was almost like there was a bit of a gold rush going on on YouTube. Like like just like the old San Francisco gold rush. It's like there, there's gold in them hills, and a bunch of guys got out there with a pick and a shovel, and they worked three, three days a week, and they had enough gold to head head over to the, uh, the the saloon and get a woman and play some cards, and then they were broke on Monday. And they're like, ah, well, I can I can work three days this week and I'll have enough to do it all over again. And you were like, I got to get the best picks and the best shovels. And there's not going to be time to go back to town. So I'm going to have to build a cabin out here next to the creek where I get my gold. I mean, I'm just going to sleep right here next to where I pan for the gold. And I'm going to need to hire a guy to carry my gold to town because I don't have time to be going and weighing my own gold. I got to be digging gold. You know what? Maybe I could hire a couple guys to help me dig this gold. Yeah, I'll do that. Like, you grinded it harder than anybody. Mm-hmm. There is a sure. lot. Yeah, it was one of the best. The man grinders. had a. Li- li- the, the, when I, <laughs> I when I'm coming. making that little comparison of like sleeping next to the creek where the gold comes from, Woody put a bunk bed above the desk he worked from, and instead of going back to bed with his wife when he was done with his work, he climbed into this little bunk bed above his workspace. It was like 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 where he's sitting now, like 
bunk bed up there, <laughs> right there. and he'd climb into that <laughs> motherfucker and get enough sleep so that his brain would work again and then climb back down take a piss and get back to fucking work you know like woody had the great benefit, anybody like uh not even benefit just life experience of like when the whole gold rush was happening on like you know, let's say 2010 youtube you know i was 19 in 2010 and most of the people who were doing it were my age and like young young guys woody's coming from a professional world where he's like oh well this is what i'm doing now two videos a day what what, what happens if you don't make two videos a day woody what are you talking about that's what i do every day you, you you make two videos a day and then you prepare for the next day's videos and that's just and then you go to bed and then you wake up and then you make the video that's just what you do and it was like i think you uploaded two videos a day for like two years on end or something something yeah. outrageous that's like true. where you never guessed yeah i, uploaded I was at least like hey, same gameplay again sorry guys <laughs> That woman was in front of me at Chipotle today, so I got a store and like just. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your videos. Yeah, the, people liked them. They just the gameplay was awful. <laughs> it was just fucking <laughs> shitty gameplay. Kyle, you might be muted. Yeah, you're muted. You are muted. I was saying I give Woody a lot of credit for uh, for his success because, you know, like, you didn't have the best. You weren't the best at necessarily anything. You were the most. <laughs> no, 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 don't get me wrong here. Like, 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 I don't want this to come off the wrong way. There were guys who were just like head pants on fire, retardedly good at like playing the game. Like, yeah, you know, like, like we know those guys, and like, like we all aspired to be like them. But it's like, oh my god, this guy just, just he's just the best at it. But he's not the best at YouTube. He's not at the best at monetizing this thing. You know, because personality comes into play, work that work ethic comes into play, a little bit of tech, uh, technological uh, grasping comes into play, editing comes into play. There's a lot of facets to this game, just like any other game. And you like excelled at grinding at all of them, right? Like, like you were you were good enough at all of them that the 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 aggregate score was was just way the fuck up there. But I say I think that's that's the that's kind of plays to my point, right? I think a lot of people when they hear me say, "Yo, there's a lot of luck involved," that somehow disqualifies or erases the work that you put in. Like it absolutely doesn't. That's not what I'm saying. Like I, I'll never let, I, I remember sat, I sat across a coach one time who told me, yo, I don't feel like you're working hard. And I told that motherfucker who had the ability to fire me to say, yo, you can, you can call me whatever you want. But the one thing you can't say is I don't work hard. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm up at five in the morning. You ain't around. Like I, I, I work my ass from nothing and you ain't gonna be able to sit there and tell that to my face. And like, he respected that. Right. So it's not, I, I don't, when I say there's a lot of luck involved, I'm not necessarily saying, yo, you didn't work, bro. It, it just, it was handed to you. Nah, but there were certain things along the way. Like, like if there wasn't a 2010 gold rush, right? If YouTube didn't get created, mm -hmm. where's Woody? If, if, if you didn't have a certain IT background and knowledge, right? And I don't know how you got to there, but I'm pretty sure there were some things along the way where you had access to certain things that not everybody did along the way, but you took advantage of them, right? But there were certain things that just, Happen to fall in place and then bam, what he popping, right? That's that's my that's my point. Where, and and a lot of people don't get me wrong. A lot of people don't work hard. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people don't work sure. hard at all. But a lot of people do work hard and they just can't get the breaks. And that's just my whole point, bringing it all back around. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. Then like, Woody, what you said, where it's like the what is it? Opportunity meets or preparedness meets opportunity. Like that really is what it is. Like. Aaron, you happen to have an opportunity, which, like you said, most a lot of maybe even most people don't get stuff like that. But because you were ready for it, you were able to capitalize. Like that's really all you can do is like yeah. try and anticipate an opportunity and trying to be 
try to be prepared for it, whatever that, you know. Which is luck too, luck. right? Because um, if, if I would be lying if I say, yo, I was just born disciplined. I just wasn't like I did. My, mm-hmm. I, my, I, my, when I grow when I was growing up, my room was dirty as shit. I was shitty in school. I just didn't. I didn't have a lot of motivation to be prepared. But I had a father that was like, "Yo, if you want to do this, this is this is what you have to do. You got to do." I was running the hills at twelve years old, right? Like <laughs> stupid shit. Like who who does that? I rode my bike across town to to this hill that he showed me. I used to ride my bike every day to go do that in high school. When cats was done with practice, I would be taking laps. I would be running. And one of my mans to this day, one of my best friends from high school, he, he, he told me um, not too long, like a year ago, he was like, yo, I remember we used to make fun of you like as a group because after practice you would be running and like we would be going, we'd be going to hang out. So it's like, I got that discipline instilled in me. And like, mm-hmm. it, it was just blind faith. Cause I didn't know my, my pops was broke when we were growing up. So I'm like, I'm listening to him. Like he got the answers just cause of the reverence I had for him being my father, mm-hmm. but it was just, it was guidance. Right. I was lucky. A lot of the cats I grew up with didn't have fathers around like that to show them the ropes or to, or maybe they was working all day and all night and they couldn't give them that guidance or they didn't have that insight or whatever the case may be. That kind of shit, just luck. I just lucked up and had a pops who was like, yo, this is the way. Anyone watching you run hills or you just go over and do it solo? Nah, dolo, man. By myself. I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a vision though. Like it was, cause I'm young as fuck watching hills. So like if, if I had a player in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, I would think of that player like, yo, he's probably running hills right now. Or um, I was this I, a I, peer or like a no legend? somebody who's already made it somebody's already made it. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I remember vividly I used to pretend I used to trick myself and be like yo there's a, there's a million dollars at the top of this hill there's a million dollars at the top of this hill because like I'll be dead ass tired I'm like go get to go get the money and I used to I, actually I used to do that shit like in school in college <laughs> when when we used to we, we used to do this stupid shit called check in so like if you were mm-hmm. young you had to go. You had to walk all the way across campus just to sign a piece of paper to say that you was up and then go back. Even if you didn't have class, it was just stupid shit. What? So, yeah, it's dumb as hell, dog. They're just all about controlling college. But I used to, I used to do that, and the motivation for me to get up was like, "Yo, go, go get your million dollars." It was that I used to just over and over again, "Go get your million dollars," and that was instilled in me because my father was like, "Yo, there's money at the end of this. Go get this." Like, and that that's just luck. Mm-hmm. I still had to do it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. You're like, I work so hard. I work so hard. I put. I, I was so disciplined. Luck, really. And I'm like, I'm hearing a lot outside of luck. Now I know you. It's not. It's not, that. it's not mutually exclusive. Though. I know. It's not I know. Exclusive. Yeah, the but, luck happened, and because he was working so hard, he was able yeah. to capitalize it. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Were there any days Whereas that you had been like fucking off, and that luck happened? Yeah. It probably it would just passed you by. Mm-hmm. Aaron, do you know? There's who, a lot of opportunities I missed because I was fucking off. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. a. I'm not I'm not a, a Nazi about working out like I, a lot of things like a lot. My curriculum went a lot smoother if I was a little bit more disciplined. Do you know who destroying is? He's a YouTuber. I know. I don't know what destroying is. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it might be different. Than, oh, anyway, then you won't know the follow up. He's a football player and he's a mm-hmm. YouTuber. Uh, he played for that really good Florida team that doesn't always have tough competition. Is it UCF? Maybe I, I think okay, it is. Yeah. UCF probably. And uh, he's a kicker, and he wants to be a pro. Oh, and I it, heard about him. It looks yeah. like he's as a guy who doesn't know what he's looking Sent at. Sent the NCA like uh, telling him he couldn't do his YouTube or something like that. Yes, what? so he yeah, went with yeah. YouTube because it's he's, bullshit. He's really, yeah, I, 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 do a I think it's bullshit too. How, yeah, how, how bad them fucking crooks are. <laughs> I wish they had let him do it, but anyway, yeah, he he went with YouTube instead of his football career. But on YouTube, he's so in shape, and he's really good at kicking, as far as I can tell. 
And uh, he he made a Canadian team, but apparently Canadian teams have to be some big percentage Canadian, like eighty percent Canadians. It's not just best player. And uh, so they're like, you know, we like you, but we don't like you so much that we're going to use one of our rare non-Canadian slots. So he like made but didn't stay on the team or something weird like that. And uh, I, I want to know your opinion on him, but it sounds like you're not uh, tied into it. I'm vaguely familiar with who he is. I mean, I don't know if he's good enough. And yeah. I, honestly, I don't I, <laughs> kickers. I mean, kickers are kickers, man. Like, I think that's what it is. Like, I, I think if, if he was like a killer quarterback, like you're getting one of those spots, but it's like you're a kicker. So you're kind of a little bit more expendable. You have to be like insane. You you should be able, you could be able to change the, your field position on every punt. If that was the case, or, or, or I, I, you, you'd be able to kick 50 yarders and, and you don't miss if, if we're going to waste that slot on you, that that's probably, is there this a, guy is a stereotype athlete. Like I, you don't gotta be for a kicker though. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't know if he's a super kicker. I swear, if you put him at wide receiver, he'd only be a step behind the guys in the league. Like, like he's he practices with them. He knows them. He like I see him defend them. Look, I don't know what I'm looking at. Right? I'm sure you're right. But <laughs> if, if he's a step behind the guys in the league, he would be trying to play receiver, not kicker. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> He's always like, "Hey, here's the number one recruit, you know, for coming out of high school this year." Or here's a guy who's, you know, all American in football, and he's like, he seems to be their athletic peer to my dumbass. I mean, I'm not a football. Uh, he looks like their athletic peer at least. Yeah, yeah. He might be like you though, Woody. Right. <laughs> look like you're in shape. <laughs> <laughs> you I don't know. I don't want to show nobody. I have, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're getting a little deep into this, but yeah, I was wondering if you had an opinion. I no, guess I, it'd be yeah. funny to see what you thought of him. I, I, I wonder how he's doing. That's I mean, the position I'd want, by the way. The kicker, like, oh, like, no, no doubt. I should, dude, maybe, maybe I should dude, play. Kicker I, seems I like do it again. it's the gym teacher. If you can be that clutch guy. Yeah, you just he's the gym teacher of football. But even better than the gym teacher of football, because because like. Those guys have such longevity because, yeah. like, for one thing, nobody's fucking hitting them. And for Isn't another, like, like 45 and he's still awesome. Mm-hmm. Who? There's some kicker who's like is in his it, 40s and he's just so good at kicking that he just I keeps played, um, Does it start with, with a V? Who probably, who probably the, he's going to be a Hall of Fame punter. I played with him. Uh, his name is Shane Leckler. Shane Leckler is probably one of the greatest punters of all time. And he was like 40 something when I played with him. And he's just mm-hmm. coolest wow. fucking dude ever. And it, the funny thing about kickers, dog, is like, during practice and training camp and all that shit, like, yo, they don't need, like, coaches don't even, they need to be <laughs> over there. Like, I saw them one time, they was over there, like, they brought golf clubs and they was over here just, like, chipping. <laughs> shit. Just, like, like, nobody pays attention to kickers until you need them. Like, and, and as long as you, as long, that's the thing about the league is, like, yo, if you get your job done, they don't give a fuck what you do. And that- so, like, Ever have a fantasy that you're like you have a superpower that you're a legitimate superhero? I'm like, how would life be if I could hit a field goal from anywhere? Right? If any time your team got the ball, you were guaranteed three points because Woody can do it from the goal line. <laughs> value, bro. Value. There's a lot of value the, in the that. Man in America. <laughs> You'd be the first kicker with like a, a hundred million dollar deal. Right, <laughs> he's ruining football. <laughs> Three points, that's fire. Dog. New rule: you can't a, kick field goals from the end zone. Is there a, is it there would a, ruin football. Like if you could, oh, it, would it wouldn't even have to be a. It wouldn't even have to be hundred yarders. Like like if you could kick a seventy-five yard field goal consistently, <laughs> like like 
80%, if you could do it 80% of the time, that alone would ruin football. Fire. That's my that's my dream. I, I want to be that guy. <laughs> they'd make rules to like they make a new rule. They, they would absolutely make a new make rule. A new they pro- rule. Uh, I hate it when they do that. They did that in hockey. Martin Brodeur as the goalie was way too good at playing the puck and like the way you they try and play was dump and chase. But because Brodeur was a third defenseman and he was so good at coming out and getting the puck and then firing it up and ruining your dump in, they literally made the Brodeur rule where they're like you can't. You can't play the puck the way Marty Brodeur did for 20 years. It's absurd. It's absurd. <laughs> you can't do it anymore. Like, they literally shut. It's called the Brodeur rule. They got rid of it. It's um, so no. hard to play the puck as a goalie. Like I, I swear, I played C League Beer League in North Carolina, and like a regular defenseman or forward handles the puck as well as an NHL goalie. It's just oh, so yeah. much more difficult. And like the ones who are good at handling the that, when I played like that I was good at that because I had a coach okay. who was very good at training goalie like puck handling so I always was trained to like come out of the net and handle it because there was no trapezoid in lower levels even like the the higher level ones but uh I was I was gonna ask so like in hockey at least there's a stereotype like goalies are just fucking weird they're, they're just odd people are kickers kind of the weird people of the team on the football team like a little odd man out strange. They just don't like. I say this with all due respect, right? Because they're a part of the team. But like, mm-hmm. if if you in the trenches every day and like you a lineman, you a running back, and you out here banging, and it's like you don't really—they're part of the team. But just like you don't really look at them like that, right? They're just kind of like those are the kickers. Those are the, those yeah. are the special. Yeah, those are special guys, special teams guys. Um, and other than other than that, it's, you just it's, it's a personality type thing, right? Like so when. When Shane Leckler uh, uh, was signed to Houston, like I, I never really had that good a relationship with the punter, but he was cool as fuck. He was just the coolest, coolest cat on the earth, man. And so we just we would chop it up. His locker room, his locker was like three or four down from mine. So you just chop it up. He was just a super personable cat, and so mm-hmm. um, he made it easy to, to to come and talk to him. But I mean, a lot of times there's just cultural differences where it's like, especially when you're older like that. I think, mm-hmm. um, uh, like the, the like the kickers before him. It's we just don't have a lot in common, so it's like super awkward conversation. It's just cordial. You're just cordial. Mm-hmm. There's just there's just no relationship. But he made it a point to to like, yo, let's kick it. Like just be, be makes, friends. Yeah. yeah, let's kick it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned special teams socially not being part of the team. Is that just kickers, or does that no, extend to like punt return? Oh yeah. No, no, no. It's kickers. It's kickers. If you if you if you're a special teams player, usually you're a second team and you do something else, either you're receiver or running back or linebacker or something, and you and you you grind in daily with everybody else. What about like backup quarterback or third string quarterback? They're like almost part coaches. They their job seems academic. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I mean that's how it looks because they got a clipboard and shit on the sidelines, but it's like. <laughs> I mean, they might know the offense, right? So as a young cat or uh, if, if you're like, hey, yo, what do I got on this? They'll, they'll tell you, right? Because their job is just to be ready. Like, that's their whole job. Like, that's probably one of the best jobs in America is backup quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> you get paid a lot. Like, you backup quarterbacks be getting like $7 million a year deals and shit. And they just you just they just paid to get ready. And and um, they cool. Like, like I said, personality thing is just there's, there's a difference. But um, majority of them are super cool. Like, backup quarterbacks because they don't got a lot of stress on them they just you just get these big ass checks and you just cool as you know what i mean until you, your number one you, go down you, you then talk then... about uh luck hitting people i remember because i went to mizzou 
And like early, like I think my freshman year is when Chase Daniel left the QB for Mizzou. And then he went immediately won a uh, championship with New Orleans, like right after. And he's apparently just the a backup making like 11 million, some insane amount of money. Yeah. And like just see pics of him on the sidelines. And he's just like, like clearly like this is the best reality I could have been. Bro. You don't got to do shit. You don't get hit. You don't got you know, the stress of playing. It's just, you just out here learning defenses and collecting checks. And apparently there's a reality. There's a reality where that guy was a starting QB blew his knee out one year in. Now he's like at a Kinko somewhere, but this this is perfect reality. The one where he's sitting over there uh, like, looks good out there. I like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, We uh, try and run further next time. (laughs) Have you tried throwing it hard? (laughs) Do you think, uh, Aaron, do you think you could have been, a pro in any of like the four major American sports? Like if you just would have been put towards hockey, basketball, baseball, like, do you think kind of you're, you would have been able to capitalize on any of them? I do. It's not an ego thing. I think as a running back, this is why I say, when I say running back is a harder position to play, this is why I say it. it's not, it's not biased because I played it. It's just because of, like, I studied football and in order to be a, an elite running back, right? It's, it's not, you can be a running back, but in order to be elite running back where you're on the field, three downs, uh, and and you can you can pass, protect, and you can block. In order to be elite, you have to be able to outrun and maneuver the majority of the defense, right? To be elite, you have to be able to catch like a wide receiver. You have to be able to block like a tight end, and and you have to be smart enough to understand defenses. So it's like you have to have the 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 most variety in your skill set, and you have to be the most athletic on the field. Other than I say probably corner, corner you have to be extremely athletic, right? But um, the most skill set is, is is running back, in my opinion. And um, <clears throat> not only that, uh, if you look at, well, not you, not you, but like when, when I was growing up, football was not my favorite sport growing up. Basketball was. Um, I just was extremely better than everybody else at football off the rip. Like, because mm-hmm. you give me a ball and it was just natural. But with basketball, it's more skill set driven. So you had to put in time in order to get your handles right, to get your shot right. It's, it's more skill set driven. And so when I finally got the time to put in my skill set, and it was my latter years in high school, mm-hmm. um, I got really fucking good. Like, and it was my favorite sport. I loved basketball, but I just never had the time to put it in because I always knew football was probably going to be my lane. But uh, I got I got so good. I was like, y'all was looking like small looks from these small colleges. Like, and I didn't put in any time like that. But I I, I finally got a chance to put in a little bit of time. And, and like, I remember we was in summer going into summer league for my senior year. And summer league is just like you just play catch from all across the city. And I was just like dropping twenty. Like I was just doing my thing. Like I was it was just crazy. So if like if that was my goal, and I was doing that, and instead of running hills at twelve, I was making left-hand dribbles and going up and down the court. There's no doubt in my mind I could have done that. And with anything, it's just I, – I just, I'm just lucky. I, I'm an athlete. It, it's funny that, like, a... like every single player you played – in every professional sports like this, but, like, that kid who was putting up, you know, 30 goals in five games like Gretzky did as a youth, Gretzky got death threats apparently because he scored mm-hmm. – in one season he scored 97 goals in 25 games. And, like – that that's a tremendous amount of goals. You yeah, know? Uh, and, yeah, I'm kind of siding that, with the that, death threat. That's all the goals. In fairness to him, that wasn't all the goals because he also had 200 assists. <laughs> they were winning games like 35 to nothing. 
and they, they were so mad. And so, no, that's a sport I could watch. You, you <laughs> yeah, can where they're scoring. Yeah, and, and like Gretzky's, and, and his records are so silly. It like nothing touches them. But like he did Jordan, he did Jordan in hockey, huh? Oh, he's the like oh, if he, he never scored, yeah. if he never if if uh, Gretzky had never scored a goal ever, he would still have more points than the next up person by a couple hundred because of how many assists he had. Like he he never had to score a goal, and he's the oh. all time goal scoring leader. And That's I think. Insane. He has yeah. more assists than anyone else has goals too. Right? No, you just said he, that, he has, and he yeah, has more he has goals more, than anyone has assists. Like he owns. No, no, he doesn't have more goals. Oh, than he doesn't. Has, oh, okay. He's the only. He has almost nine hundred goals in his career. The next up person is like eight hundred and two. Like they're oh, they're thinking Ovechkin might beat him. Like yeah. Ovechkin is is the only existing player who's like a, a better pure goal scorer. But Certainly not Crosby. But regardless, the whole thing was like. Is it a weird environment to go into a locker room and real and like just know, just like you were throwing up, you know, five touchdowns a game, every single dude in there was that guy on their team, right? Like yeah. they were all the guy that's like, oh shit, Tony's here, thank God. Even the kicker, it's like, just get us to the the, the fifty, and then he'll save us. Yeah, yeah, no, that that was the realization uh, when you get to the pros, is like everybody's that dude, and. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a fun feeling for me when I was young and ambitious because it was like, I'm going to go show them why I'm that dude, right? Um, and so that was, like, really motivating for me to continue to work my ass off. Um, but also also humbling, right? Because you see everybody from different walks of life, um, from everywhere from shit, Wisconsin or Miami or California or New York, and just everybody from, from they from they walk of the woods or they neck of the woods um, and it was all killers. Um, it's 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 that to me that was the beauty of sports. That was mm-hmm. the beauty of sports of bringing everybody in the same roof that um, had different experiences, but still the same experience. Did you see? The, I mean, I obviously, the military you were, does that too. I'm sure. Like uh, you, you were fortunate enough, like not fortunate, skilled enough that like you were still great amongst NFL guys. Like, did you see anybody who was like that Titan, like you were in a lower level and then once they got to the, the bigs, it was like, they're a middling guy. And now they're like identity oh, yeah. crisis almost where it's like, but I'm supposed to be the best. Th-. And it's, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you see that all the time. <clears throat> that's uh, gotta be hard to your whole life. Be mm-hmm. the tippity top top 0.01 percent best and then you join a league where you're actually uh below average like yeah. that that's got to be really hard for your you know self-identification yeah. your, your i think value. that was my that was my really um that was the point in my career when i came in as a rookie where i realized yo i could be a pro bowl i could be a hall of famer if i wanted to because i got mm-hmm. there and i was like you're a little intimidated you come it's like oh shit there's Andre Johnson, that's Mario Williams. Like these cats are like pro bowlers. Oh my God. And then you get there and then you watch film and you go to practice and you, and you, and you look in and you're like, nah, I can get with these cats. Like they ain't Superman. Like, they put their pants on one leg at a time. Just like, yeah. And then they, they, they obviously have worked to a certain point to get to where they at. So you kind of mimic their work ethic. Like I, I remember I pulled uh, Andre Johnson to the side. I was like, yo, how do you work? Because like, he was like, I appreciate you pulling me aside because you got talent. And so, so he kind of showed me how he worked. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and once I understood the, the, the blueprint or the formula to, to, to do that, I executed and then my game took off. And so it's kind of just understanding that, that environment of how to be a professional, because like when we <clears throat> think about sports, we think about 
you know, going to 24 hour fitness in a pickup game or, you know, you just kind of just playing around, whatever, like, like, um, I took a, a page out of Tiger Woods books, right. Is when he would go practice, like look at his schedule, like at this when he was balling, it was like, you know, he wakes up at four and at five in the morning, he's, he's working on chips and putts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, and then from from seven to eight, he's working on irons and blah blah blah. He's working on dry. And, and so he he breaks his game down and he works his ass off on on each of those yeah. parts of his game, working on swings, working on weights, all of that stuff. And so you realize that you can compartmentalize your game and break your own game down and say, okay, this is my weakness. I'm gonna turn it into a strength. This is my strength. I'm gonna continue to build on that. And once you start thinking of it like a a science rather than I just gotta be good at football, that's when you take your game to the next level. And to be honest, it's it's everything. It has, it has little to do with sports and everything to do with anything. If you're in a business, if you're a YouTuber, if you're whatever the case may be, you say, okay, what am I weak at? Okay, I'm, a weak, I'm weak at this. So let me study who's good at this and then add that to my craft. I'm, if I do this bad, I'm going to do this. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter what you do. If you, if, you, if you break down what you do as a science, it's easy to hit small goals. One of the biggest gems I've ever got in my life was when my father uh, told me when I was young. He said... I might have said this on a show before, but he said, um, he said, write your goals down, son. He said, write your goals down and put them somewhere you can see them every single day, right? Every single day, put them somewhere you can see them uh, and, and make, them, make them realistic. What do you want to do? And so I was like, okay, I want to, I want to get a college scholarship. He's like, okay, well, what, do you, what, does ha- what has to happen in order for you to get a college scholarship? I got to ball out in high school. He's like, okay, what, what do you got to do to ball out in high school? So I got to start first. He said, what do you got to do to start? So mm-hmm. I got to beat out the guy in front of me. What do you got to do to beat out him? Uh, he's like, what what is he better at than you? I said he's a little faster. He does this. He does this. Okay. Now we break down of what I need to do, right? And then do something every single day to get towards that goal. On Monday I'm gonna run hills. Tuesday I'm gonna lift weights. Wednesday I'm gonna do this. Thursday I'm gonna do this. And it's like it makes it real. Like it just it's not this far fetched like crazy idea. It makes it real. Mm-hmm. And he said if you put it down and you look at it every single day, he said one of the two things will happen. He said you are gonna hit somewhere around your goals or you are gonna tear it down because you're getting tired of looking at it because you're not doing that. It was the rest of the realest shit I've ever came across in my life yeah do you uh do you put a lot of the credit to your dad for instilling stuff like that like kind of kind of putting that thought process in your mind like that thinking pattern of like just take it step by step what do you need to do this to do this to do like just break it down break it down make make it simple yeah yeah it's about making it simple and yeah i I give him a lot of credit and 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 them not having money growing up really helped out because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just wasn't comfortable, man. So I was like, I just knew I was, I was not going to be it's broke interesting. growing up. Because so many times, and also probably that, less like, distractions, right? Like, like if your dad had a yacht and like yeah. he was a, a bunch of extracurricular shit was available to you. If there was like a PlayStation at home mm-hmm. and a home and like pool parties every afternoon and like, like vacation eight, ten times a year. Yep. That's a lot of distractions for somebody who's trying to be single-minded about a goal. And that's what I never... I took one vacation as a kid, and we went to... I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We went to Flagstaff, and we drove there for like a weekend. But other than that, like we didn't have no money for vacation, so I, I only took one vacation. So like you're a thousand percent right. Like I was hyper-fixated on, on, on making this happen. It's interesting how we're talking about being broke, I'll quote you. Growing up has led to your success because oftentimes being wealthy leads to success. You know, it, 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 you can have a parent who's achieved something and they show their kids the way, you know, on, on also achieving something or, or they give them some advantages or like, maybe they just have high expectations and those high expectations stop the kid from, you know, not matching what dad did. And it goes the other think, way too, I, I guess. Um, yeah, no, I, in my opinion, it's just perspective. 
it's hella, like it's perspective and it's it's environment like so does your environment cultivate um motivating factors or does your environment cultivate complacency because there's complacency and poverty for sure it's like oh we here we stuck here it is what it is i'm gonna work this job until it is like until i die it is what it is like that's complacency um yeah. uh i i i had a motivation from a career path that i wanted to have and the motivation was money but there was a point in time where the motivation was greatness. I, I fell in love with the sport of football and I wanted to be great. I wanted to be Barry Sanders. I wanted to, and that motivated me too. And so it was like these compounding motivations that continued to push me to be psychotic as a kid with workouts. <laughs> Barry Sanders, you said he was my favorite of that era. Oh, that was my guy. That was Dude, my guy. I, is he your all time favorite? Him, Eric Dickerson and Walter Payton were probably like I can't I can't call him a favorite, but like all of them, th- those three were my guys. Barry Sanders was rich and he lived in a small house, like even when he could have had anything. And somehow yeah. that seemed really cool to me. I didn't know super that. Humble. That is cool. Super humble, man. Super humble dude. That's one of the cats when I met. I was like, I met Barry Sanders. Did he live <laughs> up to expectations? Just tell me he did. I didn't have any expectations for him because okay. like, he was like super humble. Like in all the interviews that he did, like they always used to say, oh, my little league coaches used to be like, be like Barry Sanders, hand the ball to the ref. And so that's where I got that from. Uh, was when I was a little kid, they were always like, hand the ball to the ref. That's what Barry Sanders did. And because mm-hmm. uh, my first touchdown ever, I scored. I spiked it and got a flag. I didn't know it was. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> first like, one ever. So yeah, stoked. <laughs> I, was, I was seven, dog. I was like, well, why don't you let little kids? Whatever. <laughs> but um, but uh, uh, I was like, yes, hand it to the ref. Because from Barry, and Barry, just he was, never, he was never eccentric. He was just always even killed. And all of his interviews, he just never – it didn't even look like he wanted to play football. Somebody like forced him. Like he's like, Yo, you got to do this because you're amazing. He's like, all right. Then. But, <laughs> Is that uh, what he did? To... Just he would always like just yeah. hand the oh, ball. The ball ref, no matter whenever. how big the touchdown was, no Dude. emotion. Just I just His made probably one of the most flash. athletic things that you will ever see in your life, and you just. His lack of I don't flash know was its own kind of flash. It was fucking amazing. The, the guy would, I, I yeah. think I saw him break 11 tackles on a run. Every single player yeah. on the other team touched him a little. He broke all yeah. the, he scores. And then afterwards it was like, yeah, like, yeah, here you go. Glad that's over. That was, that was what got me with this whole fucking Tom Brady argument on Twitter when I was drunk. Somebody <laughs> was like, yo, you're hating Tom Brady's the greatest athlete of all time. I'm like, listen, hold on. Listen, bro. Y'all can say, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback all the time, and we can disagree on like skill set versus whatever. Yeah, and I, I, I mm-hmm. don't think you're stupid when you say that. But when you say Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time, I think you're a fucking idiot. That's like, absurd. We saw his gonna... rookie picture shirtless. <laughs> I'm saying, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's fair to say. That's fair to say. I, I was, was like, trying no. to like have this conversation like a few weeks ago, like right after he won the Super Bowl, and and you're absolutely right. He's not the greatest athlete of all time. Like like like. What I was trying to say was like, I think he's the, he's the most, I, I'm trying to say he's the most accomplished quarterback of all time, but I just didn't say exactly that. And like, like, like getting my, my friends are like biting my head off. Like, do you, who's the fucking swimmer? Woody, help me out. Michael they, they Phelps. Won everything. Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. They're like, they're like showing Michael Phelps like accomplishments. And I'm like, all right, God damn it. What are you, what are you a Phelps fanboy? I didn't, I didn't mean to like <laughs> That's offend a your position. hero here. Like it is a valid, like, like you look at he's one. It's outrageous. Like I didn't know that he doubled up anyone else and then decided to add like six more. Like as far as gold medals are concerned, he had a long career too. Most swimmers have one or two Olympics that they do really well. 
he not only got like the most medals per Olympics, but he was good for like three solid Olympics. Like just so. You know what's like? He's he's worse by far than the average years, fish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not I like, would like any put any sixty dollar fish. Yeah, I'm gonna just, take the fish yep. from. Uh, Dirty's tank. <laughs> oh no, I'm taking. I'm, I would take <laughs> oh, any you know, fish. Oh, 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 all right. So update on that. He got the new fish. <laughs> if you can train it to swim. All again. If you can train like, it. Hold on, Kyle. Like what were you saying? I bet a clownfish can beat him. They're quick. <laughs> Dirty got new fish. Google how fast yeah, clownfish are. Hold on. Dirty got new fish, and she killed them all again. That's. I know. Well, because uh, apparently she didn't drain all the water and it kept some of that toxic stuff for the fish and it just killed the fish again. But frankly, like if Dirty already knew that she was a shitty fish keeper, it's neglectful on his part to have allowed her to do the transition in the first place. So the blame lies with him. Fair enough. Yeah, it does. Seriously. he If someone just killed all my fish and I bought new fish, I wouldn't go, hey, set up my fish tank. Idiot. I mean that is fair to say, like, but but regardless, the fish are all dead again. Clownfish the are not very lip. good swimmers, and, yeah, you, and rarely venture more than two to four inches from the anemone. Michael Phelps okay, will well, fuck up a clownfish. That's yeah. more about their motivation than their. <laughs> than their <laughs> they don't need I'm to go I might take Michael Phelps over a clownfish, man. I don't know. I'm all right, you. fine. Any other fish? Any other <laughs> fish that's, that's bigger. Taylor, you're going too far. He's like, I'll take a sea urchin over Michael Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> Not that one. How about a silver dollar? I get. I mean, like, take an average catfish that destroys Michael Phelps. Not even close. I don't know. I don't know. Cat. Does it? Know they're kind of like they, they just chill out on the bottom. No, but if they want to swim, they can. Have you ever? You've caught catfish. It's got to do laps. It's just a. It's just an. It's just a giant. It's just a bicep. The whole thing. It's just. But Michael Phelps is big. Right, like, like, see, I, when you say average fish, I'm not sure how big an average fish is. Right, like an average tuna. No. Okay, you're right. Marlin, undoubtedly, indubitably, you're you're right. But is an average fish like? There's a lot of guppies out there, you know. Like, is it? You know, there's a lot of tadpoles, if you call them fish. You know, pre frogs. <laughs> They're this big. I'll take that six foot seven human over they, a one inch fish. They they measure fish speed in centimeters per second, which may as well be Hogwarts speed. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know either. So <laughs> hundred centimeters per second. There's all kind of articles about like which fish Michael Phelps can beat. Is there Ooh. some? <laughs> yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. I mean, he'd obviously get thrashed by like dolphin yeah. sharks, rays, anything anything large kills him. Literally and figuratively in the water. I don't think it's faster than a, a ray. What? Those things can probably go real quick. They got... No. I mean, faster than a man. Not faster if, than that man. If you put me, like, walking next to Phelps, and he's going as fast as he can, like, I'm just... I'm taking a leisurely walk as he's going. You know? I don't think... I don't know enough to dispute this, but I'm pretty sure he swims faster. I don't know than enough to walk. make this argument, but it hasn't stopped me. <laughs> the selfish. I would bet money back. that he's he swims faster than like a manta ray. A manta ray. <laughs> yeah, but the, the manta ray doesn't know it's racing. Well, you whoop the manta ray. How about that? Like 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 there's a jockey behind it. All right. Well, how fast? He can beat most fish. A manta ray swim. 
like, so like this selfish, I think they're saying it's like one of the fastest. It's clocked at a maximum speed of 112 kilometers per hour, dog. Jesus, <laughs> that's insane, dog. That's that's ludicrous. He said if you do a 100 meter race, it would complete it in 1.9 seconds. That fucking crazy. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, well, he fair, would win that. Yeah, yeah to be fair, they live in the water. They would be shitty at a 100 meter dash. Not so fast off the blocks, though. Kyle, it says, it says a manta ray. A manta ray can swim at fourteen point nine one miles per hour. Fourteen miles an hour destroys Michael Phelps. That's a that's a good job. But what's his reaction time like? Because he's got to be standing there for a while till that guy shoots the pistol. Uh, Michael <laughs> Phelps swims five or six miles start. per hour. Five, five to six, six miles per hour. Yeah, oh, he's, he's getting washed. slaughtered by this he's manta ray. Not even impressed anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Phelps sucks, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude just because he he's the best human at that, right? Six still miles shittier than most fish. Large sharks tend to swim at one and a half miles per hour. Yeah, what? but they're chilling. They're just they like are, they're, yeah, they're predators. You know, like, when they see prey that's imminently, you know, like in distress, I guarantee they go a little quicker than a mile an hour. They're 25. 20. There we go. That's why I don't fuck with the ocean, though, bro. I refuse to go in the ocean. Fuck that. Wait, entirely? The ocean no. is scary. I have, there, have there's no the ocean. reason for me to be in the ocean. Why would I go in the ocean? I, I like you 100%. Fuck until, the ocean. Uh, about waist level is where I'm comfortable in the ocean. I don't like going fuck deep. Fuck that. That's where they get you. Wrong. Like that. <laughs> That's yeah, where like, they get you. The, I like the uh, sharks kill less people than most critters. other things. Automobile accidents. Than most other things. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but when a shark kills you, it's the most terrifying thing ever. You, you ever have a fender bender? Be like, oh, that was a little spooky. You ever get attacked by a fucking bull shark? You'll never <laughs> nightmares forever. <laughs> like, getting attacked by a shark is so scary that the people on the beach will have PTSD. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bro, this, this is why, like, if you if you get attacked by a shark, it's like a double whammy. It's like two of the worst ways to die, like, right? Mm -hmm. You literally getting torn apart and you feel all the pain and you can't breathe. They're doing it underwater. So it's like you're drowning yeah. and you getting torn up. Fuck that. I'm not going to ocean. Yeah, you throw in a little fire and you hit the trifecta. You know what I'm saying? If it's shit, yeah. if, fuck, man. The worst. I mean, like, all oh, your... I will say this, though. One thing that I'd like to do if you guys are ever up for it um, is to go shark fishing. Like I've got some friends that go down to Florida and they uh, they fish for bull sharks in this like um, Dude, brackish you water. Them. You know, we're not fucking gonna eat them. We're gonna shoot them with a a bow, I guess, since I'm not allowed to have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fish them. Oh, I'm what? You fish them. I'm being stupid, right? You fish these sharks. Yeah, yeah. You get them up to the water and then you. Murder them. Oh, okay. You yeah. get up to the side of the boat and then you like. I think you could probably eat them. Yeah. And, oh, I think I think isn't it, oh, isn't it like illegal? Bull shark is like a bottom feeder, and it's huge, so it's not like eating so a, a catfish. Feeder. That I was about to use that as an example. Like that's why a huge catfish tastes worse than a smaller catfish. I don't know the the impact of it being a bottom feeder. Does that mean you can or can't eat it? It means that it's not going to taste as good. So oh. like, well, then catch it, a mako. Yeah, well, then catch. I mean, what does Mako eat? Other fish or fish? I'm not sure. I just see it on menus a lot. Getting away from the science of various <laughs> sharks, mm -hmm. I'm saying I'd like to go shark fishing. Like, 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 if we can find a shark that Taylor wants to eat, apparently that'll be our prime motivating factor. Like, <laughs> Taylor's hungry. We got to get out there. It would be fun. He's going to be, be crabbing the whole time. 
Just yeah, I'll be, I'll be, uh, actually, I'll be conscripting Woody's bravery to go get crabs for me. And my return offer will be, I'll break them all for you. I'll get your meat out. Just that a, actually a sounds pretty dinner would, for you. Dude, and that, I'll still finish my dinner before anybody else because I'm a wizard when it Arian comes to doesn't I am know. the Aryan foster of football when it comes to eating crab. I destroy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, I, I'm like a fucking, you know, concert pianist with these fingers. Can you do lobster? Ridiculous move. Uh, I mean, you don't really have to do lobster because you just eat the tail for the most part. Uh, the the little spindly arms on lobster, very little meat in those things. I, very, very, know, I found I, out last year that I had a shellfish allergy. Or last year, the year. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, is sucks, it new man. or was it your first time having it? No, was, no I've never been allergic to anything. It, you know, it's, a funny story. it's a funny story. It was funny to me. <clears throat> so, like, when I get booked for, like, speaking engagements, like, I really don't... Uh, like dig into what I'm talking because I'm pretty good at public speaking, so I don't dig into what I'm talking about until I'm there, right? And so that 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 week I had booked a speaking engagement. I was gonna leave on a Friday uh to go talk. And so my man's booked it. I was like, I right, bet. So that Thursday night, I I uh, I order uh, the same shit I've got from Benny Hanna since I was fucking can remember ordering Benny Hanna's. I get the shrimp and the chicken uh hibachi. Mm-hmm. And so that night, uh, I, I eat it and and I go I, you know, I go to bed. I eat it like at ten thirty. I, I wake up and I'm like itching. Like it's not regular itching. It's like it's pain. It's I'm in mean, pain. And th- and I got a massage that day, so I was like maybe the oil she used. I'm having a reaction to. Went and took a shower. Still not, nothing would get away with. It. So I was like itching like a motherfucker. Woke up. My lips were swollen as fuck. Like swollen. I was like yo, what is this? I have no idea what this is. Went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you got a shellfish allergy. And I was like, what? Shellfish, that's crazy. I've never been allergic to anything in my life. I've been eating shrimp and lobster and all that for I don't know how long. So the next day, I was like, okay, I, I still got a speaking engagement to go to. Mm. I go, and uh, so I land, <clears throat> and I'm still, lips still a little swollen, a little numb. Uh, so I land, and, my, and I meet my man's in the hotel lobby, uh, and he's like, okay, beat downstairs at, at 7. And everybody was like, okay, I just let me know just so I know like what we talked about. He's like, oh, you're speaking at a food conference, and it's about kids with food allergies. And I was like, you got to be fucking shitting me, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me, dog. What kind of movie script is that? And so I went, and I, I told that story. I was like, yo, this y'all think I'm going to be playing right now, but like, let me tell you what happened. And so I'm meeting all these kids, and this is just crazy. It's like, like I'm meeting all these kids who have like, peanut allergies or any kind of allergies like they deal with the craziest shit like really like life-threatening situations that i have never even thought of because i've never been allergic to anything like this kid was telling me like all this stuff he can't eat and he's like yeah if i do like i my throat swells and i can't breathe and it's like i have to stab myself with an EpiPen. i'm like jesus fucking christ dog and i would have never been that empathetic if i wouldn't the day before i'd have been like that sucks that sucks bro you should probably stay away from us but it's that's a funny ass story huh yeah, you better. I said, hey, I got a question. All right. So two, three days ago, I'm doing a squat and I failed. All right. Uh, I'm in a squat rack. It's no big deal. Everything's cool. Afterwards, I kind of like processed it. And I'm like, honestly, don't know if my legs gave out or if my like enthusiasm quit, you know, like, like maybe I was OK with not getting up again. And then I'm like, does that even make a difference on what failed? I mean, if it was easy for me, I would have succeeded. It, I don't know if I, if, if a tougher mentally, I would have. What do you think about training to failure? It, it, sometimes it, sometimes it's simple. You just can't do another curl. Sometimes it's complicated. Like, could I have if I tried harder? You've trained. Uh, it depends. It. it depends on if um. So, training to fail could actually be a part of. 
your set, right? So like we do that like sure, sure. things with like dips or bench or something like that. We're like, okay, on your last set, go to failure. So you just pump it out until you can't do it anymore. Usually not with squats. <clears throat> yeah, you don't want to do with squats because you can hurt some shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, I mean, it could have been, I don't, it depends on how much weight you had. It could have been uh, uh, a failure. Uh, you're probably squatting wrong. The majority of people squat wrong. People squat and they think it's all thighs. They think it's legs. It's like you got to squat with your butt, with your glutes. You got to like tighten it up. And that's where you get all your power from. But um, I think it, it could, I, I have it all the time now when I work out. When I work out now, my motivation when I used to work out and I played was like, I got to get this. They, nobody's going to outwork me. So I used to do extra reps and extra sets. But now, I'm like, I'll skip out on a couple sets and reps here. If, like, if I'm not feeling it, because it's like, I'm not, what am I here for? I'm here for a beach body. I'm not here to try to be the strongest guy in the world. Like, I don't care about that. So it's like, sometimes, sometimes, he's, dang, it is what it is, man. If you're just looking to be <clears throat> fit and aesthetically pleasing, yeah. going with like the hypertrophy, like, you know, just building muscle over like raw strength makes the most sense. Like, mm-hmm longest time I, I didn't think that and then it was like you know what like like you see like a power lifter with a big belly be like yeah and that guy that bodybuilder he can't even deadlift 780 yeah. uh, <laughs> and it's like yeah but he looks awesome yeah. <laughs> he's also strong enough to do anything on he doesn't accidentally have a huge upper body that can handle any day-to-day task that he needs. Yeah, that like, mother yeah. trucker can what carry saying for two years. cases of water. I know, I know, Kyle. And it's only like eight months ago that I started fully listening. You're, <laughs> you're a wise man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like if, if you get if you get like ripped. It's not. It'll be hard to be weak and ripped, right? Just yeah. rel- relative to strength training, you're probably not going to be the strongest. But like you, you like anybody approach you on the street, the majority of them you're going to be able to handle them. Like you'll be all right. But yeah. for but for just aesthetic purposes, like there's no like there, you shouldn't be squatting fucking four hundred pounds, bro. There's no yeah. reason. Like, like, oh wow, I bet that bodybuilder can only flat bench two eighty <laughs> or I'm sorry three eighty. Uh, not like the power lifter guy with the huge fat gut who can bench you know five ten. Where it's like, have you seen those bench difference? press shirts? I where the ones uh, are you sure. talking about the ties where it comes like right here? The ones, the ones that are like so tight, they're like you can't even like stand normally. Yeah, they, they add like a hundred fucking pounds to your bench. <laughs> yeah, because all it does is it it basically turns it from a bench press into like a racking, just a just like a tricep push, where mm. it's like all locked in and your arms can't move, and so it's like oh, well, you're it's doing, spring. You're doing, it's, you're doing a machine yeah. lift with uh we can know, all unrack a tremendous amount of weight right that's the easy part and when you've got that shirt on or the slingshot or whatever then uh the actual bench is assisted and you just sort of focusing on the rack part a little more yeah. i'm exaggerating but yeah yeah it's but, like a spring like like put like you can't pull your arms down to the position without the weight of the of of the of the bar right so like mm-hmm. it's it's assisting like 80 80 100 pounds or something like that I want to bench like that. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to bench like that. Call that For my what? new max and never tell anyone that I, I looked at what those shirts cost. I was curious. Cause I, I heard some YouTuber talking about them. Like, like I think maybe Greg Doucette was talking about bench press records and how he had all these bench press records and how like the way bench press is done is bullshit. And uh, he mentioned a bench press shirt. I'd never even heard of he such a right. thing. And I, and I was like, I looked on Amazon. They're expensive as fuck. They're like several hundred dollars. Whoa. 
Wow. For, uh, for like a custom. <laughs> yeah, oh, Greg Doucette's yeah. video was great, Taylor. So here's the deal. I guess the rules are you have to like have your fingers on uh, one of the, what is the break and knurling called, that mark? Those little rims. I, I yeah. don't know what they're called either, but yeah, you put okay. your pinky or your ring finger on there. To so what they do is they put their hands wider than that, but they reach over like super far so they are technically touching it, right? So with the super wide grip, that's step one. Two, arch your back a ton. You're yeah. not trying to do a bench press here. You're trying to get your nipples three feet in the air so that you don't have to do a bench press. And then they, they're able to like unrack it a little bit, touch their chest by moving the bar down like four inches and then push it back up. And they've arched their back so much, the range of motion is literally like four inches. Yeah. And that's how you set a bench press record nowadays. And it's so like, they teach oh. you um, when you're coming out for the combine. And you have to do that bench press thing. That's what mm -hmm. they they teach you. They teach you to put your feet all the way back to arch your chest up and and arch your back to where you minimize the the amount of length that you have to actually push. Yeah. So yeah. that's like that's like them taking something that was actually good advice at some point where it's like, hey, if you want to activate your chest more, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah, and go like this, and everyone's like, actually, get rid of that good advice. <laughs> advice that'll help your number look better while you're still remarkably weaker than the person doing it correctly like that yes. that is yeah if you're training for a beach body then obviously that's not the way to go but if you're trying to break a record i, I see how it works the, the woman I that broke always. this record my god she could arch her back <laughs> like a like a circus performer almost yeah. it was <laughs> ridiculous their, their arm isn't even like fully down it's like touch yeah. yeah not even exaggerating it's this much range of motion it's two and a half to three and a half inches she 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 unracks it she comes down like she comes down so little it's almost like when you're bench pressing and you kind of waver a little bit like you kind of wiggle the bar a little yeah. and that was the full thing like like it, it and and i don't remember how much weight it was obviously it's, it was a small woman like she probably weighed 130 pounds so she might have had 180 pounds or something That's like that huge amount of like, weight for 130 pounds. it's a huge amount for it's a world record it's it's yeah. it was something like that and it but it was like looking at it you're like i bet if you had to like do it the right way i bet if we strapped your back to the fucking bench down flat you could do 120 have you ever watched Brad Shaw's YouTube channel? Yes. He, dude, can Brad I talk about Brad Shaw for a so second? Cool. Yeah, I love ahead. that guy. So, if people don't know, Brad Shaw is a. Uh, Do you know who? Yeah, yeah. You know he's a is. world strongman champion. He's a really good. Is he won seven times, something like that? Like he's won four times. Okay. But like, unlike a lot of those guys, he's six foot eight and weighs four hundred and twenty pounds. Like he's Wait, a, Yeah, he's a monster. He, he's super big. He's super strong and. As a guy who walks into every movie theater and could just muscle anyone who else who's there, you would think that he's like aware of that or like he is so humble and so mm -hmm. sweet. He, he always seems to just want good things for everybody. And when you take that like kind heart and put it in the strongest package a man has ever achieved, it's a neat little like unexpected kindness. Yeah, he's. He's really cool, but uh, so I was watching on my stream Taylor Merck on Twitch. If anyone wants to check me out, I was watching. This was about a week ago. There's a show called The Strongest Men in the World or The Strongest Men on Earth, and it was like Bradshaw, um, Eddie Hall, 
and a couple of other strongmen, Robert Oberst, who's the guy from Joe Rogan, who was like, hey, if you're not training to be the de best deadlift guy on earth, stop fucking deadlifting. The ROI for an average lifter is, is terrible. You know, most people won't tell you that. He's the guy who said that. And then they have this guy named Nick, who's like 50 years old, and he's the biggest 50-year-old on earth. He's just, just huge. Just, Does he look good just, or just fat? No, he looks great. And so like, and then they do challenges where it's like, hey, there's a myth that some guy named like Sven Bjorgesbord uh, lifted, a, he did a squat with 2,200 pounds on it, but instead of weights, he had himself on a bar and then nine people on each side. And then he did that. And they're like, well, we're going to give it a go. And like, and then they do that. <laughs> stuff. They try it. And like, I like that they don't buy into the nonsense where it'll be like, now this episode, we're trying out, you know, we're going to match the Wyoming strongman, you know, Coyote Willie or whatever the fuck. And they're like, now the myth is, is that he threw a sandbag that weighed 490 pounds over his, uh, held it near his chest and walked. I'm the strongest man on earth. And that's absurd. He didn't do that. <laughs> uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go, I don't know, what do you guys say, like 325? We'll do that. We'll do that. That was too easy. Let's do three seven. Okay, and then it like gets to the point where it's like breaking his record, and he's like, "Well, the only way we're able to do this is that I'm six eight and I'm the strongest man alive, <laughs> and I've eaten you know ten thousand chickens over the course of my lifetime, and that's why I'm able to be like this." It's awesome. It one of them. Yeah, it's Eddie a good Hall, show. Eddie Hall, who's Eddie Hall, is six foot three, and standing next to Eddie, or I'm sorry, uh, right. Brian Shaw, he looks so small, like he looks Hobbit built. But it's just because he's as wide as a house. He's They're like Juji and Tom. They, they were doing a, yes, just like Juji and Tom. <laughs> they were doing one uh, challenge where they had it was just a barbell and a ton of shit. Obviously, weights on either side, and it was just a one arm raise because the myth was that someone was able to one arm raise something that weighed four hundred and ten pounds, and then it turned into a goal. From because it's it, it starts up here and all they have to do is get it off. Like they just have to get both sides off at the same time. They got Eddie Hall did that with 520 pounds. That's insane. Where he just stood under it and he goes, ah! <laughs> and like, they're like, you got it. And he's <laughs> like he's about to die. And then like and the, like you see that part of the video, and then it cuts to like the post reality show uh interview where it's like, Yeah, I thought that was gonna fucking die right there. It was pretty <laughs> open. You know, I, I went <laughs> he goes, um, Brad, or I'm sorry, the mountain, or no, no, Brad Shaw. He's like, I got the heaviest deadlift in history. It was horrible. Uh, I went blind for about three minutes afterward. <laughs> <laughs> he burst so many intraocular veins trying to do it that he went blind for a bit. Like it, and it's so cool watching these strong men because their level of strength is like, it. I mean, so much of it is obviously genetic, but the hard work they put in where I remember I was watching one and it was showing Brian Shaw warm up for a deadlift attempt. And it said 785 pounds by five warm up weight. Dude. I, I watch Brian Shaw's gym, yeah. right? He's so buying sure. new dumbbells and his dumbbells go up to like 275. And I'm like, oh man, God. these 15 inch pythons are saving me a lot of money. Because <laughs> those weights are like twelve, fifteen thousand dollars. I don't have those. And because he's like six eight, six nine, his hands are the size of a fucking dinner plate. And so, like, then he does like those grip challenges, and he's so humble about it. Mm -hmm. Where he's like, "Does anybody want to try my grip blocks? It's just a piece of iron that weighs like a hundred and five pounds. That's hard to grab." And all these other strong men are in his gym, like. 
can't get it. And he's like, all right, guys, I'll show you how to do it. It's not fair, though, because I've had practice and, you know, you guys just came in here fresh. But let me do it with my right. All right, let me do my left. So, like, uh, okay, so that's how you would do it if you guys were physically capable. It's <laughs> <laughs> so does incredible. It so kind, right? And, like, when someone else does an impressive lift that he could double up, he's like, that's awesome. Yes. Good for you, man. You're killing it. I'm so proud. Like, he's, he's a very uplifting guy. I like Brian Shaw a lot. I, I value yeah, that so much in these guys. Yeah, uh, Juji's good that way, too. Sorry, I cut you off here. Yeah, Juji. Oh, Tom will be flexing, right? And Tom got thin and his back would look good. And he's like, you look so great. That's massive. Meanwhile, he's tripled the width of this guy. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he's just super encouraging. And he seems to genuinely want good things for the people around him. It's cool. Yeah, he, he deadlifted like a Chevy Tahoe. And then <laughs> like telling people how, how happy he is with their results. So, yeah, Brian Shaw. You know, recommendation of the week. Yeah. You know, Shaw Strength is YouTube. He's a great guy. Arian, I got a thing for what you. So, uh, Dwayne Wade was talking about Jordan Clarkson. Do you know either of these people? Like, know who they are? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, for people who aren't Arian, Dwayne Wade, basketball player, retired, very good, Hall of Hall Famer, of um, and... I was going to say top 50 ever. I'm not even sure if that's accurate, but he's oh, very, 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 very oh, good. Oh, it's definitely accurate. Top 25. Easily. Okay. And oh, then yeah. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, he's a, he plays for Utah right now. He, I would call him the leading uh, six-man-of-the-year candidate. So this is what Dwayne Wade said. He says, I want to be Jordan Clarkson. If, if, if he were to come back into the NBA, I want to be Jordan Clarkson. Come off the bench, shoot anytime I want, ultra green light, dress fly as hell, go home and chill. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to be an NBA superstar because those guys, they break their knees and they wear out their knees and stuff like that. Do you think he's on to something there? Is the ideal position in pro sports not to be the superstar where they have to do so much gosh darn work, but to be like, you know, a good six man in basketball or maybe this this the guy who carries the football second most on, in football. Like it, they get rich, they dress fly as hell and go home and chill and they don't have all the pressure that you know, yeah. like say you did. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand what he, what he means. Um, like I remember, um, like when I was a rookie, I, I didn't have obviously the prestige nor the um, responsibilities uh, that I did when I was a starter, and I was like a perennial pro, pro bowler. A lot of attention on you, a lot of pressure on you. Press getting written about you all the time. Your name's always in the papers. Like you kind of like are representative of the city that you play in, right? And so you kind of have all this extra stuff to work on. Um, and I, it takes a toll. Like I remember before games, um, like this gut wrenching anxiety like that I had because it's just like so much preparation, so much like can go wrong. Like it's a physical sport. Like it's just it just gut wrenching. And once. Once the ball snap, you get hit once, it kind of goes away. But um, I know I know what he means is that feeling of like that constant pressure of the public is always on you and organization riding on you. And I, I, it does it feel you feel it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely can can relate. Um, it's it was it was easier playing with like nobody knew who I was, and I just show up to work, get a paycheck, go home, enjoy my family. No, I could walk in the mall, nobody noticed me. It was it was. It was a cool yeah. life, yeah, for sure. I, I know what he means, for sure. And but fewer minutes. Football, all but, those carries you got, I mean, I don't know. if You seem to be doing really well physically, but, but you know, a lot of NFL you, players, uh, they limp. 
You know, who's a who was the the quarterback that won eighty five with the Bears? Jim McMahon, right? Okay. Apparently, Jim McMahon can't put on his own deodorant. Just he's been hit yeah. in the arms too many times. His shoulders are bad. You know, that's part of the price of being that the sucks. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel some of those residual effects all the time. Like if if I'm doing something. Uh, like like my knees, like my knee right now. If 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 I lay it down in a certain position and I extend it, like it'll get caught, like and, and I have to like move it and then extend it, or else it'll like I'll probably tear a meniscus or something like that. Oh, but it's like it, it locks, yeah, like locks. Um, that like my back shit right now, sitting down, my back is killing me right now. Um, huh. it's just a, it's just a part of part of it. my shoulder, like my shoulder every now and then. Like if I reach for something, it feels like it like feel like it, I don't know, like. I don't feel like it slips out of place, but it just feels like this excruciating pain on the rotator cuff. Um, neck right here, like my um I had a pinched nerve when we played Detroit two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. That like if, if I get a massage or something and if 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 my if I'm like this, if my chin is to my chest, you can I can touch it like this. But if I'm looking up and you touch a certain part of my neck, it like sends a sharp pain down like it's, it's a pinched nerve. And huh. so like that that definitely got residual. You got stuff Shit, every, can everywhere. You fix like, any of that? Or, huh? Can you fix any of that or you just got to deal with it? Uh, I think the the back can probably be fixed, but it'll just be fixed and it'll be just kind of prolonging. I'll probably always have pain. My shoulder mm-hmm. probably always have pain. My knee can probably be fixed. Um, I'm unsure about the pinch nerve, though. I think like, I think that you can rehab some of that stuff, but um, surgery might be an option. It just depends on where it's pinched and how... You know, it 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 it's mm-hmm. surrounds the rest of the nerves because like if you go into surgery and they snip the wrong shit, like you fucking gonna be paralyzed somewhere. Like yeah, so it's not really nothing to play with. But like shit like that is just it's part of it. I mean, not to mention like the emotional and the the mental toll, right? Like so, I noticed um, probably like two or three years after I played, <clears throat> I would have these like intense like mood swings, and it wasn't like I'm not violent or anything like that. But I can I notice the difference like where I I I feel like. I'm just mm-hmm. not happy. Like I'm, I'm upset. Like, and there's nothing that did it, and it's just I'm upset, and I, I can't, hundred percent say it's like a CTE kind, kind of thing, but probably is. I've had many concussions in my career, um, but it's like I, I notice it, and and luckily the the lady I was with at the time, uh, she like she noticed it too, and I was like, okay, we can work together. Like, so when I'm in that mood, she's like. Is it how? I was like, yeah, just leave me alone. And so like she would leave me alone and go away in a couple of hours. But it's, it's like you can kind of feel the the switch emotionally. And luckily mm-hmm. enough, I'm cognizant of it. Like some people might not be. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you barely got out in time then. Like that that could have been horrible. Like yeah, to not be bad. able to now know it's coming or at least yeah. be able to like externalize your knowledge that it's here. Like, <laughs> okay, it's happening. Get away. Um, yeah. 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 When that happens... Is there some sort of... I, I'm putting myself in that. Sometimes when I am a dick, I'm not wrong. I'm just overreacting to a minor thing. You know, like... Yeah. Like that's... <laughs> my wife's conversational style. She sometimes starts in the middle of a thing. You know? So she'll open up with, like... So she's running late. And I'm like, all right. For the millionth time. 
Who is she in this scenario? And why did you think <laughs> I would know? <laughs> You're not being unreasonable. You, you got to start stories at the beginning. That's how stories work. <laughs> <laughs> I do that shit all the time. Man. That's what Jeremy would fucking subject, do. The subject. What the fuck are oh, we talking about? <laughs> yeah. I started teaching her about direct objects. Part of what an asshole I could be. And uh, she didn't appreciate the lesson. You know, like, like <laughs> I could do it like, right here. Well, the workbook didn't help. <laughs> Woody, Woody, how did how did you deliver this message to her about Pretend, the direct objects or the other? We are the we are Jackie, and you're delivering this message of direct objects. <laughs> I gave a, an example. I was like, you know, uh, whatever. You know, President Biden's running late today, and he is angry. He is supposed to be Biden in this scenario. <laughs> you can't just make he somebody else without introducing a new, you know, like focus of the of the same sense. A subject. And a new subject. And uh I'm, <laughs> and I, I literally it's like that. It's like he is supposed to be the focus. Why don't people know like how can you not know this? How am I supposed to follow along? And she's like, everybody else does. And I'm like, and I, the next thing I know, I'm just raining blows down upon <laughs> her, and I'm the bad guy. <laughs> Woody, you are you are the good guy in this scenario. I would be annoyed. <laughs> not, I would I would be annoyed by this too. Just start with and he said like who are we, what, what are so, we saying? What's happening? A better version of me would be like, wait a minute, Biden was late or whatever it is I just said. You know, like, uh, the best version of me would be like. Who who are we talking about? Like like kind of like calmly, but instead it's like here we go again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you started the story in the middle, and uh, so you got to turn it around on her. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like when you talk that way. <laughs> <laughs> what you have to do just just gaslight your wife <laughs> until she agrees. With you. See, that's what Jeremy would always do. He would start right Gas in the, the middle, wife. and and like he'd be he'd say something like. Uh, did you hear? I hate that. Did I hear what? Did you hear what he did? <laughs> did I hear what who did? <laughs> Billy. Billy who? I don't know any Billies. <laughs> what are you doing to me right now? What kind of fucking guessing game are we playing right now? So I got to the point where he would just, did you hear? I just go, yeah, I heard. Just go back to whatever I was doing. So where I I'm was gonna start doing this because it upset both of you. It's the, it's not that I'm wrong. It's that my reaction didn't fit this minor slight, right? Like you know, it, I'm here giving lessons in freaking sixth grade English, and uh, you know, getting high pitched Greg Doucette upset over something where it would have been better to just you know, like, hey, here we are again. Come on, baby. <laughs> you're like that Snickers commercial. You're not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, I was saying, Arian, when you thought you might have had some like CTE aggression issues, did it play along those same lines where like you were faulted in some minor way and your reaction was off target? Or was it literally out of nowhere? And It's a little bit of both. Um Whereas usually, like in, I would never like. I used to have those same conversations with my ex, where it's like, like, bro, who, who is he, bro? Like, you got to start with the subject, or I don't know what we're talking about. Maybe the real takeaway um, is women can't tell stories. Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with that. But um, it was more so like, um, like those kind of things. I would be, it would just be playful. I never really took it seriously. But when I'm in that space when i'm in that headspace it can go bad to where i'm like what the fuck are you saying like what is what do you mean like that kind of shit where it's like i'm popping off 
And I don't mean to pop off. And I think that is what that disease actually does is it, 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 it eliminates your, like your rationale, the, the faculties of empathy mm-hmm. and, and your, the consequences of what your actions are. It actually like kind of erodes those for the time being. And, and it just, it, it just, it just doesn't allow you to, to, to calculate the response that, that you may get from what you say. And it, everything is just frustrating too. It's like nothing, nothing makes you happy. Nothing is happy. So it's like, you just get in these spaces where you're like, bro, fuck that shit. And I, I don't like who I am when I'm around, like when I'm like that. So like, I kind of, I notice it. And so I kind of remove mm-hmm. myself from society when that happens. Sometimes I, I know Taylor, it's, it's ad time, but sometimes it's like, uh, <clears throat> like one thing I'd like from you is to have better timing, right? You're asking for a new car or whatever the hell it is. My family wants from me now. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, you can see I'm having a rough time right now. Why don't you come back later? I would like it if you finessed me a little more. If you hit me with these when I was having a good time. Woo know? me. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, can't you work me a little? I, I think that's better for everyone involved. But anyway. That's a real, that's a, that's a real thing, though. Like Communication in, in any relationship is, is hella key that I've learned as a 34-year-old man that I wish I had younger, but it's like really expressing how you feel is fucking important. Like little things like that could blow up and you, you fucking don't have a friend anymore just because y'all weren't clear on how y'all felt yeah. and how something made you feel. And that shit is a real... But it, I mean, our society doesn't cultivate that. Our society doesn't like cultivate, like, yo, say what you feel, express how you feel in a way that is diplomatic right to to salvage the situation it's just like this me 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 attitude that we yeah. we enjoy we reward actually no our society is be angry and indignant about it mm-hmm. until both people agree even harder on their side at the end of the discussion yeah. like when's the last time when's the last time you got angry enough in public to raise your voice to a stranger hold on before, this is potentially funny so before we jump to that <laughs> uh we're gonna hear from well a couple done. of wonderful sponsors admit it you think that cybercrime is something that happens to other people. You think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you would be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. That's why we decided to take action, which is why we're recommending you get ExpressVPN to protect yourself from cyber criminals. ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet. Turning on ExpressVPN takes a single click, just one click. Using ExpressVPN, I can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having my personal data stolen. For less than 7 bucks a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have and Woody and Kyle. We all have it. ExpressVPN is rated number one the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash pka. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash pka for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash pka to learn more and get that uh, three months free with a one-year package when you use the code pka. So... Check that out. Or not the code, rather. The slash PKA. Uh, This episode of PKA is also brought to you by Blue Chew. Do not. That's not part of the read. 
Say it with yeah. This episode <laughs> is brought to, is brought to you by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Blue, Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no walk, waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. No one will know. It says custom medicine. No one will know. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew is, or I'm sorry, Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem there. Blue Chew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit with extra confidence when when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal just for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code PKA at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code PKA to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Wonderful, wonderful sponsor. We love them. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. The best. Absolutely the best. Thank you so much, Blue Chew. So get yourself a hard dick. Uh, BlueChew.com slash, or I'm sorry, code PKA. Just pay the $5 in shipping. You don't want to lose money on this, guys. So take advantage of it. Check them out. Two great sponsors. Tremendous. So uh, did you guys have a thing? I do. If not, go for it. I got to pee. Is Arian? Why well, the question I asked? Oh yeah, we were just talking about something. Taylor's gone. I'll we'll circle back. I'm gonna write it down. It was what, what did you ask, Kyle? What was oh, the last time you yelled at another stranger in public? Yeah. Right. I think Taylor has a thing. So I'll wait. Arian, football thing. Was Hannah? <sighs> I used to play ice hockey at a nobody <clears throat> beer league, North Carolina level. It's like the worst. But anyway, I was fast. And I didn't think that I was fast because I was like, my top speed was that much better than everybody's. I was fast because I used that top speed all the time. Other players got lazy. Other players didn't always sprint every play, and I did. Uh, hockey, by the way, has a lot of substitutions. Is that true in the NFL level? Like, were you, are, are you fast? Are players fast? Because if it was like a one-time track effort, they'd be faster? Or is it because... In the second half of the game, they're still going that fast, or they're able to tap into their full effort every time. What makes fast? That question work? You talking about in football? Yeah. Uh, football is different <clears throat> from like a track speed, right? There's a lot of track guys that suck at football, and a lot of football guys that are horrible on track. Um, it's the combination of the two things. It's it's understanding angles, um, and it's um. It's speed endurance. You're dealing with speed endurance in football to where it's, uh, can I be fast for uh, four quarters, right? And so where it's like everybody might be 4-4, four, 4-3 four, four, in quarter one. But quarter four, when the game is going on, some guy, you 4-9, four, 4-8 four, now because your legs is heavy. But some guy might be 4-5 because he's he has a little bit more speed endurance. And so um, that's, what you go, that's, what you, that's what you aim for. You aim for speed endurance and long uh, standing speed. 
That's cool. Yeah, I think um, Barry Sanders, not Barry Sanders, I meant to say uh, Emmett Smith was good that way. He seemed to yeah. think the fourth quarter was his because he was the same most player then. Most running yeah. backs. Most, most elite running backs. That's, you're really good uh, with speed endurance. You can, you can keep up a, a, your average speed for, for long periods of time. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that. How often do y'all get up outside of this podcast? What does that mean? Oh, meet up in person? Yeah. Post uh, pre COVID. Pre COVID? We were at a spot there where we met probably once a year ish. And then it hasn't happened in a while. Uh, Kyle has travel restrictions on him right now. That's part of it. COVID is part yeah, of I'm, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of restricted to like the northern part of Georgia. I can. I can get permission to like stray a little bit, like like you know, go like two hours, three hours from my house. But that's like a whole process that I gotta like file some paperwork and shit for. I just did it. I just went to North Carolina the other day for like the first time in two, three years or something like that. That I that I like left my. It's not even the state of Georgia. It's like my region in Georgia. How long are these uh, restrictions uh, on you? It's funny you should ask. <laughs> Is there an update? 199 days, 2 hours, 16 minutes, and 37 seconds. Yeah, 35, 34, 33. 199 days. All right. Damn. It's coming. Um, That's wild. <laughs> you, That's wild. Did, oh, angry in public. Didn't a guy yell it dirty? Is this a story that we can tell on the show? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. you tell it? So, you tell um, me about it? yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm a little foggy on exactly what happened, but I was sitting right there. It was just a little confusing because everybody has masks, and it's sometimes it's hard to like tell <clears throat> exactly what they're saying, exactly who you're talking to. Uh, so we, I, I went to North Carolina to Harris Cherokee Casino over the weekend for a couple days with a couple of the fifty dollar patrons. Went with Dirty. Went with Fish. We had a great fucking time. Uh, and we, Dirty and I were playing, um, like low stakes, Texas Hold'em. We were playing uh, $1, $2. So everybody's sitting there with like $200 in front of them. That's what you start with. And then after a while, you know, some guys have 500, 600, and then there's, there's a decent amount of money on the table. And there's Dirty's right to my left, and there's a guy across from me. He's an older guy, maybe 55, and he's lost a lot. Like he's probably down $600 or something like that in an hour. And he gets up and he leaves. And I think he's like leaving. But he comes back with more money. He comes back with another $100, $200 worth of chips. And uh, the way I remember it, uh, Dirty beat him again and took all of his money again. And Dirty laughed. <laughs> and uh, uh, he wasn't laughing at the, the fact that he beat the guy. The guy was like, sucked, on, sucked out on me again on the fucking river. Which means like the last card that's dealt, you know, the five cards get dealt out. They're community cards, and the last one made Dirty the winner. And uh, Dirty kind of laughed at that. Really, more more than anything, just kind of laughing it off, like yeah, 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 that's poker. And this guy's like, "You little cocksucker, you laughing?" <laughs> and he's just like so mad. And it's just like, oh, this guy's actually mad. The dealer's like giving him like the, the evil eye. They just had thrown somebody out of the casino for doing like the exact same thing, like like cursing at another player. Um, but the old guy got up and, and left. But yeah, he, he sort of, he I, the way I remember it, Dirty is the one that took his money. It could have been that somebody else took it 
and uh, and that Dirty was just laughing about it. But in any case, this guy got up, cursed a little bit at Dirty, and uh, and stormed off. I was wondering. Yeah, that's if actually Dirty what made me think anything. about it. Because uh, if people don't know, Dirty's fifty dollars Patreon. I've spent hours and hours with him. I like him. I really do. But his his style is to poke at people. You know, he teases. I uh, if you poke at him, you better be good at it because he is. And and you know, I I I've lost every verbal battle with him so far. I'm Owen whatever. And uh, uh, so I was like, I wonder if Dirty just made fun of him, talk smack to him, or something like that. Not straight. No, not really. No, everybody's Dirty's really uh, talking about the poker table. Like he's super friendly. Like he's trying to get everybody involved in like a conversation and he's kind of, he's like, he's like giving people nicknames and stuff and uh, just being super friendly and sociable, like, like way more like talkative and sociable than I am. And I'm talking a lot at the table too. I, I always do. And, and he's, he's like, he's like I said, he's giving people nicknames. He's like, all right, you come on Irish. The guy's got like a, a, a Irish flag for his mask. Now he's Irish. Mm-hmm. And it, like, like it, Real friendly guy. I had a good time with Dirty. Dirty's a big enough dick uh, there at the Harris Cherokee Casino that he called ahead and they uh, they gave us a free room. And the rooms are like five hundred dollars a night. So, but, but you know, it was a good time. I had I had a lot of fun. I was real bummed out because with COVID, the buffet is closed. And in casinos, they have really nice like all you can eat buffets, and they were gonna be crab legs. And I was like, oh, all you can eat crab legs for thirty five dollars. That sounds like a great deal. And then, but they're fucking closed. But hmm. yeah, that oh, gentleman shit. shouted and got super pissed off. And I was thinking like, I think maybe the last time that I can remember like yelling at somebody in public, I was with you. And it was that fucking like airport oh. shuttle driver that wanted to hit you up for like 20 bucks. 15 or 20 more dollars yeah. or something like that. When you, when you had already paid in some manner beforehand, but he just wasn't aware. It was a real misunderstanding he thought you were cheapskating and like skipping out on your bill. You obviously aren't. And he's like putting his foot in the elevator door. So Woody and I can't go up to our rooms. And it's just like, motherfucker, I'm about to beat your ass in this nice ass <laughs> LA hotel. You get your fucking old ass foot out of this goddamn. I'm, Woody's not too. nearly as mad as I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was going to take a real ass whoop. I was, just, I was so it, it, mad. Was, was that the line you were breaking out? Like, is that what you want to do today? Lose a fight in an elevator? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But at the same time, like, what am I doing? Is that what I want to do today? Start a fight in an yeah. elevator? Because, like, well, you got to, but I, I, like, even, even thinking about it, like, like I'm still mad. I kind of wish we'd kick that guy's ass. It's a weird thing. <laughs> I think Woody gave him the money. I did, yeah, was yeah. It, was this I, was this pre or post uh, lockup, dog? Oh, this is a while ago. Way it might have been that, eight yeah. years ago. Oh, or something. I was about to say, well, you made a you made a good decision then, man. Yeah. <laughs> years ago. Uh, I had I had one when um though I think this might be one of the only times I've ever yelled at somebody in public I didn't know. Um, it was recent. It was like 2019. We were at some like brunch spot. And we was having we was having a nice time. We were sitting right by like the register was right here, and like right behind it was was the cooks. And so we was like sitting right here. Some dude comes up, and the and like the the waiter, the lady is like bringing somebody else's food out. And he comes up to her and stops her, like right in front of us. And 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 the chef is like, he's like, who made this? And she was like, excuse me. She's like, who made this? 
And he, she was like, I mean, this she's like, there's a hair in it. This is ridiculous. I can't believe this shit. He's like, he's going off on this lady. And I and I, I was like, I was just sitting there, I was like, bro, I'm about to beat this dude's ass, man. <laughs> Not the way to do this. And he's like, this is ridiculous. He's like, take it back. And I want something else. And I just I snapped. I was like, hey, bro, no, that's we're not gonna do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I said, like, you take that shit somewhere else, dog. He just looked at me like. And just and just walked off. Good for you. I, that's I was, rude as fuck. I was ready to fight him because that's like no, like nobody wakes up and want to fuck up your food, fam. It was an accident. Just be kind and, and they'll fix it, bro. Don't yeah. be an asshole. Yeah, yeah they'll rudeness. take the hair off and give it back. <laughs> I, 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 I ate food with hair in it before, man. That shit is, it, yeah, it, I, I don't actually it, share the general. Like some people think hair is the grossest thing in the world. It's hair. I'll lick your hair. I don't Dude, give I a fuck. As long as it's not I mean, a pubic hair, let's go. Even if it is. I don't want you to lick my hair. That tell you a story to you. Uh, this is a decision that I make, Taylor. That tell you a story about the. Uh, oh, I found a tooth <laughs> in my pizza. That's a, a tooth. <laughs> yeah. a tooth. A tooth. A real right. deal human tooth. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. How do you lose a tooth uh, and not know? <laughs> all right. So I'll tell you. <laughs> so um, we had ordered what was it? It was Domino's. And we ordered Domino's and we was watching it. We was watching a fight. The fight and everybody was there. And we was chilling. I was like on my second or third piece. And I take a bite. And all of a sudden I feel a tooth. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I, and I look and there's a tooth sitting on it. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me, bro. <laughs> and so I said, hey, everybody stop eating the pizza. And everybody was, I was like, there's a fucking tooth in my pizza, dog. And everybody's like, Damn, are you fu-? Everybody's disgusted. Everybody throws it. Everybody's so disgusted. And we called Domino's. We were like, yo, this is ridiculous. Like, how can how can this happen? They were like, oh my God, this is disgusting. They were like, we're waving the feet. Do you guys want another pizza? We was like, no, we don't another pizza. Like, it's a tooth in the pizza, right? So yeah, we ordered part. molar. This is a canine. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the funny part. I had just came from the dentist like three days ago and I had a cap. And I didn't know, I didn't feel it come off. I didn't feel the cap come off. And I've I've had like perfect teeth my entire life and so it was new to me it was new a cap was new and so when i bit and it i didn't know it could fall out right so i'm so i'm thinking i'm looking i'm like hold on that's my shit (laughs) (laughs) but i I couldn't tell anybody because you've already made the big claim we had made so much of a so my lady at the time i pulled it to the side i was like yo that was that was my tooth she's like what i was like yeah it's my cap and she's like oh oh, fuck i was like yeah but this (laughs) Don't let nobody know. We can't tell everybody now. Like my bad. So everybody's all living. No, they'll never get Domino's again. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Uh, it's like when you make a huge to do about like someone moved my phone. Someone moved my phone and it's lost. And there's people around. And then you find it like where you left it, and you have yeah. to continue to your fake jacket pocket for a minute, and then be like, "Oh, no, I found it over here where someone must have put it." <laughs> like. Oh, that's so embarrassing. That's you yeah, just, you yeah, just had to be I'm like, I, I, I got too aggressive with my claim about the tooth. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm, you know, I'm out over my skis. You know? <laughs> exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> hey, fellas, I got, I got, I got to get on this call, man. I got to shake, but um, All it was right. great catching up with y'all, man. Dude, yeah, good talking. I to thought you. that was a good part of the show. I'm glad you came. Oh, of it's course. Always, yeah, you got to come back a, soon. Where can everybody find your your streams, your your music, everything? Uh yes, on Instagram it's at Bobby Fino on Twitter it's at Arian Foster. Um, I actually got a new podcast out with um uh I, I have with uh PFT from Barstool. It's called Macro Dosing, where we kind of like go deep dive into conspiracy. Oh, that's theories. awesome! 
Oh, it's really fun. dope, man. I'm, it's, it's really, really fun. I'm excited about it. Yes, it's doing really well. So y'all, y'all check that out if you want to. But um, other than that, man, I just be chilling. I'll be on Twitch, Bobby Fino, every now and then. So all right, yeah, check him out much everywhere. Love. I appreciate y'all. Much love, man. Thanks for man. sure. Man. Take care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I love having Arian on. He's funny. I'm glad we yeah. got him today. Damn, I wish I was a professional athlete. What sport? I mean, hockey. Okay, yeah. I don't know. It's one of the lowest paying, but it's also like it's my favorite. I like it. You know. No. Nah, Speaking see, of which, Woody, your poor Flyers. Did you see how that game went last night? No, but I know they've been tanking lately, and the Hurricanes, meanwhile, have been doing great. And you never give them any love. I I was the one who said the Hurricanes are more promising than the Flyers early in the season, if you recall. If you I recall, don't recall, so it probably didn't happen because I'm widely known as the guy on the show with the good memory, yeah, with, with the good hockey knowledge. <laughs> uh, last night, the uh, New York Rangers beat the Philadelphia Flyers nine to nothing, which is a ludicrous score in hockey. It's absurd. Mika Zabinajad. From Sweden, a center on the New York Rangers is the first player since 1978 <laughs> to record six points, three goals and three assists in one period against the Flyers. <laughs> and like you see their poor goalies and they're so sad. <laughs> like it's it's really just not fair. The players stopped playing in front of them. It was absurd. And like, you know, I obviously like the Flyers because you like the Flyers. And so I, I would much rather have seen the Flyers beat the Rangers nine nothing. But oh, my God. Nine to nothing, like they're either gonna be totally defeated the next few games or they're gonna come out storming, furious that they lost like nine to nothing. Nine nothing doesn't even happen every year, right? No, That's a very uncommon like like a good seven to two, like there'll be some of those. Mm-hmm. But nine to zero? That's a once every five year score. It's insane. And you know what's crazy? That there were no goals in the third period. They scored seven goals in the second period. Seven goals in 20 minutes. You take away that period, and it's a fine game. Yeah, you take away that period, <laughs> that's a 2 nothing loss. That's respectable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, and the Blues are doing so bad. Like, it's to the point now where, like, like one of our fourth line, like, guys who isn't even on the fourth line, Mackenzie McEachern, you know, young guy, more of a bruiser than anything, even he's injured now. Like the guys we're bringing up are getting hurt. It's mm-hmm. absurd. It, it like the Blues have lost five in a row. They're doing horrifically. Uh, unless they get a bunch of their players back, they're gonna fucking miss the playoffs, which would fucking suck. Uh, Colorado having a nice bounce back. Colorado on a four-game winning streak, while St. Louis is on a five-game losing streak. So they've swapped positions. So, and we play, yeah. play each other soon. Like yep. three or four games next month. Yeah, I was really hoping the Blues would get some of their good defensemen back before playing Colorado, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen, which is bad news for all the $5 that I bet on that because Colorado, uh, they're getting their guys back from injury. You know, I, They only had like one or two guys injured, but I think they're coming back now. I think uh, their captain, Gabriel Landeskog, is, is coming back. But oh, it's just it's a rough season for the Blues this year. My God, it's the amount of men like man lost games is how they gauge it where it's like how many you know men who lost x amount of games because of injury right so if like two players are out this game that's two man lo- two man games or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah exactly and the blues are just 
in uh, up shit's creek without a paddle at this point like i don't know what the coaches are even hoping to do it's like you got to score and it's like with with fucking who dude like who's left you're, you're hoping for like a second liner to become an all-star at this point I'm, I'm talking about something that nobody cares about now i'm just talking to, I'm, I'm just hearing myself <laughs> talk about hockey right now so I'm, I'm just irritated by it i'm irritated by it the blues look awful i they're not a bad team when they have their fucking players dude, but they got nothing Golden State Warriors were a good team, had a bad year. They got a nice draft pick, and now they're sort of backish. So maybe you'll do that. Maybe you just yeah. needed a bad year to bring in another star off the lottery and uh, you know add them to a good team. But see, that's the problem. Is like even if they absolutely tank the rest of the year, they won't be able to compete for a top draft spot. Like Buffalo is so bad that it's getting historic. <laughs> like they're, they're historically bad this year and it's so sad to see it like they shouldn't be that bad they just fired their coach uh one of their players who's been tremendously underperforming taylor hall uh he's a great forward but he did one of those like bet on yourself contract years where he's like i'm gonna really perform on a one-year mm. contract and then earn more money it's going terribly <laughs> and just insult to injuries having a terrible year Someone on his own team takes a slap shot at the net last night. P.K. Subban, a defenseman, cross-checks him in the back in front of the net, and it hits him right in the jaw, shatters his jaw. Fuck. That so, yeah, he got caught right with a with the puck in the jaw, and it's like, dude, as if th- this... They're going to wire his jaw shut to let it heal, and he's going to lose his muscle. It's going to suck. Yeah, he'll lose his masseter muscle. Well, did you see uh, two years ago... Chara took a deflection, the the six foot nine defenseman on the Bruins when he was playing the Blues in the Stanley Cup, took a deflection right to the jaw. And what they did is they took him back in the locker room, they wired his jaw shut, and then he played in the third period. Tough as nails. By now. Jesus. At the he's 43 now. At the time he was almost 42. He was like 41 and a half. Like that's 43. It's now at my age, it's too far. But it used to be like I'm 43 and I'm like, you know. There's professional athletes out there my age. <laughs> At this point, it would be a medical miracle if any 48-year-olds were playing in the league. <laughs> but are, are you older than Yarmir Yager or younger? I, I don't know. I'm probably older. You're, you probably are. No, he's 49. You're younger than Yarmir Yager. Oh, look at that. We have almost the same birthday. So, yeah, yeah. Well, you're younger. And he's so good. His stats are still great on that team he owns in Czechoslovakia <laughs> or whatever. I just he's one of my favorite hockey players of all time. Just like the fact that 18 year old model tried to blackmail him with that photo. And he was like, yes, do it. You want it? It's pretty cool. Everyone will like me even more. Are you sure she was a model? Yeah, she was a model. She was like some Eastern European model. that He was fucking or Instagram model. Maybe I'm wrong. I I, I saw Yager tweet about that. I I think it's the same thing. And, And he was like, you know, everyone thinks that she was some floozy. He's like, she was a physics professor somewhere. And oh, maybe maybe that is the case. I mean, I I saw that recently, that one. I thought that was a new girl he found. Because oh, maybe what, I'm conflating them. <laughs> what, yeah. was the, what was the quote that was in there? Like, when like you hit translate, like, check to English, it was like, people think she is stupid, dumb whore. But actually, she's not such stupid, dumb whore. Like, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, that guy rules. Yarmir Yager, single, 49, the the most famous man in Chechia. 
he was born in 72 so i mean it was one of those like eastern block countries it's not around anymore i feel like jagger worships at the church of kyle right he's he's right he knows dude if kyle is a priest of the church of kyle yarmir yager is the pope at the church (laughs) you're okay with that kyle i'm okay church of kyle for christ's sake i feel like kyle's okay he's got seniority the church of yager yeah what are you going to do? I'm going to be the, one of the best NHL players of all time. You're going to get married? You're going to have kids? No, I'm just going to get strange every weekend for 30 years. And then ah, I don't want to stop playing. I'm going to buy a team and they can't keep me from playing. He literally does that. He gives himself like first line minutes. That's pretty awesome. He's <laughs> trading he's, people for not he's passing. Still, he's still so good. Yeah, well, he, he gets like, to decide who gets to play around him. Like, like I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to take some great passers, and if they don't pass, then they'll get traded for someone who does. Be, that'd be a real thing. Like, that'd be a pimp like, move. Who wouldn't want to play with Yarmir Yager in that league? You know, the most famous guy from their country, as far as I know. You want to do some AMA questions? Yeah, I would love to hear one. I'm just going to start from the top. Uh, being such a Star Trek fan, has Kyle seen SG-1? Uh, I hate Stargate SG-1. I think it's like a low-budget, terribly written bullshit show. It's just What is real Stargate? Bad. Is it like rip um, It's a TV show based on a Kurt Russell movie from uh, I think maybe the late '90s. Uh, basically, they they uncover like this sort of interdimensional portal uh, called a Stargate, and it takes you. I don't know if it's interdimensional or uh, interspatial. Like it takes you to the other side of the galaxy or some shit. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think it's the latter. And mm-hmm. uh, the, there's a whole TV show where they just go to all these different worlds through the Stargate. You know, it's a big circle. They walk through it and they go and explore. And it's, it's mm-hmm. just a shit tier show. Uh, if you like it, then enjoy it. It's just Didn't it go something. for like 10 years? They yeah. made a ton of them. There's like star. They, they kept like rebooting it and like making sequels to it. Um, the movie was okay because I like Kurt Russell. Um, and I think it, it's got the fucking Lizard King in it too. Uh, but, um, but, you know, I, I, I hated the fucking show. And that's surprising because that seems right up your alley. Uh, I found the budget to be super low. Like, like I just remember this episode when they're like showing off their new sci-fi gun and it's like an FNP 90 and it's just like, ah, come on, come on, man. It's, it's you know, what's cool. out that, um, I don't I'm sure none of us have seen it yet. It came out today, but Zack Snyder's justice league cut the four hour movie. Yeah. What that about? 75%. What does Good. that mean? What is what? what mean? The 75%. It's just it was Justice League a movie that came out recently. Okay, uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I must be getting it confused with the other. Justice League movies. is a DC superhero movie. Yeah, uh, it was famously plagued by like a director change or maybe a producer change or maybe more. And and uh, midway through, they even changed the plot in a pretty significant way. And when the movie dropped compared to Marvel, people felt like it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder, the original director, I think. Yes. Um was like, man, I, I was going in a very different direction. And everyone who heard it was like, oh my God, that's the direction I wish we were going. It's dark, it's gritty, it's hard hitting. It's kind and of DC thing, right? Like they, they saw success. They don't know what their thing is. Being a little gritty I mean, with- Yeah. DC I, I doesn't they, know what their thing is. But I will say the better DC movies are are often like that, like the older Batmans and stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, he's like, I guess they- put some budget at it and they got Zack Snyder back on the case. He's like, I'm going to take all that old footage and do the CGI and everything and make a movie. That is what I hoped it would be in the first place. Four hours long. I heard four hours long and I was like, 
shit. Well, one, they have that much footage. Two, you've got my attention. I don't know of any other four-hour movies. And uh, it's out today. People seem to like it. And I want to see it. What's it? Yeah. Who's in the Justice League? Batman? Wow. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, The Flash. And there's more if you if you go to the comics and cartoons. But Who's that's Cyborg? The, Oh, is that the is that the the cyclops? No, that's different. Guy. It's the black guy who's like half like nanobot technology, half. I think he got hurt in a black football man. game, maybe. Or yeah, that, that's not the guy uh, he's that probably that got shoot. a couple different origin stories, like all that's characters. But the way guy. I remember the movies going is like uh, his dad was working on that nanotechnology, and like uh, he got super injured in a car accident or something. I actually don't remember like the basis of the energy, but it, the the injury, but it was severe. And the dad like puts him in the nanobot machine, and it like takes over all of his fucked up body parts and turns him into this cyborg half man half machine thing. He's a pretty lame superhero. Nobody I, nobody cares about cyborg. Uh, the yeah, Flash well, is sounds like he sucks. Yeah, um, the, but but yeah, the Justice League was an awful movie. And getting back to like DC in general, they really don't know what their thing is, right? Like like so Marvel seems to be able to like make these quirky films at the drop of a hat and like change the the whole play style. Like with Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. M- Marvel had kind of been fun loving and light and uh, you know bright colors and not so super dark. You know, funny lines, light. little jabs. Um... Robert Downey Jr. in particular is good at with the one-liners. Amazing. And yeah, then he, they made like Guardians of the Galaxy, this like with the pop music from the from the 70s. And it's it's super light and lots of comedy and lots of like sarcasm and stuff. And DC sees that and they're like, oh, that's what we make. We should make that. Suicide so, Squad. Suicide yeah. Squad. So they turned I saw suicide that one. That was horrible. Real bad. I, I had such high hopes when I saw. Well, I I didn't know anything about the superheroes, but I like I saw all of their names or the. the I'm sorry, they're not superheroes. They're super villains, and I was like, man, this crocodile guy looks really cool. He might do something neat. He didn't do anything cool. He like made a bad joke twice, and that was it. He didn't demonstrate any crocodile powers, any like <laughs> swimming, any powerful tail, any biting. It was stupid. Yeah, and, and I think then his name Will was Smith, Killer Croc, and he didn't. It would have been way less stupid if he had a cool tail, right? Yeah, literally, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe you liked it. I thought I think that's silly. <laughs> just, just real bad. You know, they go back and, and live the studio meddling. And then Harley and... Quinn with the most annoying voice on earth. You know, with I actually the... don't mind the voice. <laughs> Mr. J. Mr. J. Yeah. It's like it's the voice that the that family guy uses to make fun of Fran Drescher. That's yeah. her voice. Yeah. Well, Fran Drescher's voice is a voice made to make fun of Fran Drescher. You know, that's not a real voice, right? Frank Drescher. I, I don't this know much. Time, oh, there's a, that. No, no. The actress has like a pr- perfectly normal, like nice voice. There's an, it was a really good episode of the nanny where, uh, um, she's at a, like a Japanese a sushi restaurant with, um, with, uh, the blonde lady and, uh, she's never had sushi before. And, uh, and, and she's like, she's like, what's this? And, and the lady's like, oh, that's wasabi. It's, it's really good. And, and she just like takes a huge dollop of wasabi and eats it and like falls to the floor. It's like fucking her up so bad. And when she gets up, she's like, oh my, that was, that was very intense. Like, hey, that really cleared up my sinuses. I, <laughs> is this my new voice now? Is this what else? Oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, oh, like, like, that sounds so funny. Hey, come on, it's a good show. I like the nanny. I'm just I being know, shitty. I, I know the fucking theme song by heart. It's it's it's, it's a solid two out of ten show. 
it's All a right. solid it's, it's a it's a sitcom you know it's a fucking broadcast sitcom it's fine it's fine it's, it's you know don't 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 like go order the dvd box set or anything but it, it's a decent anyway, little show justice league you know is what? out I, today it should be cool yeah i was thinking about watching it before the show but i figured none of you would have watched it so i'd just be like given my points and i think it'd be better if we both watched it and we could discuss it maybe it was next like week. 5 p.m when i found it and i'd want to watch a part of it I found it last night as soon as it dropped. Like I, I, I knew that like midnight last night or actually midnight Pacific time was going to be like the drop time for it. And I had been looking forward to it, but I didn't feel like staying up all night watching. Did, did you see there was an error with the release? Yeah, it was originally uh, if you click Tom and Jerry, you would get Justice yeah. League about a week. And ago. this was like, this, yeah, this is a week ago. You you could see the full movie, you know, if you were a child trying to watch old Tom and Jerry. Which you'd be a little surprised by, because apparently this is this is rather dark uh, in comparison, both literally and uh, and uh, metaphorically. They probably Which, should stick with the dark thing, because like, what is the entry point into this market of superhero viewing people, if not something different than Marvel? Like Marvel's already got a lot of it cornered. People are familiar. They got it. Like DC, when did they see their most success? I, I don't know much about them, but I'm assuming it was so, the 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 three Batmans at like 2008, 2010, 2012, right? So the reason that they're so hesitant to like stick with the dark thing is because of all the backlash they got from, um, maybe it was Man of Steel. It was like, it was the Superman movie where he's facing off with Zod and they fucking destroy Metropolis. Like, like they're having like this Superman versus equally strong super being from Krypton and like throwing each other and body slamming each other through skyscrapers. Made 9-11 look chill. It I mean, made 9-11 look chill. And that's even the basis of man versus or of Superman versus Batman, because in the in the beginning of that movie, you see this flashback of Bruce Wayne being there while the city is being fucking destroyed. And he's just seeing it from a he's on the ground in a fucking SUV mm -hmm. or some shit. And he's seeing these like demigods fucking mm -hmm. destroy skyscrapers. And he's also and he like rescues a small child and and maybe the child's whole family has been killed. And so he's seeing like the the little person's view of what it's like to have a demigod with no fucking like accountability restriction, you know, uh, uh, upon and, and did so that's General sort of Zod, the catalyst. Did General Zod want to kill Earth or did he want to kill Superman? Because if he just wanted to kill Superman, then that makes Superman the bad guy by not just leaving. Earth, I think he had some big terraforming sort of beam that uh, was going to ruin the Earth. Up Earth. Okay. And yeah, I, I don't, I they've always got a big beam. So like, General like, Zod is, is basically Superman because he came from it, the same planet. Yeah, any Krypton here with our, with our yellow sun, uh, Kryptonian here on, on Earth with our yellow sun will have those powers. Okay. Man, I can't wait to watch. No, no. You just, so, so that was the thing. Like, they went super dark with that. And even if you look at like Superman's uniform, like it's you know it's it's bright it's bright blue and red in the and the and the comics and stuff like bright blue and red like the American flag, but in the uh, in the movie it's like this tamped down, um, washed out. Like the blues are almost like dark blue, like like almost more black than blue, and the reds are like burgundy. And it's his outfit's like dirty. Not dirty. It's just the 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 um, the the color correction of the film. Like like everything is like that gloomy mm. and dark, too and, gray uh, and sad. And looking. so when Joss Whedon went back and like remade Justice League, that's one of the big n things that changed. Like all of a sudden, Superman's bright blue and bright red, and scenes that were supposed to take place on like dark nights with like 
rain pouring down and it are all of a sudden oh it's bright daylight it's a nice sunny day in the park it's you know he changed a lot just the look of the film the color correction of the film and the direction and some of the characters it really changed the film a lot and it's so uh, so this is not at all related to superheroes but kyle i would love to hear about your recent trip yeah i had a good time man it was nice to like get away from my house for a few days where'd you go uh, who'd you go with I went and picked up fish from the airport, um, and uh, he and I drove up to Cherokee, North Carolina. Fish, and, one of the high T fifty dollars patrons. Also, he's yep. always hanging out in my Twitch chat. Love you, fish. Real good guy. Uh, picked him up, uh, like I said, at the airport, and we went up to Cherokee, North Carolina, to the Harris uh, Resort. Which, like the last time I'd been there, I was like twelve with my dad, and I think we were up in like Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge. Uh, and we just sort of stopped by Harris to like see what the deal was. And it mm. was super rinky dink, like, like a gas station sized building with some slot machines. Is that what this you were place, expecting? Well, I did before I did a little research online. Uh, it was, um, before I even agreed to go, it was, mm-hmm. but then I looked online and I'm like, wow, this place looks really fucking big. And they've got a Ruth Chris and they've got like, five other restaurants and like X amount of slot machines and 40 poker tables, et cetera. And, uh, but when I got there, I was even more blown away. Like it's bigger than a Las Vegas casino because there's just one of them. Mm. It's massive. It's maybe it's not bigger than a Las Vegas casino. It's something like 2,500 rooms, I think, uh, in the hotel part. And the, you, I, I got, I routinely got lost, like walking around the, the, resort i guess you know between the the multiple towers of uh of hotel rooms and like was, the casino floor is there one casino floor or several it's shaped like a like a eight-pointed star or some shit so it's Simple like enough it's like you could just wander around the casino floor forever and and it all looks the same you know because so it's like I don't even know how to answer your question correctly because like there's <laughs> i was they did everything the in their power to make you lost yeah, it, it's it's so many slot machines and so many fucking old people playing slot machines, just fucking pulling handles and pushing buttons. Like like when I went to leave a couple days ago at like six a.m., I was walking out of the casino and there's it's still full down there. And I was I I told Fish, I'm like, they've been there all night. I was like, Dude, these people didn't just wake are up. Fun. I know you hate them. I, Kyle said that. Like if you gave him twenty dollars and said you have to play the slot machines, he'd just say no, thank you. I don't wanna. Like, but yeah. I don't. I guess I'm built different because I, I look. I recognize they're a bad investment. I recognize they're no skill. Like I, I, I could see all that, but it's still fun to me. I would much rather go to roulette or blackjack if I'm just looking to like. I like craps. Burn some money or craps. You know, craps. A, a, a game craps like is the that. Best. I'm sorry. Craps has a different vibe to it than everything else. Like if you go to blackjack, be professional. You know, don't be an asshole. If you're playing poker, I'm out of my depth there. But you know, there's a general like uh, code of behavior that you're supposed to kind of maintain. Blackjack, that is the low class table. That is the one, and we're all on the same team. It's what do you mean, bl- craps? Oh, I said it wrong. You're right. Yeah. Craps, yeah. Uh, craps it, that's the, it's lower class. It's a little more blue collar. It's a little like people are cheering. Uh, mostly everyone wins at the same time, right? In poker, maybe I take your money, right? In craps, 
I win, you win. Mostly we all, you could be that don't come asshole. You could be that guy. But for the most part, we're all on the come line. We're all hoping that this thing rolls an eight. We're, you know, we're all hoping this thing gets a seven out of the gate. Like it, it's it's more fun. We're all on the same team. I'm, in, I'm intimidated by the craps table because oh, like I feel too. like they, they all know like what rules are. And I don't like I would I would just have to wait like when it rolled and it showed the result. I'd wait and then see what everyone else did. And be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Or, oh, boo, boo. We don't like that. <laughs> we don't like fours. Apparently. I, I, I feel like I feel like I know the rules of craps, but the fact that I'm saying I feel like I know the rules is already an indication that there's probably something I don't yeah. get. What you I definitely don't get is some of the strategy, right? Like, you know, you you put your money on the ten or something, and then it fucking didn't do what you wanted. So the smart move here is to put a little on the yo to hedge your bet. And I'm like, I'm not that guy that knows that. Um, but. Uh, but what I do like is just that, like, it's the loudest table. It's the cheering table. It's that yeah. we're all, it, it's a, uh, you make friends and there's a group activity. Yeah, it's a camaraderie thing. Like, yeah. everyone's in it together. Whereas, I've never played guess, craps, but but I definitely see the appeal. But, yeah, if I was just going to, like, you know, it, like, Dirty had, like, this, like, re- I don't know, this thing with, like, money on it from, like, just spending enough time there, like a rewards card type deal. And okay. we just stopped by a slot machine and he was like, yeah, let's just do this. And like, just push the, and I was just like annoyed having to sit there, even looking at the lights flash because mm-hmm. it just seems like such a ripoff to, and, and I look around and it's, the, it's literally the most popular game in any casino, I believe, like to any casino in the world, the most popular thing is the slots. Yeah. That's the moneymaker. And you I look did. at the people that are playing and look. You don't always judge a book by its cover. All right. You know, you never you know. You usually can judge a book by its cover. It tells you what the book's about. That's a good point. And these <laughs> books are about poverty and stupidity. <laughs> these, these books are filled. Are, many of these books are in wheelchairs. And uh, most of these books are very old. What a bullshit phrase. You absolutely have to judge a book by its cover. How else do you know what to read? I like think this have- is a, maybe the quote is before cover art became, uh, became a thing. <laughs> uh, when everything was just leather bound and you never, everything was just brown leather. <laughs> but when everything looks like a, you know what you'd find like an ancient book with no time. Yeah, yeah. Every everything's brown leather. So so that's why you don't judge like the 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 rough one because it's it might be the good one. So, so how much did you and uh, uh, Dirty did you net? Did you win? I lost a couple hundred. I lost a couple hundred. Totally I had a rough time. Oh, yeah, sucked. yeah, yeah. I uh, I had a rough time of it. I uh, I'm very happy with how I played. Um, Poker is one of those games where like it. it you can take um, you can be happy with how you play because in the long term that style of play or like those that decision making process will like make money mm-hmm. because like when the money would get all in when I would have all my money in the middle and they would have all their money in the middle and we flip the cards over I'd be like a two to one favorite to win yeah. and if you do that a hundred times then obviously I'm winning sixty six times out of a, out of a hundred. It just ha- it just so happened that every time I did it over the weekend, I lost. And it just kept going that way to the point where like Dirty was, you know, we're at the same table playing and he's just like, it is not your day. He's <laughs> like, that's <sighs> it's not your whole weekend, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I would flop. Uh, maybe this doesn't mean anything to you, but I, w- I would flop a set, you know, like like pretty much the best possible hand that you could usually i don't know what that means yeah you can it means that i've got uh two (laughs) deuces in my hand for example i'm starting with a pair 
and then a third deuce is is there on the board immediately. And why would you flop that? Isn't that tremendous? It is tremendous. I would. You didn't say fold. Flop is something different. That's the the first. The flop is the first three cards, community cards that are put on the board. So so I would start with a, a set of of deuces. For example, this happened, and I don't know. The guy raises me ten dollars, and I. I I make it 50 and he goes all in. And of course I call and I look at his cards and he doesn't even have a pair. He has four spades. So he's hoping that in the next two cards that come out, he'll get a flush and he gets the flush. And that literally happened like three times. And then another time, like I flop top set, I have three tens and the other guy has like two pair, but the next card makes him a higher full house. Does two pair beat three of a kind? No, it does not. No, it does not. But a full uh, his his larger full house, his kings full yeah. of queens, beat my like. Well, a full house beats a three of a kind because a full house is sure part does. Part of three but of I kind. made my own full house when the board paired. This is getting into uh, nitty gritty shit. What I'm saying is like I was very happy with how I played, but it didn't go very well. But I had the, fun nonetheless. How was the rest of everything? How was hanging out with Dirty and Fish at dinner and everything? Really good, really good. Um, you know, you never know when you've been like hanging out with people online, and then you you meet up with them in real life if they're gonna like smell or you know like like, or or, like have weird energy about them or like or like be odd in some way or you know like like we were initially there were a few other guys I'm gonna name any names that were like hey I'll come I'll come I'll come and of course you know I was like yeah yeah you can all come you know whatever and uh, scum was gonna come I was I wish he'd come. Uh, but, um, you know, we were joking like, Hey, what if that one guy comes and like, we go back to the room early and he's just like masturbating on Kyle's luggage or something weird like that. <laughs> and it's just like, pro yeah, tip. That's, that's not okay. That's not okay. No, no. It's I, I was fine. Like, if you don't get caught, I was like, hey, you never know, man. That's the risk you take when you hang out with strangers. But, uh, but no, they were, uh, they were personable, cool guys. I, I got to say, I like them both a lot more than I, than I did before. Not that I didn't like them before, but you know, now that I've met them, um, you know, they're both like, I don't know, clean cut, cool, chill, personable guys. We had a good time. They, neither one of them, I think had ever been to a restaurant like nicer than a Longhorn steakhouse. You got to keep in mind, fish is 20 and dirty is 22, 24, somewhere He's in there. 25. Okay. And, uh, and so like, I was like, we should go to Ruth Chris, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty nice steakhouse. Uh, it's not my favorite. I like, I like Morton's a lot. If I'm looking at those like chain type restaurants mm-hmm. that, that are like top tier chain restaurants, Ruth Morton's Chris is amazing. Is Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely comparable to, to like a Morton's or a Fleming's and, uh, and we're sitting there looking at the menu or whatever. And, and Dirty's like, so if, so, so, so the steak is $53. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I was. He's like, which one are you getting? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gonna get the bone-in fillet because, like, I haven't been to a nice place in like a couple years either. I've been locked down, so I'm gonna get the nicest steak they have. I want the bone-in fillet mignon, the tomahawk thing. Yeah. He's like, he's like, that's sixty-eight dollars. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know it is expensive. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna worth, be it. <laughs> it's gonna be worth it. You know, I'm kind of splurging here, having a nice dinner. You know, he's like, and does that come with a side or? I'm like, no, no, the sides are extra. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, you see, you see here where the steamed broccoli is $12. Uh, That's the cheapest side. Uh, If you want the potatoes of gratin, those are $17. And the big spenders go for that asparagus at the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I got. I got the asparagus. Uh, He's like, 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 that asparagus is $14. I'm like, yeah. He's like, how much are you getting? (laughs) It was a whole thing. I, I, I was. 
He's like, am I going to look weird if I don't get a side? Am I going to look this, like a fucking bitch if I don't get a side? Is this dirty or fish talking? This is dirty. Dirty. Okay. And, uh, but, but yeah, it was a, it was a really fucking good steak. It was the best steak I did. <clears throat> no, I, they don't offer that. They, they'll do they a blue. They offer mushrooms on top. It's a steakhouse. Not there. They don't. They'll do a blue cheese crust. I think if you want, um, not something I'm into. I want that. They don't put mushrooms. Yeah, that's just like richness See, on top of richness. I'm with Taylor. Like I feel like hat mushrooms can enhance a steak that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Whereas blue cheese changes it to something that I, isn't what I sign up for. I'm a million percent on your team right now. Yeah, I would like mushrooms accentuate the flavor of the meat. Like it makes it better. Like mushrooms go so well with steak. A blue cheese crust? Uh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like a hat on a hat. Uh, the, the steak is already so like ridiculously. I, like I had to process that, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. The steak's already ridiculously like rich and delicious and flavorful. You know, at, at, at Ruth's Chris in particular, they come out on a plate that's five hundred degrees and they're yeah. sizzling like 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 it's it's like getting fajitas at a it's Mexican place, except a hundred times more expensive. And uh, no, it was a it was one of the best meals I've had in quite a while. I what really the fucking loved filet? it. It's a bone-in filet mignon, so you've got this really long bone. So it's like a porterhouse, but just the filet side. I would imagine so. I'm not a like beef cut expert or anything. The porterhouse is just you got the strip on that one side, and then the other side of the bone, you got the tenderloin. So it's just like the that bone of the porterhouse then. with the tenderloin on there. Yeah, okay. yeah. They were out of them anyway, yeah, so I ended so up with just a regular filet. <laughs> I want to eat a steak so bad. It was so fucking good. It was so fucking good. Like, like, um, but yeah, I think I think they were both pleased with their uh, their experience, except for fish. Uh, fish actually ordered fish, and um, at Ruth Chris, and, you know, yeah, I wasn't gonna Is say he anything, a, but he, he ordered fish. Does he have and then, like, like a vegan? It wouldn't be vegan, uh, you know. No, no, he okay. is he's he's a Muslim, but um, I, I think he. Cows. They do eat cows. I was, I was going to say he eats everything, though. You know, he's he's not a pescatarian or any of that shit. Uh, he's he's cool ass Muslim. <laughs> he's one of the he's one of the good ones. Uh, he eats Jesus. bacon and pork and all that stuff. Um, good choices. But what kind of fish? But yeah, he ordered the. Uh, I don't remember. Um, maybe I don't. It's remember. probably something like halibut if it's at a steakhouse. Like it looked good. It was oh, it was Chilean sea bass on a sweet potato and pineapple like hash. It looked pretty good, and okay, if I were that sounds pretty good. Yeah, if I were gonna get the fish, that's the fish I would have gotten. But like, while he's got it ordered, he's he goes to the bathroom and starts vomiting, and like he comes back to the table, he's like, "Ah, oh, I just threw up a lot. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me." And then he couldn't finish his meal, and then like the whole night, the whole night he's throwing up. He, he had gotten throwing up. What was he throwing up from? He got food poisoning from cafeteria shrimp that he had earlier in the day. Oh Christ, fish! <laughs> Yeah, he loves seafood. He managed to travel across the country. He's from Detroit. Detroit uh, flies into Atlanta and immediately gets food poisoning. So he was pretty sick that the sucks. first night. That fucking sucks. Poor fish. Yeah, he recovered from it nicely. Cool. Yeah, he's twenty. Bounces right back. He did bounce right back. But yeah, the uh, the Not second day I was like nine, like Taylor. The, <laughs> the second day we mostly like chilled yeah, in the room. Old, like, he's not hey i i'm still in my 20s i'm a spry guy in my 20s for the next month you know (laughs) and then i'm in my 30s with the rest of you and then we're just three old guys doing a podcast yes you're right (laughs) i've been the last strand of us (laughs) in the 20s for five years now 
or no, Kyle, you're 34. 34. I'll be 35 in May. Getting there. Almost there. Yeah. yeah we, um, but, but after that first day, I was like, I'm not going to lose any more money. I, I, I feel like luck is not on my side. I'm not going to play any more poker. I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to enjoy this little, make a little vacation out of this. Uh, enjoy the good food. Enjoy the company and everything. Did you play instead? Or did uh, I didn't play. play. I, I, I played South Park on the, the, the hotel TV. Because uh, it's hard to lose money playing South Park on the hotel TV, and uh, I, I was, but I, but it turned out you can lose money doing that because I was, I was starving, and uh, I, I was like, I'm gonna order some breakfast. You guys want any breakfast? I'm like, no, no, I don't want anything. So I, I ordered room service. I ordered an omelet and a bowl of oatmeal. Guess how much an omelet and a bowl of oatmeal and coffee? Twenty? No, thirty-one dollars. That's good. I bet it's absurdly high. With tip, $48. That is criminal. They should be put in prison. $48. And, should, uh, fuck it. Steal their whole country from them. Put them on reservations. I was, overcharging. I was Because we're in, that, that's our country. We gotta, <laughs> <laughs> I was eating that oatmeal, and I remember thinking, this oatmeal was like $9 for this bowl of oatmeal. And I, I remembered, like, I, I bought oatmeal the other day, and I think for like $2, you get one pound 12 ounces of dry oatmeal like roughly like yeah. like the big container and i was like okay so four of those so we're talking about like seven pounds of oatmeal dry is what you can buy for for this amount of money and i was just picturing seven pounds of oatmeal and bowls on the table i was eating on and it would have more than covered the whole fucking table and i've yeah, got like this little like that you'd need 19 bowls of total to equal the the, the cost of this fucking check harris fucking it was ridiculously overpriced Harris, so, so I, it wasn't an indian reservation thing it is yeah oh, okay harris cherokee casino and resort so there's no tax there's a oh what are the fucking people call it they call it a, a, a an Indian a, fee, a forced gratuity. Uh, now they they have a different word for it. I don't remember what it is, but it's still seven percent or something like that. It's it's like a reservation levy or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but there was you know tax included on everything. They just called it by a different name, and they collected it rather than uh, the state. I, I know Dirty is a very you know uh, avid poker player. That's what he does for a living. Are you pretty impressed? Like, oh man, he's he's very good at. He this. lost more than I did. We both had a rough time. Oh, oh, I thought Dirty was way up or something. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's what he does for a living. He makes right. six figures a year playing poker, but for that day, it didn't go so well. Bummer. I would hate that. That'd be so stressful. All your job is gambling. So fish did the best. Cool. Yeah, uh, uh, actually, that's funny <laughs> you mentioned that fish <laughs> money that he brought. Fish bought like two hundred dollars worth of Dirty's action, so he lost money too. <laughs> Fish is like, under twenty one, like, so that's yeah. Just... It's, it's like yeah, he's he's, he's only twenty, so he couldn't gamble. That. That's a silly joke because that's illegal. I, don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that's between them. They can do whatever the fuck they want. It also like I never knew how that works, right? If I say, "Hey, Kyle, here's ten dollars. Put it in the slots," and you like slots, let's pretend you do. It's like, is that Woody's ten dollars that just won, or is that Woody's ten dollars that just lost? You should well, obviously. Well, it would be kind of complicated if, like, I put all the money in a pile. It works better with roulette, right? Because, like, like at one point, I had like forty dollars worth of chips in my pocket, and Dirty was mm. going back to play some more, and I was like, "Here, cash these in for me. Just bring me cash back." He's like, "Sure, you don't want me to put it on a number on the roulette wheel?" 
And I was like, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Bring me cash back or nothing. Hmm. Because like, I, I want to say like picking a number, I, there's either like 32 or 36 numbers somewhere in there. It's like a, Sounds right-ish. Yeah, it, it wasn't going to go well. 36 and, plus two greens? I don't we're know. We're not going to fucking nail one straight up. Because there's like a 16 black, right? Pardon? Isn't there like a 16 black, 16 red? Like on no. The um, so, so like the numbers, I, I believe the numbers go from like one to 30 something, 32 or 36, something in there. But it's every other number is either red or black. Oh. So it's not like there's two twos, yeah. two threes, et cetera. So I've never done that. I didn't. Uh, either red or black, or then there's like the like the zeros are like green or some shit. You it's know, thirty six numbers plus one or two greens. Yeah, that. yeah. That that's that's why you can't beat the game by just like doubling down over and over. It, it, it's the casino still has an edge because of those green mm. uh, numbers. I I knew someone. This is many years ago now. That was like addicted to gambling, and like he had to stay away from any sort of gambling thing, and like. Turns out, like, addiction to gambling collapses your life even faster than, like, alcoholism, drug abuse. Like, gambling just, all it takes is just, boop, like, one day and, like, everything can be fucked. And this guy, he, he was, he talked about how much he was saving to, like, gamble on things. And then, like, he went away for a you know, week or something. This was when I worked at uh, the car rental place. And he came back and was like, yeah, it didn't, didn't go as well as I thought. Didn't go as well as I thought. Lost a bunch of money. And like after a while of pressing him, it was like he lost like $20,000. Oh, shit. Like a, a serious, a serious amount of money. Yeah, see, I could never like, do that. He was one of those, like he was a straight edge guy that's like, I don't smoke pot. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do any of that stuff. And But it's like, but dude, I make fucking, some bad decisions. Gambling is maybe maybe try coke <laughs> yeah what, what did furios furio say in sopranos bet with your head not over your head yeah. and he like slaps the guy no bitch to me yeah it's like it's like like going in there i was like all right i'm gonna bring this amount of money i consider i, I consider this money already lost right like like this is the fee for enjoying uh, yeah. a, a couple days mm -hmm. of gambling vacation if, cost yeah if it, I, I looked at it like that like just a vacation cost especially since the room was free and i had no other costs other than the gasoline to get there and fish paid for half of that <laughs> so it's like I, i'm here for like 25 dollars worth of gasoline so if i lose five or six hundred dollars that's what that's what a weekend's vacation cost i had when i i used to go to the casino sometimes when i was younger and i had much less money than you do and uh i used to rank it against movies you know like all right a movie cost me whatever 18 dollars for two hours i'm gonna try and keep my losses in that neighborhood you know if i play for four hours and i walk out the, down 36 I had fun. That was your entertainment fee. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I did have fun. It was, uh, I hadn't played live poker in a long fucking time. So, uh, it, it was, it was really fun. The dealers were funny. There were some old guys that were like, and I mean old, like one guy was a world war two vet. What? And it was like, Good for him. He, he was like, he, like he'd go all in and it, he would just push all of his chips into, in a pile in the middle. And the dealers finally like, sir, you can just ask for the all-in chip and, and put it out there. That way we don't all have to wait five minutes for your shaky old hands to count the chips again. Because, like, he'd push them all in, and then the guy he was playing against yeah, would be like, I, ah. You owed a lot of people that looked like you for less. 
pretty much yeah it, there were a and then um later on i was yeah i can always tell if you look like a crowd you look like a crowd yeah exactly <laughs> what war were you in sir the war against germany and well, the austro well, austro-hungarian empire <laughs> yeah, the austro- what the war. fuck you know you had the spiky hats <laughs> <laughs> The Archduke will never reign over Europe. What? <laughs> the uh, I was playing like late at night. It was like maybe midnight, 1 a.m. And there was an old guy directly to my left. Oh, by the way, it's kind of cool. They have like these plexiglass dividers uh, at the at the casino. So like everybody's like in a little bubble. And so I liked that a lot. And, every, and obviously everybody's masked uh, unless you're like sipping your coffee or whatever. And this old guy to my left was falling asleep at the table. And this like pretty attractive, like Russian or something dealer. She's like, wake up, wake up. She's like snapping in his <laughs> face. Like, wake up, big blind, big blind. And I'm just like, I was loving it. She was like ruthless a- as could be with this guy. Like, like she was like, sir, sir, it's your turn. She's like, wake the fuck up. She's like snapping <laughs> right in the right, right in his face. And I'm just, he's just like, what would, what would the rule be if he had died? Would it be just him from the game and like if he dies? Who do, you, who do you give the chips to? Well, it's a dead hand in that case. So whoever <laughs> else is in <laughs> a dead hand. Oh, by the um, way, not like Airbud rules where it's like, it, oh, he died during the hand. Everyone gets his chips. <laughs> I, I guess we turn the cards over, and if he wins, you know, maybe maybe we push him into his pile. That seems like the right thing to do, frankly. I mean, like like Ash's dead old face right in his pile of chips. Yeah, I guess we wait for his family to get there, and, and they get his winnings. I, I wouldn't want to steal from a dead man. Like, I guess we'll just if if he wins, he wins. It's the but if he, if he can't call another bet, then we're gonna fold him out, of course. Like like can't make decisions yeah. for the man oh well i guess it wouldn't be that fun if someone died at your table then no it'd be entertaining though probably there, be there was there was one guy that um <sighs> dirty's like oh that's my friend right there that's alan or whatever alan's walking by he's like yo alan come on try to get a seat at our table and he, he tells me he's like alan's great he, he's he's a wild man he's always entertaining like five minutes later i hear someone yell across the room Alan's storming past us with his money in his hands. He's like, they're kicking me the fuck out. <laughs> they're kicking me the fuck out. And Dirty's like, what? What for? Because I called the guy a fucking cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that guy rules. That guy's weird. It's a shame you couldn't have hung out with Alan. In my defense, I- he was giving me a blowjob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he got pissed off at somebody because he... He, he would have known losing. exactly how the entree and side system worked at at Ruth's Chris. He he would have bought asparagus and broccoli, twenty six dollars on so sides. Good. Yeah, the asparagus is great. Like like when you get restaurant asparagus and you eat it like with your steak, it's like man, I should I should be eating asparagus every meal. This is so good. And it's not until you make it at home that you're like, oh, that was just in a butter bath before they brought it to me. That's it came why with Bernays sauce. I don't remember exactly. I've made Bernays before, but I honestly don't remember what's in it. I'm pretty sure it's just uh, like eggs and like. It's basically you know, fancy mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah. That's I was going to say like egg. It, I don't remember exactly what's in it. I think maybe lemon juice or something like that. Anyway, it's yeah, fucking it's amazing. <laughs> it was so fucking good. Yeah. I so I had a good time. It was it was forever. it was super nice just to get out of the house and uh, and go somewhere. And uh, I felt super safe there with the mask regulations. They were super strict with the masks. Like, 
nobody was like maskless throughout the whole thing. Everybody had it on almost like 99.9% of the time. It's still so funny. You guys live in areas where like people don't wear the masks. Like when I see things like people aren't wearing masks and they're being confronted, it's like, really? That's astounding because in St. Louis, like you might think because it's Missouri, like Mm. every I I haven't seen anyone. It's rare. The most it's rare here going under their nose and I don't really fucking care. Like, but that's it. Like, I never see people walking around in like Walmart, Target, CVS, Walgreens without Walmart is the exception. If you go to Walmart, you will absolutely see people not wearing the mask. I have Um, it. Like, it must be around here. Yeah, here you absolutely will see. Because, like, I don't go to Walmart often, but I was, uh, I had to go to the Walmart pharmacy a few months ago and I was just like, oh my fucking God, these assholes. Because they check you at the door. Hey, you got your mask on? Yeah, yeah, I do. Come on in, come on in. And as soon as they get in, they fucking either take it completely off or go like chin mask or whatever the fuck. They they just do the douchiest thing they can. Like or, or even just like below their chin, like like it's a fucking chin bra or something like that. It's, it's you know what uh, I found, Woody. Uh, you were talking to, or you weren't complaining as much as me about glasses fogging. Mm. So I have like you know the KN95 masks. Mm-hmm. I know of them. Like, yeah, they kind of like stick out like in front, like they're pretty they're rigid. Better. Those ones are way better at not fogging up your glasses. But the best one at not fogging up your glasses is just like the cloth elastic one. That might be what I use. They, f- my, I don't wear glasses very much. I just wear them at the computer. So That's what's so weird about meeting you again, re-meeting you every time is like, this isn't the Woody I know. I don't <laughs> know. This is different. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, I didn't wear my sunglasses at the table. Uh, it just seemed kind of douchey anyway, but, um, Why not? but so, so I didn't really have that issue. Um, Why wouldn't you do it? Like, isn't that great for, at the table? for poker tactics? Um, I, I think for like douchey people and like people on television maybe. Um, but, but I, I, I was definitely going to feel like a douchebag if I was wearing sunglasses at the table. Plus like, enough. What kind of what kind of fucking aces am I playing against that that are playing one dollar two dollar Texas Hold'em and are like looking into my eyes and gleaming something from them? Like <laughs> they're gleaning info from your. It, eyes. It, it, if if my opponents at that table are gleaning info from my eyes, then I've made a major error by sitting at this table to begin with. <laughs> yeah, they uh, deserve like, to win at that point. Right? They deserve if they can look into my eyes and know, then they deserve to fucking beat me. I'll, I'll just give it to them. I, you know. Uh, so, so yeah, completely silly. I thought it would be brighter in there for some reason. That's why I was wanting to wear them, but it was, you know, it's pretty damn. To make it comfortable. <sighs> they had a, uh, like an esports uh, room there, like, like where you could go and play like CSGO and like a bunch of different esports games on uh, gaming computers. Uh, that was neat. Never was it a money like thing that. or just a, energy- I think you, it wasn't like competitive for money, but you had to pay to play. Like like it was like a amount arcade, of money per hour. Basically. Yeah, exactly. It was like a it was like a super duper modern arcade, essentially. Yeah, like like they had fucking gaming PCs with headsets and shit, and people playing like competitive CS:GO. Never seen that before. Yeah, it's a nice place. Just posted. He said, "Gym's opened up today near the the house. I'm putting on thirty pounds in three months." And he's flexing with his arm to the side. He's in tremendous shape. Yeah. He is super low body. And isn't he like six foot six or something? He's like Harley sized. He played D1 basketball. I think Penn State, but I'm not sure. But like, I could look that up. 
Um, oh, that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, I'll look it up. Did they ever figure out why he got banned from Twitch or no? No. Just kind of. Still a secret, no one ever said, but I'm sure he knows. Oh, I, I guarantee he knows. With how popular he is, it was probably something oh. that he started talking to a competitor before his Twitch partnership was ended. Because, like, even someone on my level, some bullshit F-list Twitch partner, like, I can't stream on YouTube. Like, that that's part of the contract. Like You can only live stream on their platform once you're partnered. He played at Cal State Poly Division Two, so I was wrong. I got another AMA question. This guy says, I got a couple here. Um... What kind of footwear do each of you wear? Boots, sneakers, dress shoes? None? Like, what am I, Hobbit? None? Like, no, like, we wear shoes, around. you fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of into footwear. I, I have I kind of wear ex- none most of the time. <laughs> I have a pretty extensive I have a pretty extensive collection of shoes because, like, unlike, like, shirts and jackets and pants, like, they never wear out as long as you take care of them. So, like, I, I've just collected shoes over the years. Um, I wear a lot of flip flops like around the house, obviously, but if I'm going out, I usually wear something like, uh, some sort of a boot or, uh, like a dress shoe, but I've got a lot of sneakers, like not like, not like air force ones and shit like that. Like, not like, like sports sneakers or like hip hop sneakers, but just like, uh, more like fashion sneakers. I bought these the other day. And these boots. Like oh, these those look nice. I like those. Yeah, these are nice. I like these a lot. When, these I, are, when I go out in public, I usually wear boots like that that I think look nice. But these like, are from the Florsheim Shoe Company. F-L-O-R-S-H-E-I-M. Uh, these are super comfortable. My my walk around don't care shoes. These are, I think they're called... The fuck are they called? Zero slippers. My brother bought these for me for Christmas two years ago, and immediately my dogs chewed through a couple of the elastic things, and so now I use them as walk around and as gym shoes, even though they're slippers because they're perfectly flat at the bottom and they basically do the same thing as like those all stars, which are also great for lifting, just the perfectly flat bottom. And so I've been wearing these, and then my actual shoes are pretty similar to Kyle, where it's you know. A, a dress boot looking thing that looks good with jeans because if I'm going out I'm wearing jeans always so uh, I actually don't leave the house very often so I'm barefoot probably 95% of my life um, do you not wear shoes in your house ever I, I wear them when I work out I have uh, weightlifting shoes and I wear them when I I don't know burn boxes or something, have yard mm-hmm. work and stuff. But uh, inside I tend to be barefoot and that's where I am most of the time. Uh, when I do go out, I, I wear Vans. I'm actually showing them to everybody right now. But my shoes look yeah, like Vans this. are good lifting shoes. I mean, I, I guess you're not that. Lifting, you know? I actually wear Maybe, actual yeah. lifting shoes. Yeah, I think they want like like that flat base is very good for, for lifting. Yeah, a flat base, some people like these wedges. My, my lifting shoes are pretty much high heels like they're oh do you, do you have those big uh squat wedges yeah they're because, not I mean, um, those are supposed to be great i love mine it's not so much that there's a wedge it's for people with poor mobility and i don't think that's my problem i like how firm the bottom is it like it's practically a wooden bottom and now everything else feels like walking on marshmallows and when i lift mm-hmm. i like a really firm shoe so um 
But yeah, I wear Vans. I go skating with Colin a lot. I find that they look good with shorts and jeans. Whereas a lot of things like the boots that Kyle showed look really good in jeans, in my opinion, but look really silly with shorts. Oh, you look like a fucking school shooter or some shit. You wear those with shorts. That yeah, doesn't work. Yeah. But no, Vans you gotta work wear those with both. Like uh, so yeah, anyway, that's why I wear Vans a lot. Because I yeah. wear shorts almost all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking of getting out of the house. I, uh, I haven't even talked to you guys about this yet. Should. But I think I'm going to ride my motorcycle for a while. Uh, I don't know Where how are you long. Going? Maybe Oregon. Maybe Mexico. So like a Forrest Gump what? type journey. Wait, you're going to go from North Carolina to Oregon? There's this thing called the Trans-America Trail. It's, uh, it's pretty much dirt roads from North Carolina to Oregon. Oregon? I don't know. And uh, I'm getting pretty serious about it. And I'm kind of fucking ready. I, uh, this ties do in. Do it, dude. Just fucking do it. Yeah. It's awesome. I think I, I was like, you know, I, I can I could get the f- production figured out, right? I, I'm, sometimes the trouble I have in like doing the show on the road is it's like I'm in small town Georgia and I need a good internet. I don't have these same restrictions uh, on a trip like this. I am wherever I want to be. Like, all right, on Thursday, I have to be in a city. You know, we can make that happen. A city big yep. enough to have internet connection. And I'm like, with that restriction, that's not that restrictive. Let's fucking do PKA from a place with trustworthy internet. And uh, we'll do it. So I don't know, six weeks or so, something like that, living on a motorcycle. Dude, you'll, be, you'll be coming through my neck of the woods. Hit me up if you're around the, the I STL might. area. I, I mean... If it's that soon, I was going to say, like, we could see a blues game together, but that doesn't seem realistic. It might be April. So I mentioned it to a friend of mine who's like, you need a partner for that. And I was like, I, um, you know, I have this restriction in that, you know, I need to go to a a place with good Internet every so often. And uh, he just he had a bone surgery just recently. And uh, I was like, I was going to do it in April. But if I have to wait till May for you to get ready, then, um, you know, we're down. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to be able to do something like this. And he's like, how se-? he keeps asking me, how serious am I? And I'm like, serious I'm is a hard. The, I'm not the weak link. I'm going to do this. <laughs> uh, how serious are you? And uh, um, I was thinking of daily vlogging it. I don't know, maybe less than daily uh, something. But uh, yeah, like just do if, it at the rate that you want. If you know? people like the content, then I'll keep making it. I guess that's what the scoop is. Do you have and, a bike, a cam that could go on your bike or helmet? I do. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've got that mostly figured out. I've done it before. And uh, um, what would it show? Your your helmet like face as you're going and like the the yeah. POV. It would be a POV. Uh, oh, it looks it would a be, little silly for yeah. It kind of sits next to your jaw, and mm-hmm. um, and then I have a mic. You know, in I have the like the world's quietest helmet. So the, there's not too much wind noise or anything on the mic. And uh, um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take my motorcycle and do something. I It start for like 15 years now. I've wanted to sail across the Atlantic Ocean. That's like kind mm-hmm. of the genesis of this. I wanted to sort of just do an adventure. And the thing is, I don't live near the water. I don't have a sailboat. I don't know how to sail. Not living near the water makes those two problems, no boat and no knowledge, a real issue. I get seasick 
but not just seasick. I get like monumentally seasick and I also get air sick and I also get car sick. I'm like that guy. I'm weak yeah. that way. And I'm like, maybe that's just a dumb idea. Maybe we should move the goalpost a little here. Maybe we should just take your motorcycle someplace. Cool. You know, so Mexico City was on my list. Um, there's a place. No, going to Oregon would be so much cooler. Like those roads through Oregon, so wooded, so pretty. It's really be, nice. It should I be. like Oregon. There's a place yeah. called Meat Cove in Canada that uh, that got. Where is it? Uh, I will give you a link. I guess I'm, I'm assuming top western right. Canada. No. Oh, eastern Canada. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it would look something like that. That's like New Newfoundland. Yeah. And uh, apparently that is like one of the top, like if you have a motorcycle experiences to to enjoy. So these are the kinds of things. Like I'm not totally set, um, but mostly the transatlantic trail is is the goal here. This is a pretty cool track to take, especially that end part where you're going by Prince Edward Island and all those little angles. So this thing here, I'm trying to fit it on this screen for everybody, is the Transatlantic Trail. And uh, you can see it, it. This one looks a little different than the other one I saw. There's more than one version of this. But it picks up. I'd pick it up in North Carolina somewhere about halfway through. And then, you know, Tennessee, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Colorado, Utah, Idaho, and Oh, you'll be you'll be way too south for me on this trail. On so that one, yeah, out. this doesn't take me very close to you, but who knows what what it could bring? You know. Well, if you ever do, I'll grab a beer or a coffee with you, depending on the time you arrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think cool. I want to do this, and I'm I'm like sort of figuring it out. I'm already buying the gear I need. Like I'm pretty head over heels into this thing. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's a cool thing to do. You have to adventure? drive. What is that? You have to drive up through Virginia. And then take a immediate down. So I'm kind of doing a fewer rules on this thing. Like uh, the eastern, co the east coast part that you're talking about is all paved yeah. roads. So I'm like, yeah. who cares, right? Let, let's pick it up with at least the gravel starts. It doesn't really matter which paved roads I take to get to mm -hmm. the interesting part. The east coast is a lot of paved road with a little bit of gravel and trail here and there. When you start getting to the middle of the country, it's a lot of just dirt road after dirt road, small town yeah. to small town. And then as you get into the Rockies, it's more technical trail, probably above my skill level, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, and, give it uh, a go. Um, do you see that track through Wyoming? It's like they in, they're intentionally doubling the length of Wyoming. That must be a, a fun place to drive. <laughs> so th <laughs> there's a couple trails that people can take. Like if you were to try to, uh, I'm surfing this here. When you go to oh browse browse our maps, you know what this whole this whole uh, track looks like it's allergic to Nevada. If you, <laughs> if you look at the left side of the map, I think his website's a little it. tricky to understand. But at, at the top, they have these like non-state adventures, and I think some of those are on that map you're looking at, like this Atlantic Ocean Spur, and then the bi-state oh, adventures yeah. is the actual TAT, the Transatlantic no, Transamerica Trail. So this is a bunch of different potential options. Yes, thank you. That's those are the, that's the phrasing I needed. So, um, but yeah, one of those you can kind of see the main one that goes from left to right is the Transatlantic Trail, and I think I'm gonna do that. Just spend whatever month plus. Um, so that's what four shows uh, from a hotel and be emotionally richer at the end of it. I hope. So if uh, if you get to that end point, which looks like it's in a uh, 
Oregon. Uh, Western Wisconsin on this one. Do you just drive back home or do you take the track back? Yeah, do you like double back? Very confused. You... Western Wisconsin. First of oh, all, I, I just went to the, the Trans Am Trail with Oh, it's definitely. No, 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 no. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, going all the way to the fucking West Coast. Yeah. It's oh, a okay. And then will you will you fly back from there? Or will you drive back? <laughs> so a lot of people ship their bike back. I don't know what I'll do. We'll see. Maybe we'll I'll see. even decide when I get there. Knowing you, you'll be like, I want more. And you'll <laughs> there's only two options, right? Well, there's three. There is shipping the bike back, which is probably what I would do. I, I feel like I'd be like, there'd be some wear and tear. Like, like, like after uh, physical wear and tear and maybe a little uh, mechanical wear and tear. It's a mechanical two fingers are broken and one wrist, one ankle sprained at this point. <laughs> maybe your back is just so sore, you know, or, 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 you know, or then there's like go up and go through Canada on the way back or go through the Southwest on the way back. Cause the Southwest would be so fucking cool. If I were doing this, I want to avoid. I want to do some kind of a trip that involved the Southwest. I don't know that I want to go through like for me. For me, it would be. I've made this trip so many times already that I. I really don't want to go through Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama and all that shit and on through Texas. But if I can include Nevada, uh, New Mexico, and Arizona somehow, like those roads out there are so beautiful. Like especially Arizona, Arizona in particular, like I've like, never driven um, on those roads. What, what makes them so great? Is it the, the rock formations scenery? in Arizona? Yeah. Just so you get the really interesting mixture of like topography, right? So like there's parts of uh, Western Texas and uh, New Mexico that look like something out of one of those old high plains drifter, Clint Eastwood movies where it's just desolate and there's like scrub brush and a little bit of like dirt and that's it. It's just flat as fuck. Um, well, maybe some rolling hills and stuff. But like, what I really mean is like, you look as far as you can into the distance, and there's no one. There's no houses on the side of the road out there. Like, Have you driven like, through Wyoming? I've never. I've driven the entire southern United States. Like literally, I don't know. Start from Georgia, hit Florida for the fuck of it, yeah. and then go all the way to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I've done that. Um, I've hit the entire West Coast the entire East coast. And I've hit a little bit of the Midwest. I, I, I drove from Seattle down to Oregon and then across to Idaho, whatever that is. got to come to the Midwest. We're a center of culture. I have intentionally avoided the, <laughs> well, the bread you. basket of America because the, the there is a cool place in America. The coolest yeah, guys. Yeah. So I've never been to Kansas or Nebraska or, or Missouri. Uh, Oklahoma or Missouri or any of those places. No. Hey, well, that's not fair. We have two major cities. Don't lump us in with Oklahoma. <laughs> there was never a reason for me to go there. Um, but I, like I said, I've hit, I've driven up to Ohio, like like northern Ohio, and all through Indiana. And Kentucky I'm so excited and, for this. Yeah, like that's I, all. I, I'm excited for you because I can tell how much you fucking love this kind of thing. Yeah, I want to make a memory. I hope my buddy can really come. It sounds like you really can. He's a... Uh, He's in an interesting spot in life. He's, he's financially successful and uh, kind of just, I don't know. I, let me see if I can find this. Would you do this alone or no? I would do it alone. But when my friend expressed an interest, I got pretty excited about yeah, obviously, that's him way coming. More yeah. Sharing um, the experience with someone. I really like the idea of doing it, but like, I'm worried about how like, like, like if I sit in this chair for like, like when we do our hangouts, 
and I'm literally in this chair for Dude, my ass hurts. My ass hurts after a while. Like, like that drive oh, I went on with fish, like it, it was only like three hours and 30 minutes or something like that. My, my, my ass was hurting. I, I, I was like, if, if we were going to do like two more hours, I'd need to get out and like stretch for 10 minutes. Cause like, I want like, to ask is fish's language in person as absolutely offensive as it is <laughs> on the Patreon chat? Uh, well, he doesn't have anybody to pick on when it's just me and him. So we're just talking about like weed and, uh, you know, selling cars and stuff like that because they've got a dealership. Uh, he just got like a, an amazing deal on a, I think it was a Charger. I think he got like a, a, a 2019 Charger with like 40,000 miles on it with a 6.4 liter in it for like $18,000 or something like that. Are they still cool? The Chargers still look cool? I mean, it's not what I would want, but it's a pretty sick car for that price. You know, I mean, or, I always thought Chargers looked really cool. I just don't know what they look like anymore. They look nice. I mean, they're mostly cop cars. Like I see, like down here, like I see a lot of cops driving them. But he said they're really popular if they're in Detroit where he is. So it's like, it's a good item for them to have at their dealership. So I, I my friend, I, I shared the conversation by accident, but there's nothing private there. He's like, I have enough cash to live three to four years without worry. I have things I want to do. And like, this was on his I'll list. Take- I don't know exactly. Call it 37. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I would I I would like to do something like this. I really would. Like like if I were free right now, it would be super tempting. <laughs> I, I mean it. It would be it would be super tempting to like just no, go just buy funny a, how you said it. If I was free right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like like it would be super tempting to like go buy a bike and be like, yeah, let's fucking do this. Like, like I'll go, mm-hmm. sure. And and look. Just let you know going in, I might pull a Wings of Redemption, get the fucking Tennessee, and be like, this is not. <laughs> this isn't for me. I think I've got a really one and two chance really. of, of surviving this. Uh, <laughs> like, 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 and, and, and I totally would. Like, like, if we got to, like, Kentucky or name a place, fucking Ohio, we got, we got like, a day in, and I, like, I got squirrely out on the fucking interstate and, like, had one of those, like, life or death, like, <laughs> come to Jesus kind of moments. We pull over and I'm just like, <sighs> I mean, I was just completely out of control through that Dude, whole thing there. I, I was appearing offline the whole my time. My friend that I'm going with is not a motorcyclist. Like it, it, he bought his first motorcycle. It's really for his daughter. It's a 125. So it's it's small for, he's a full size okay, American. But he's not riding that. It, it's small for, it wouldn't be the one he takes. I mean, on the trip. Right. But he did buy it with the idea like, you know. This can drag an adult around. I wrote mm-hmm. it. I liked it. And uh, uh, when I um, like, I hopped on and I started, I went through the gears and just goofed off. And he, he owns a little plot of land that he bought to fly paramotors. And uh, he's like, you're the first one who's been into third. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's his level of motorcycle experience. Oh, he's, shit. Yeah. And he's going to come on this cross-country trip with you, potentially. He's I mean, I, I feel like. If I had a bike, I'd get to that level on day one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know what I would do? I would I would fly there and meet you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been I, getting drunk at the airplane bar for four days. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you this. This this kind of, this reminds me of the motorcycle thing. So like I ordered that $45 breakfast and I was like, all right, no more of that. Hmm. So like the next night we ordered uh I ordered a pizza. I was like, I was like, let's get that grilled chicken pizza from Pizza Hut. That sounds tasty. <laughs> and so I know, right? I like grilled chicken. I really do. I like it better pizza than pepperoni. Has You're a fucking cheese idiot. In the crust. They're great. Uh, I, get thin, I get the thin and crispy. You know, like 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 it's it's like it's like a cracker. 
with okay. with pizza stuff on it. It was, it was just anyway. Probably better um, for you. Yeah, I'd imagine so. So you. like the um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. We keep interrupting. You got thin crust chicken pizza? Yeah, yeah, grilled chicken. And okay. anyway, um, so I go downstairs, get the pizza, come back up for the room, eating the pizza, and I get a text message from the pizza guy. He's like, "I know this is a little weird. I just want to say I'm a huge fan. I just, <laughs> I'm such a huge fan. I, I, I didn't recognize you at first, but then I saw the name on the order." Uh, it's, I know it's a huge invasion of your privacy to text you like this. I'll never message you again. I just wanted to say that. I'm like, oh, it's all cool, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it a lot. But then the next night I was like, well, I think we'll order from Domino's tonight. Maybe. Cause like, 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 again, like, like it wasn't that. Do you think he's a fan of PKA or FPS Russia videos? Could you get a vibe? Uh, the way he phrased it, he could be both. Like, okay. like he mentioned FPS. Was Russia, he a normal gun lover or a fucking weirdo? That's the answer. Look, I'm not gonna call this guy a weirdo. He seemed like a nice enough guy. Uh, he said, "Hey, it's oh, hey, it's blank from Domino's. Oh, this was Domino's the first night. Uh, just wanted to say I love your stuff. Been a fan since FPS Russia. So that mm-hmm. kind of like means to me like maybe he discovered he's discovered you there and he still watches you, my friend. Yeah, maybe. So in, anyway, man, I wasn't weirded out. I, I I appreciated you, you know, your kind words and everything. But, um, you know, I didn't want to have like another a weird interaction or anything like that. You never know with people. So like the next night I ordered from somewhere different and we went down. It was infinitely weirder. It was infinitely weirder. The guy's like, hey, that's a nice jacket. <laughs> and he doesn't get my pizza out of the, the bag yet. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. And he, he like touches the leather. He like he like feels my my, my my jacket. Wait, it was like George Costanza. He felt the fabric. He felt the fabric. He, he, felt he, fucking, fabric. he like oh, reaches out and touches me. Yeah. <laughs> he fucking reaches out and touches me. And, and I don't recoil or anything. I'm not. Like, it, but it was weird. And he's like, "Do you ride?" And and like it's not a motorcycle jacket I'm wearing. It's just like a it's like a Ralph Lauren like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, fairly expensive like leather jacket that I'm wearing, but it's not like the motorcycle collar. I have one of those. I like those. I do like that style. It's my preferred yeah, style cool. of leather jacket. But anyway, it was just like that guy weirded me out big time. That guy weirded me out big time. I didn't like him touching me. I didn't, at I didn't least like you're him. like famous enough that it makes sense. I had someone recently, I was at a gas station buying beer and I like put it up there and like the guy like said after i was buying he's like hey this is gonna sound crazy are you are you taylor from pka and like every instinct told me to say no (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't i was like yeah i'm glad you like the show man and it was uh i never he was nice everything was totally (laughs) all he said was like oh dude i i I love the show i like your impressions and i was like that's really nice of you man thank you and that was it that was it but in my head it was like is this going to be weird? Is this going to be odd? Because I don't want to be seen in real life and people know the absolute nonsense I say online. I don't I've like met that. I've met tons and tons of whatever you want to call them. I I, I don't like the word fan, um, but you viewers. What did Taylor so, call them? Fucking weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you a was, gun lover or a fucking weirdo? Being a weirdo is not a bad thing. We're all, all three of us are fucking weirdos. Indeed. Yeah, pretty weird, man. No, but I've met I met I've met hundreds of them, maybe a thousand or more at this point, and like very very rarely are they mm-hmm. anything but really cool, polite people. I met like one douchebag at a paintball event one time who was just like clear, like like just 
a, I bet he's got a MAGA hat at home. He was at the Capitol riots. Like he, like, he, like he, like you. He hated you. He was just unstable. Like, like, like he had some sort of conspiracy theory about like um, me, like working for the anti-gun lobby or something. And he like went into this whole diatribe, and it was well, super- they're doing a terrible job. Well, yeah, he he was he was like, I know they're paying you to make gun owners look bad, and I'm just like, who's paying me to do? What, what are you talking about? Who are you? <laughs> and he was like a 40-year-old man. It was just so he weird. Thought, he thought you like were an insider for anti-gun, yeah. where it's like, you're going to make them look like such fucking idiots that it gets me <laughs> It was so weird that like, like at that point, you don't even want to argue with them. You just want to like, oh, see you later. Uh, you, you, you probably shoot me right here. If I, if I, if I press this issue, like, like, yeah, he, that's he, how we go. You just, you just agree with whatever they say. You're, you're a part of the gun lobby and you're going to shut it down. You're exactly right, sir. I apologize for, I'm working, I'm trying to get out. They've got me right where they want me. I'm, <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. Frame <laughs> it like you're, I'm trying to get out. Thank God you saw through the facade. Can you help me get out of this? And then suddenly he'll be like, well, I'm on your side, man. We're all fighting for the second. You no, know, we're all fighting for the second amendment. That'd be that'd be funny. But also, like, like immediately he would realize you were fooling with him and then he'd probably kill you. Yeah. Like like that guy might literally be the the only person I've ever met out of what's gotta be over a thousand people from all the like E three stuff and all the paintball events and like VidCon stuff I did, like and, and just the random people that I like see in public or whatever that that, that was even borderline. Like that guy was super creepy and weird. But, what a fucking uh, weirdo. I, I remember uh, going to that first paintball event and like the way it went is like T Martin and I, we were fucking the tiniest fish in a pond at the time. Nobody. And he's huge. He was bigger than me at the time. I was the fucking nobody. And I just got invited because people thought I was funny. And so I, we did that. And I remember we were standing around in a pavilion it was maybe day two when hundreds of people were gathered around trying to get autographs from Kyle and Woody and everyone. And someone came to me. I was just standing over the side, like having a sandwich or something. And someone was like, Hey, are you Taylor from PKA and from your channel? I was like, yeah. Or are you Merka Durka at the time? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, will you sign my shirt? And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm nobody wants to talk to go go get one from them and he's like no dude I really like your videos and I was like oh what that's really nice of you man <laughs> and then like on his shirt I had to be like how do you sign Merck and Dirk and I, just, <laughs> I just didn't know what to do so I just did like an MD real quick I felt like the faster you do a signature the more it seems official so just yeah bah, bah, bah. and it, it looked it looked better than I thought frankly pretty yeah. cool very cool looking signature we loved it we loved to see it. <laughs> That's a good uh, That was so funny. Jeremy <laughs> was always more comfortable. Uh, you know, Woody and Kyle are there with a hundred people in each line. You <laughs> are you sure you don't are, are you not meaning them? <laughs> Jeremy was always like the like like I would get uncomfortable sometimes. I'm like, hey man, we can just hang out here. Like you don't have to be weird about this. Like like like, like don't because people would be like trembling sometimes, and it's kind of like I don't I, yeah, don't, that, don't tremble. Don't tremble to speak to me. Like, like, like we could bullshit here. Like, like, it's very like nice our responsibility to make them feel okay about this, right? Like, like, ooh, yeah. How do I help this person? Yeah, it I try. Be our responsibility. I, I've done my know. best to like never have like a bad. I don't want anyone to ever walk away and be like, "Well, that guy was an asshole." So I've I've always tried to like 
make the best impression on those people as possible and like show them that like look look i'm just happy to be here i'm happy to meet you i'm i appreciate you coming here you know like, mm -hmm. like that that's always like my genuine sort of feelings about the matter we were we were at like a i don't know where we were at that like tilted kilt restaurant mm -hmm. outside yeah. of chicago and they I were remember having I was sitting next to you and then you went to the bathroom for like 30 minutes and i was like i was vomiting damn. yes i was vomiting uh <laughs> i think the, people I were think buying that's where kyle we were. vodkas i think well they had fps russia night at the fucking bar so half the tvs are playing sports and the other half are playing my videos and everybody's just buying me alcohol you, you know what's funny about that is like as you like went away like i was like man i'm like really good and good facetime with kyle i think he likes me and then like you went to the bathroom and like you stayed away for so long that i was like damn i must have really fucked kyle <laughs> it was about like, I you thought yes. I, I thought i was being funny and having good comments and things and he just leaves. i was in the bathroom he must, he must be talking to someone else some i was shit. in the bathroom i vomited and then i like flipped the seat down and sat there and just looked at my hands and, and i still remember this vividly saying to myself well you've ruined another night for yourself <laughs> <laughs> it's literally fps russian night in a titty bar there's 30 hot women out there You've got so much to talk about. You're on half the fucking TVs and you're so drunk you can't fucking stand. You've ruined <laughs> another night with fucking alcohol. Nice fucking job. Like I'm in there like like talking down to myself for like accepting Damn. all this free alcohol. <laughs> and I remember like, I remember when you came out and like maybe a bit after that you hung out and you were cordial and then you're like, "All right, I'm heading out." And then like obviously everybody who was there with you was like, "All right, we're heading out." And I remember leaving thinking like there's so much more fun to be had. You know, everybody's blowing him here. It's great. Like, well, why are we leaving? I, I didn't know you were that fucked up. I had had all the fun there was to have. To have. <laughs> I was vomiting on the side of the car on the way back. Yes. Oof. I did not know that. That's and then, sad. I don't know if it was that trip or a different trip, but Jeremy was there, and uh, the owner of the bar, whatever, was a fan, and uh, and, and he, he, he wanted me to sign his AR-15, and he like had it in the back of the restaurant. We went back there, and I signed it and everything. And then we like stepped out the back door in the alley and uh, we're, all, we're, both, we're all smoking cigarettes. And uh, he's like, um, he's like, hey, you, you want some free beer? You know, because he's got, you know, he's a bar owner. So he's mm -hmm. just got infinite beer. He's, he's got like, case, you want a case of beer? And I'm just like, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to. And Jeremy goes, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, right. Like, if it, <laughs> Just, like, yeah, that just, offer wasn't for you. He's not just giving beer away left <laughs> willy nilly. He's right? giving me beer. Like, like he doesn't want. In fairness to Jeremy or John, whoever that was, you should have just taken the beer. <laughs> I can't be I, like, I, hey, thank you so much for the offer. I appreciate it. Accept it graciously. You know. So, so that I can give it to Jeremy. I'm already paying for Jeremy's drinks. Jeremy would come on those trips broke. That's like, my like, favorite part about Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy would, we would go on a trip that was literally that, that thing I described earlier where we drive to Phoenix, Arizona and back. Like, I don't remember how many days that is. Like, like if you did a straight shot, it's like three days back and forth. But we're not doing a, th a straight shot. We're stopping in New Orleans and partying for a night and Houston and partying for a night. And then we're working along the way. You know, we're working a few days in Texas, working a few days in New Mexico. Days of shooting. And uh, he brought no money. Like 
None. Like like twelve dollars. Like, like the amount of money that a child gets out their Velcro wallet, and, <laughs> and like this is their life savings in there. They've got like a ten that they got for their birthday, and they got two ones they got for cutting the grass. Two weeks last of week. allowance. Yeah. <laughs> he brought two weeks of a child's allowance with him on this like what an day asshole. journey. And it's like, and this is a guy who has a cigarette and Red Bull addiction. So I'm always just fucking like, like, yep, yep, go get your pack of smokes, go get your pack of Red Bull. Because I'm not really, I'm paying him like shit tier money. Yeah, that's and a very expensive thing to be addicted to. Red Bull's expensive as shit and cigarettes are expensive as shit. Yeah. yeah. And he's probably, he's probably not drinking two Red Bulls a day. He's probably he's drink, drinking 10. He drinks right? continuously. That's part of why his teeth are all rotted out of his head. But, um, but like, you know, you got to consider like, the ha- I consider that hazard pay. I felt like I was getting a great deal. It was a good, mm-hmm. it was, it was a symbiotic relationship because like we get to New Mexico and somebody's got to hold an exploding target in their hands while I shoot it out of their hands. And all right, I guess I'll, I'll, could we, could we not put the full pound of explosives in there? And I'm like, yeah, we'll do three quarters of a pound. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, I got you a 16 ounce Red Bull. One of the big ones. When you <laughs> oh, come oh, well, that's fucking a good deal. They just got some old. Shot that shit out of his hands. Man. Well, uh, do you guys want to call it a show? Yeah, I yeah, I suppose so. I really enjoyed uh, having Arian on. I, had I a good did time. too. I, was I wish Woody. I, I'm, I'm excited about Woody's trip. That's 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 fucking cool. I'm glad you're doing the thing. I hope yeah. you do the Atlantic cruise one day because you've been wanting to do that for so long. Oh, that You'll the do. sailing one. Yeah, maybe maybe this will uh, kickstart adventures. Yeah. All right. All right. PKA 535.